is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get around. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. Tyler Harrison. You're not even a has-been. You're never was. You're never was. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for another show of the Sports Loudmouths. Yes, I am the host, Errol Marks, a.k.a. the Beatmaster. And on the board, as always, Speedy Drizzleman Petey and the other counterpartner right across the desk, right across the studio, is Tyler, a.k.a. the Duff. Harrison! Remember, you can call us at 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, Speedy Petey, the show last night was fantastic. We had the Beave in the studio. We had uh, Ginobili Jr. over here going back and forth with Capital Jeff. Yes, Mr. Delinquent himself over there in Tampa, who wants, he actually was going to fly over here last night. He was talking about where, what airport was the best way to come in, either JFK or LaGuardia. I told him JFK, and I never heard MacArthur's back from MacArthur's right down the street. Well, he's not going in MacArthur. MacArthur's a little too expensive. One night, I, I mean, if he were to do it tomorrow or, or the next day, it probably would have cost him $600. It's that expensive coming all the way from, from, you know, Tampa to MacArthur. But anyways, we have a great show lined up for you guys tonight. Uh, at 9.30, we'll be talking to uh, former Browns, Lions, and Patriots cornerback Lee Bodden. He'll be joining us at 9.30. Very fun. It'll be a very interesting interview. Uh, we'll talk all about his career and some of the great players he played with in his career. Um, and at 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to pro football PSI player evaluator Miguel Chapton. Yes. Chapton. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're close. <laughs> I, I know how to pronounce his name, Speedy. I, I wanted to make a joke. But anyways. Uh, Tyler, what are you doing over there? Are you trying to uh, Tinder people over there? Swipe, swipe? What the hell are you doing? What is it with you in that phone of yours? Do you have, like, porno that you watch? What the hell do you do all day long? No, it's worse than porn. I'm actually keeping track of the... Keeping track of what? Your god-awful Knicks. No, by God. They're not mine. They're yours. Don't ever put them on. But are you watching... Do you watch porn on your phone? During the show? Absolutely not. But um, (laughs) I mean, do you watch porn on your phone? Like, Of course. So you do. So uh, what? What? What, what porn do you like to watch? Is it? Do you like uh, Asians? What do you like? No, I don't like Asians. What, what do you like? Sorry, no offense. I'm just asking you. What kind of porn do you like? Uh, I, any of them. Any? Any, any of them? But any uh, give me. What kind of women do you like? Because this is something that might be interesting to some of the fans. Maybe uh, they have a sister slash 
best friend? I don't or... want any of these people's sisters. Why not? Because if they have the IQ of half these people, it's so... What's, what's, what? Well, hold on one second. Snug could have a beautiful sister. He could. He could. She could no, be absolutely oh, oh, beautiful. Well, yeah, that's true. Snug, snug, snug is exempt. I'm sorry, Snug. I forgot you exist. I'm. You saw these other people. So, uh, by the way, uh, Snug says the best place to find porn porn is Reddit. So and you, you can't get viruses over there. So, oh, thank you, Snug. There you go. So you have a place to find your porn. So do you? No, like... th- this nickname is porn enough. Uh, well, by the way, Jeff says he. I bet he likes BBC. So. You know, I, I, I just, I, I'm asking you because I've always wanted to know if Tyler, a.k.a. The Duff, loves porno. And, I, and you, you actually answered my question. And, and by the way, Alex likes porno, too. Uh, by the way, he says the probably that? Alex Lowe's. You don't know who Alex Lowe's is? No. He hosts our wrestling show, Off the Mat, and he is the son of Nationals radio broadcaster, Charlie Slows. Charlie Slows. I mean, now you know who he is. Now I know who he is. And he, he probably I want you him. to know your Knicks are getting blown out by the worst team in basketball. Well, congratulations. So, My yeah, Knicks. I mean, You're the one who's in love with no, Julius I, Randle. I don't, I'm not in love with the Knicks at all. You're in love with Julius Randle. I, okay. Yes, Julius Tyler Randall. only loves one basketball team, and that's the Warriors. <laughs> probably. Uh, anyways, um, we're going to get this, in. This is, this is Connell. We're going to get into the divisional games uh, this coming week. We're going to make our picks. I know Jeff is going to be calling. Uh, we're going to have Niffin join us a little bit later in the show. I, is I, he actually coming this time? Yes, he, he is said coming. he will be ready at eleven. Uh, let's hope so. Well, that's this. This is three strikes, Niffin. If you don't come on this time, you're out, baby. I no, mean, we've been, we've been lining you up. And by the way, door. have you talked to Mark? Did Mark ever No, Mark never responded to me, ever. I texted did him. He, did I texted he say him he was going to join us? Yeah, he, he, t- he said he was going to join us on Tuesday and then never showed up after that. Yeah. And then even when I was texting him during the show yesterday, nothing. He didn't even respond to anything today. So he must be busy with something or sick or I heart said he might be sick. I don't know. We'll mm. see. So uh, we learned something tonight so far that Tyler is a porn fan. So that's a good thing. Speedy, have you ever watched porn? For like. A second. That was a... a second. A second. That's all the porn you you've watched. The good stuff. Yeah, it, I'm exaggerating. It was. Have you ever snuck probably. into your father's room and, and no, found no, no, his no, no, no. hidden wasn't... tapes? No, you know, no, no, it wasn't him. It was in college. You're, you're, so, oh, it's in college. So you were watching porno with your friends in college? It, yeah, it was my room. One of my roommates' friends was watching some weird thing. <laughs> Why is it weird? By the way, I don't know. I, I don't remember. There's some weird porn. There is some weird porn. I mean, especially if there's somebody like you in the porno, right? Right. The Duff himself. I mean, it would be very interesting. Could you imagine Speedy? Or even Tyler in a porno. I mean, seriously. That would be one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Have you ever wondered if if you had an opportunity to be a porno, Tyler? What 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 would be your porno name? I, I'd like to know. What would you call yourself in a porno uh, movie? With all the sports going on, this is what you're I, I'm just I'm, I'm being serious. This is something interesting to me. No, I'm no. asking you if there was a name, a porno name that you would pick out, what would it be? I knew I should have had another shot. I knew it. I knew one more shot is what I needed before I came. Back. How about this? I was wrong again. I should have had the shot. Uh, Duffrey Washington. I like that. Duffrey Washington. What do you think? You like that? How about what? that? Are you still talking? I'm, I'm serious. I, I think it would be a great name for you. No Duffrey. Huh? Whatever you say. What did you call yourself? Beatmaster? The Beatmaster, oh, yes. Yeah, you know, you could call over. me the Beatmaster. You know, I, I like over. to beat it. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
Anyways, uh, so we're, where's Brittany when all when we could actually validate if you beat it or not? Yeah. We could actually get that validation. You know what I'm gonna do after the show? I'm going to take my marker and write. You know. P- Build a, a pair of breasts on your forehead. I think that would be something that you could look at, something that you barely get a chance to look at. So maybe if you have it on your forehead, you'll have an opportunity to really discover what you really are as a man. And that's a big breast, okay? How's that sound? Does that sound good for you? All right. Anyways. Yes. Anyways, like I said, we we will have Lee Bodden jo- joining us at 930. It will be fun. Uh, definitely. His thoughts on, you know, his career. We're going to talk about the divisional game. Uh, Absolutely. But first things first, I want to get into this coaching scarade in the NFL. And, you know, what coaching scarade. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's it's interesting because right now the New York Giants are the really out of all the teams that are going to be looking for coaches and GMs. The Giants are the team that everybody says that most of these coaches and some of these GMs are really intrigued out of all the teams. Now, the Giants right now are a rebuilding team. I, I don't know what you're intrigued about. And when you look at the big picture and, and, and who he is, uh, who the Giants are as an organization, you wonder where they're going to go when it comes to their GM. Because they're going to pick their GM first before they bring in the coach. Now, Brian Flores is a big name and definitely a name on their radar. I, I've heard... Um, the offensive coordinator for Buffalo Dable is is another big name. And if, and there, there are three candidates that seem like they're slowly are, are are starting to push forward as the lead guys. There's one from San Francisco. I I forget his name. He's one of the, Oh, Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Their offensive coordinator is getting a lot. Yeah. No, I'm I'm talking about the GM. Oh yeah. Okay. The GM from San Francisco. That's under John Lynch. He's, he's a guy. I'll get the name by the way. The, the three big candidates. Actually, you should find the name, Speedy. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, um, I guess, I think he's the assistant GM. Joe right? Shubb. Joe Shubb. I, I Showing, yep. Yep. Yeah, he, he's the other guy. And then there's the guy, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was San Francisco, the Bills. And the Chiefs was the, the Chiefs, other finalist. Yes. But it looks like he's going to be the Adam Vikings Peters guy. Is the guy from San Francisco. It seems and, like uh, Ryan Poles. Yeah, but Poles seems like he's going to be the Vikings guy from everything I'm reading right now. So uh, it's likely he goes there. I so think the, I think the Bills guy's the lead right now for the Giants position at the moment. So if if he if he lands with the Giants, it's it's usually uh, he's going to bring in his own coach, and it'll probably right. be Dable. You know, and and that's another Bill Belichick disciple. We've seen Joe Judge. Joe Judge got the job uh, about two years ago. And everybody loved him when he came in. He was so much, a lot of comparison uh, to a guy like Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, uh, cutthroat guy, doesn't really talk to the press. He's not a press guy. It's very, very interesting when when you look at the the type of coach the Giants have looked for or tried to find after Tom Coughlin, and they failed. Ben McAdoo, they struck out. Mm. Pat Shermer. They struck out. Mm-hmm. And now Joe Judge, I mean, that's the trifecta. What are they going to do if Dable isn't the guy? Now, this team has been craving a coach. Dable has done a, a fantastic job with Josh Allen. But even this, even if you bring in the GM or the assistant GM from Buffalo, why would you just say, you know, there in a nutshell that Dable would be the guy? I mean, Bietemi is a great, great coach. A lot of people 
uh, think that he the next the next opening next offensive uh, position when it comes to coaching that opens up and it might not be the Giants maybe the Giants aren't looking for an offensive guy maybe they're looking for a defensive guy but they brought in a, a guy like Joe Judge who was a wide receiving coach for the Patriots they struck out on him. And I, I, I see what CJ says. Mike McCarthy is a bum, and Dak Prescott is overrated, and the Cowboys uh, got what Why? they deserve. It's been Hashtag sorry, over. not sorry. But to me, when you look at the big picture of where the Giants are going, Speedy, you're a Giants fan. Is Dable the answer to this team? Because it wasn't Joe Judge, it wasn't Bat Shermer, and it was Ben McAdoo. It wasn't Ben McAdoo. And you're, you're lacking... What Tom Coughlin has built a culture since 2000, well, well, 2002, when he came in, he brought in his quarterback, Eli Manning, and I told all the fans, when I started doing this show years and years ago, it was about eight, seven years ago when I started this show, I said that when Eli Manning decides to retire, the Giant fans are going to regret what they say about him. And now, since Eli Manning has been gone... This team has not seen the playoffs. This team has not seen anything, not seen a light of the day. And and now they're looking, and everybody says, oh, let's blame it on Daniel Jones. This isn't Daniel Jones's fault. This has a lot to do with coaching. This has a lot to do with the GM. Bill Gettleman, I mean, uh, Bill Gettleman. Uh, Gettleman has been absolutely horrible at really bringing in free agents. He didn't draft that bad. I mean, brought him some good players. But a lot of these guys didn't transition into the players they thought he was going to be. Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley has been an absolute bust since he brought they brought him in and they drafted him. A bust. Not because he's not good. He can't stay healthy. They brought in Kenny Galladay last year. That was their prize offseason. Kenny Galladay. For all of zero touchdowns. 21 touchdowns in his career. And what was it? 3,000 yards. And they gave him a $76 million contract. And let's see what they did with their offensive line, which has been an absolute... You know, a horrendous position to find in the draft. Hernandez, they drafted. And I think, was that Gettleman that drafted yep. Hernandez? That was his first year, yep. Hernandez, where everybody loved him. He fell to the second round, and everybody was like, oh, what a steal in the second round. He has been an absolute horrendous player for the New York Giants as a guard. They bring in Nate Solder, okay, from the Patriots, and he was a champion with the Patriots. What has he done? They gave him a, what was that, $50 million contract? Yeah, he was. <laughs> overpaid at the time. I, I actually thought, all right, it's an offensive lineman. I'll take it. It's better than what they have. And he was even worse than that. Gave him a $50 million contract. And what has he been? He's been injured. And he's been nothing from what he was with the Patriots. Because the Patriot way is, it doesn't matter how good the offensive linemen are. It really doesn't. It's it's a ball. It's really how fast you can get the ball out of your hands. Tom Brady is one of the best in the league at figuring out and, and seizing what he sees on the field and using those short passes, those six, seven, eight yard pitch passes to the the tight end slash uh, wide receivers like Edelman and Wes Welker. Or how about their running back slash wide receivers that can catch the ball in the backfield? That's what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels has built. Even. 
uh, even the defense with Romeo Cannell over the last years and years that have been there. And v- not Vrabel, but he was a part of the linebacking coaching over there. And, it, and, and what you've seen for the Patriots, everybody's trying to mimic the Patriots. And it's not easy to mimic a Patriot, the Patriot team because, one, Bill Belichick's one of the greatest or the greatest coach of all time. And then they, they had Tom Brady, arguably one of the top two, top three quarterbacks to ever play the game. So you can't mimic something that you don't have the players or the player to fill into that spot. Now, Speedy, you're a Giant fan. You're looking at the Giants right now this offseason. Are you going to be excited if they bring in the GM for the assistant GM from the, the Buffalo Bills and, and, and Dable? Are, are you going to be excited for that? Or maybe you, you take a long shot, you bring in a GM that you didn't expect, and you bring in a enemy, or you bring in a... Um, a Brian Flores or a Jim Harbaugh. What do you do to really get the fans excited next offseason? Brian Flores and I Eric, mean next next season. Brian Flores and Eric Bieniemy are definitely my two tops in terms of coaches. Uh, Dable, I like. I would. I'm a little skeptical of him in comparison to where he was last year. I don't think he did as well as an offensive coordinator this year. I think it was a lot more of the players. And as a lot of people have criticized the Bills for in the past, they oftentimes can be one dimensional. I also think the offensive line really hasn't played as well for Buffalo either. So something I think that might have something to do with it as well. But I, again, I do like it from a culture standpoint. So I wouldn't mind that either. I love the GM idea though because I think Brandon Bean has been a very good GM for Buffalo. I think he's drafted very well. He's filled needs very uh, very nicely, and he's really been very consistent in the in that draft in the draft process really since he's gotten there in 2017 so I would be encouraged by that I'm a little skeptical more with the 49ers one because John Lynch has done some good things but he's also given out a lot of bad contracts too which I really can't afford the Giants to have right now so I really hope he could learn from that mantra if they do bring in the 49ers guy but it'll be interesting to see if Brian Flores will still be available by the time they bring in the GM, though, too, because he's already getting a lot of other positions. The Texans are pushing really hard for him, being that Nick Casario is a former Patriots guy and Brian Flores is a former Patriots guy. So he's probably out of the question. I would think Dable is probably the most likely candidate for the Giants right now, which I wouldn't mind at all. They're not required to hire an offensive guy just because they have a young quarterback, but it definitely is the wave of the league now. How about you, Mr. Giant fan, or whatever you are, Saints fan, who's sitting there reading his phone, tindering, or whatever the hell you're doing, not concentrating on the damn show, which is really pissing me off. Really pissing me off. And you do this all the time. And it's really getting on my nerves. Well, Concentrate on the show. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. I don't care. You don't look down. Look at what we're doing. I don't understand you. you But but when when we get Lee Bonin on, or we get all these other guys on, you're all very aware you want to get involved with the conversation. Get in the show, or if you're not going to get in the show, get the hell out of here. I'm being serious. This is pissing me off. If you're not going to be here and your head's not going to be in the show, don't stay here because it's pissing me off. You do this all the effing time, and I'm getting pissed off. Concentrate on the show. If you don't want to be here, leave. You were talking to me. Yeah, well, I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of it. I see it all the time, and I don't want to oh. see it anymore. Get involved with the show. If you don't want to be here, get out of here. That's it. And that's what I'm going to say. I'm getting fed up with you sitting here and looking down at your phone the whole show and not being involved in the conversation. Now, what do you think the Giants need to do? Because I'm pissed off at you now. I think the Giants need to get it right, quite frankly. That's it. That's the great Tyler Harrison. 
What, what do you want Frankly, me to say? They need to get it right. That's the important thing. It doesn't matter who it is. You're an embarrassment. You really are. You're really pissing me off. You, did, you, did the, you do this all the time, and I don't say anything. I'm getting fed up with it. Sitting you watching, look at the Tinder, swiping your phone. I wasn't. Yeah, whatever the hell you're doing, whatever the hell you're doing, get your head into the show. I was watching the sports. Well, well, good. Watch the sports. Watch the sports when you're home, okay? We're We're on a radio show. show. We're a sports show, and we're talking sports. And with your head on the apron or whatever the hell you're doing over there, it is absolutely embarrassing that you do that. It is embarrassment. And and just keep your head into it. So I'm going to ask you again. What do you think the Giants need to do? I want the Bills guy because the Bills guy is going to go get Bill Belichick. That's what he's going to go do. You happy now? What was that? The Bills guy should be the guy the Giants go get because Bill Belichick will come to the Giants if that's the case. There. You happy now? Now go ahead. Shred apart. Belichick's not leaving the Patriots. Blah, 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 Bill blah, Belichick blah. is never leaving the Patriots. Bill All Belichick right, is Bill almost so. Bill Belichick is almost what seventy five years old. Seventy if he leaves 76 the Patriots. Years, it's going to be for the Giants. He's not leaving the Patriots. Why That's would he it. leave the Patriots? I, I, if he was going to leave the Patriots, he would have left them two years ago. When Tom Brady left, why? Maybe he's sick of Robert Kraft. Maybe Robert Kraft's sick of Bill Belichick. Maybe Robert Kraft wants Josh McDaniels to finally take over the job that he's been saying for the past five years is this. Who knows? Bill Belichick makes more money than any coach in the NFL. And you don't think the Giants is going to a blank check? He runs, he runs the Patriots organization, practically. He drafts practically everybody. He gets and he brings in any free agent he possibly wants. You're not listening wants. to me. If Robert Kraft is sick of him, it doesn't matter what he runs. He doesn't want to be there. Robert Kraft is going to get rid of him. Robert Kraft has... Can't stand him. First of all, first of all, and, and I, we'll, we'll go into this here because it doesn't really make any sense. Robert, no, why would I talk? Why? Why would Robert? No, because I'm. I'm I, it doesn't make sense what you're saying. Why would Robert Kraft be sick of somebody that has brought you six Super Bowls? I, I, I mean, personality-wise, he cannot stand him, and he wanted to keep Brady over Belichick. Brady didn't want to be there anymore. That's not true. They didn't give him a contract. Brady didn't want if to be there Brady, anymore. That's bullshit. If they would have gave him a contract and Belichick was the way out, he would have gotten rid of Belichick, and Brady would have stayed. Brady got That's offered. point blank. First, first of all, Brady wanted to win more Super Bowls, and he didn't believe at the time that the Patriots were good enough to win Super Bowls. What was the contract they gave him? What do you mean? What was the contract offer they gave him? What What did they not offer they, him? You don't know what they offered offer him. Anything? How do you know? That's what Jeff came on the show and said. Okay. Right, Mister Magic Man, he's always right too. I didn't all say, right, I didn't he say came on right. here saying they didn't offer him a contract. So he knows he's first got ins. All, I'm going to take his word for, for it. For, first of all, first of all. It doesn't matter. It, listen, he to, to me, I think Brady was done. I think he was done with the Patriots. I think he wanted to see what he can do without Bill Belichick. Put in the Super Bowl? Yeah, and he won a Super Bowl yeah, without did. Bill Belichick. Yes, he wanted he to prove that he can do it without Bill Belichick. He and did. he wants to continue doing what he is doing right now. I And I think the same thing with Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick wants to prove that he can do it without Tom Brady. That's and, fine. So why wouldn't you go to a team with a young quarterback and Daniel Jones? Right now, he drafted Mac Jones, so I'm not saying Mac Jones is better than Dave. Why would he go to a team that just but fired I'm, your an assistant? You, you just fired your assistant, Joe Judge. You had you had his Joe Judge wasn't going to take a motion to get Belichick. I'm not talking about that. So why would that, he go to you a needed team? to fire his assistant? Why would he go to a team? Okay, that just fired one of his assistants. It, it doesn't make sense because his assistant was a walking clone of him. 
Okay, so why would you bring him in? The original is always better than a clone. Yeah. Oh, I understand that, and I'm not saying that Joe Judge is anywhere close to Bill Belichick. I'm not saying you are, but the team will respect Bill Belichick before he walks through the door. They, the Giants, have a better chance of getting Josh McDaniels than Bill Belichick. That's fine too. He'd be a hell of a get too. I, I I think that Brian, I, I would, the Brian Flores thing has a lot of smoke because Deshaun Watson will go wherever Flores goes. So hold on. That's where the, that's the link. That's why Flores is gaining traction because teams that want Flores know Deshaun Watson's coming too. That's the thing. I, I you don't know that because I don't know oh, if teams well. are willing to give up first round draft picks for him. They're gonna it, 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 still even though Deshaun Watson with all the problems he has on and off the field. Deshaun Watson is one of the top five wide uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. So you're not going to just get him for nothing. And teams like the Giants, let's say they bring in Brian Flores. The Giants aren't going to give up a, a stock of first-round draft picks for Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm not, I, could see, I, I could see the Broncos doing it. I could see Philadelphia I see, doing I it. I the Giants will do it. I'm saying whoever gets Brian Flores is going to get Deshaun Watson. Because mm. that's Flores' guy. That's pretty much the worst kept secret in the NFL right now. I, I think and we're going to get uh, Lee Bodden on in just and a few that is moments. Why they fired uh, what's his name? Because they once Flores who? became available. Who, who did I'm they fire? Think of who, the, the Texans guy. The Texans guy, the guy that they brought in for one year and then they right. fired him. Yeah, they I don't fired, even remember. His name. I'll tell you why they fired him, and and it was a reason why they fired him. It, it, it's not because of Deshaun Watson. It's not even because of David Mills, who I think. David Mills it should be the starting quarterback next year, not Deshaun Watson. They should try to move on from Deshaun Watson. David Mills is a quiet kid that played very, very well from Stanford. They have no choice. What do you mean they have no choice? They have no choice. They have to move on from Watson. He doesn't want to be there. He clearly just showed you he's not coming. If they interview, if they interview Brian Flores, it doesn't mean that they're just going to completely – He's going to completely walk away from the Texans, okay? So, again, if, if Brian Flores does – he somehow gets the job from the Texans. And, and people say he is the lead guy to get him, you know, get him from the Texans. So, I, 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 again, Brian Flores is the big name right now on the market. He is the number one coach out of all the coaches that As are going to be available. Be. He shouldn't even be fired. He shouldn't have been fired. But, to me, he's going to go where he has the best chance to win. He, I, I know the Bears are going to interview him. He doesn't have the best chance to win in the, with the Bears. He'll probably interview with the Broncos. I don't think he fits very well with the Broncos. The two teams that I think he, he fits, fits the, him very well with the Broncos. I don't think he does. I, I really don't think he does. I think the Broncos need an offensive coordinator. They need an offensive coach. They had one of the best defensive coaches in all of the NFL. They had they one did. of the best defensive coaches. They did. So And they got rid of him. So now, because your offense didn't do anything, exactly, and you that's why on the floor too and long. that's why you need to bring in an offensive coordinator. But Flores fixed the Miami Dolphins. I'll do that. The Miami Dolphins offense. The Miami Dolphins, or you mean the Broncos? Brian Flores fixed the Dolphins offense. The uh, offense played better on. But the But he's Flores. gone. He's not with the Miami I understand. Dolphins. But if on the Broncos, he fixed both boxes. I don't think so he I'm does. I'm going with him. I, I'm going to bring in the best offensive guy that's available. That's what I think. Well, and, and, and it seems like uh, Dan Quinn is a big name that right now everybody wants. I don't know why, but he has. He did go to the Super Bowl. He did lose against the Patriots. He did have a 28-3 to lead uh, practically going into the fourth quarter. But he's and, a defensive guy. 
exactly. I'm, I'm not saying the Broncos are the lead team to get him. There, there are teams that are interested in Dan Quinn. The two teams that are going to be looking for offensive-minded coaches, one, and I just told you, the Broncos, they're not going to bring in a defensive-minded coach. And if I were the Bears, I would go offense too because you have a young quarterback. You just gave up a, a stock of draft picks for, and you need to rebuild around that young quarterback. He is your franchise. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to former Browns, Lions, and Patriots cornerback Lee Bodden here on the Sports Limehouse. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we are the Sports Loudmouths. You can call us at 631-672-3108. Download our app, ladies and gentlemen. How do you do that? You go to iOS wwsrn or android worldwide sports radio network and check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com and by the way check out all our shows our shows today our betting show one of the best betting shows on the market right now check it out Chaz and his team of great great uh you know, betting betting lines. What do they call them? Handicappers. Mm-hmm. Uh, great handicaps. Top top fifty handicappers in the country. Uh, join Chaz. It, it is really a great show. And check out the wise guys. They're great too as well. Every single Thursday. Anyways, uh, uh, Speedy was telling me we were going to get this guy on last. Uh, I think the last three days he was going to mm-hmm. get this guy on, and we finally land him. We are now talking to former Browns, Lions, and Patriots cornerback Lee Bonner. What's going on, Lee? Hey, nothing, man. How you guys doing, man? Well, you know, uh, you know, we're back and forth bantering about the playoffs and where the Giants need to go when it comes to coaching and GM position. And the Giants, let's Lee, you know this. Over the last, I would say, last seven years, the Giants have been one of the worst teams in the National Football League. A very well-respected organization, Tom Coughlin, Bill Parcells. And by the way, the only team that knocked off your New England Patriots <laughs> before the Eagles did. So how are you doing, uh, retired, and how's your family doing with this whole COVID-19 situation? Oh, man. Retirement has been enjoyable, man. I've been retired for pretty much 10 years now, a whole decade. Last game I played was 2011, and again, we're in 2022 now. So I've been enjoying it. Family is dealing with COVID just fine because I know health is the most important thing Obviously, playing football, it was exercise, it was health, it was eating right. And that's what I just kept maintaining, you know, throughout the life and and with my family. So we all good over here, man. And retirement life has been fun. I've been traveling the world, you know, meeting a lot of different people, obviously doing business. Uh, Now I'm running for county executive. So so it's a lot of things going on in my life, man. And, you know, still watching and checking up on some football. Uh, you know, it's always some good games on good competition out there. You were drafted by the Cleveland Browns, and they weren't a very top-notch organization uh, when you were there, obviously. They're slowly building uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, they bring in Miles Garrett in the draft. Uh, this team has slowly but surely built some kind of reputation as a more smash-mouth team. What have, What are your thoughts from when you started with the Cleveland Browns and where they've really – uh, built their team as a, a world AFC conglomerate? Uh, well, to be honest, I mean, I wasn't drafted. I was undrafted oh, okay. by Cleveland in okay. 03. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, spent my first five years there. And to be honest, I think they found something with Baker Mayfield. I think, you know, they have stuck with him for, you know, I, I don't know how many years it's been. It's been, you know, quite some time. 
four years. But he has had, yeah, four years. I was going to say five. I didn't want to, you know, make that mistake. <laughs> but uh, he's had some coaching changes, uh, ups and downs. But I think, to be honest, that's where Cleveland, uh, their problem has been for a long time. My rookie year, we had Tim Couch, Kelly Holcomb, and they were kind of going back and forth and didn't really choose which one uh, to stick with. And I feel like, you know, as you see the recipe for success with football and teams are coaches and quarterbacks, you know what I mean? Um, and, and no carousel, not having a carousel and having that uh, cohesive, you know, bond between the head coach and the quarterback. So that's been the issue. But, I mean, you've seen uh, with Cleveland these past few years, they've been, you know, uh, securing the defense, uh, you know, getting cornerbacks, uh, linemen, linebackers. Uh, they have receivers, uh, running backs, tight ends. So they have, you know, everything that they need, but the quarterback needs to be solidified. Obviously, Baker Mayfield played well last year, uh, but then this season, you know, it was kind of up and down. So, you know, if you secure that quarterback position and he gets better uh, or if they move on and get somebody else, uh, that's going to be uh, the, the thing that Cleveland needs to get over that hump. But again, last year, I mean, they were there. They were right there, but then they took a step back this year. So it's like, you know, do you go uh, one more year with Baker to see, you know, if he can repeat, you know, last season? Um, you know, again, that's a GM's decision and, and you know, it's a tough one to make. But, but again, that quarterback position is, is what is needed to move far in the playoffs. Obviously, or in the NFL, I mean, you see every uh, playoff team has a, a really good quarterback. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's really going to get you far uh, in the NFL. So a lot of the guys you play with on the Browns are a lot of talented defensive players. You had a guy like Dequell Jackson, Andre Davis, mm -hmm. linebacker. You had Willie McGinnis for a couple of years. Um, yeah. uh, Eric Wright, your uh, your fellow yeah. other side cornerback was pretty good as well. So what were yep. some of those players like? And also Romeo Cornell when he came over there as the head coach. What was Man. he like? Listen, I mean, we had a ton of talent over there. And Romeo, I feel like he was turning the program around. To be honest, uh, my last year there in 2007, we went 10 and 6. Um, we missed the playoffs by a game. You know, we didn't win an AFC game that could have, you know, catapulted us and, and put us in the seat to be in the playoffs. But, you know, then that next year, uh, you know, they traded me. Uh, they were getting rid of players that, you know, helped um, get us to that point. And like the GM, and the coaches weren't on the same page, but I feel like, like you named a lot of uh, great players. I mean, we had Kellen Winslow Jr., Braylon Edwards, Derek Anderson on the offensive end, Josh Cribs. I mean, we had a stacked uh, team, in my opinion. I had a, a really good defense, really good offense, and I feel like if they would have kept, um, you know, some of those pieces there, I mean, we could have done some some really good things there. But they kind of blew it up. Uh, the GM did, and. You know, it's business at the end of the day. You realize that uh, when you get into the NFL. And it's crazy. It's like they don't even want to win games, man. They just want to – I mean, it's about the the dollar and, you know, getting guys cheap or whatever it is or not paying guys or whatever, you know, the reason is. But I think uh, if we'd have kept that team, we'd have, we'd have really did some uh, really good things, I think. Now, Lee, you kind of had a strain of um, odd luck, we'll say. <laughs> you went from Cleveland, who was 10-6, as you had mentioned, and then you go to the 0-16 lines. Right. I'm sure after that year you had a lot of headaches. And then the next year you go to New England, 
and stumble upon the Belichick way and Brady's there, Randy Moss. What was the biggest difference between going to New England and everywhere else? Uh, well, the biggest difference was uh, they knew what they wanted. Uh, and I, I would say I would go back to Cleveland because Romeo Cornell was there in New England for some championships. Uh, so he knew uh, what it took. Uh, but again, he was just getting there. So just solidifying who he was as a coach and, uh, and, and what that organization was doing, like I said. And I think, again, he got there in 05, um, 05 or 06, 07. So that was three years. And after his fourth year, I want to say they, they might have let him go, fourth or fifth year. To answer your question, what was different was they just the expectations of what everything was was already solidified. You were just going into a machine. Um, you know, what Belichick built. And and again, you hear the Patriot way and it's really the Patriot way is, again, the expectations are, hey, let's win a division. You know, we're going to the playoffs, win a division, uh, you know, and, and make it to the Super Bowl. And and everybody, the energy, uh, the work ethic, uh, the way everybody was team oriented, uh, it was just evident ever since you walked in a locker room, you know, where it was different in Detroit, it was... And in Cleveland, again, I was a, a young guy. And then we had uh, Butch Davis was the coach. Uh, and then, you know, that's when they trans so transferred over to, excuse me, Romeo, Romeo Cornell. And then so, you know, you kind of got a bit of, of both uh, or, or different type of organizations, different type of things that coaches wanted to do. Um, but I feel like uh, I got a little bit of taste of what New England was with um, Romeo Cornell, but it's, it's hard when you're just getting there, you know what I mean, and, and trying to start fresh. Belichick had it already for, you know, a number of years. So it was just an easy transition. And again, it was a happy one to go from 0-16 to a team that's, you know, making a playoffs automatically. Now, Lee, you play a cornerback position, and the corner position has really developed in the NFL. You talk about uh, Darrell Revis, and you talk about – uh, Cromartie, and, and you talk about some of the greats that you played with uh, and, and, and the growth of the cornerback position. When you look at the game and how it's transitioned from the offensive side of the ball with the wide receivers and it opens up, do you think it's harder now to play as a corner <laughs> in the NFL than it ever has been? Absolutely. I mean, even the times where we played, like you said, you name it, it was Darrell Revis and Cromarties and uh, I mean, it was difficult because uh, I could tell you it was times where I feel like, okay, you got five yards to jam a guy. I remember I jammed the guy like twice in five yards and a ref told me, he was like, you can't do that. <laughs> because what I did was I jammed him, took my hand off of him and then jammed him again. He was like, once you jam him, you got to stay on him. He was like, next time that's a penalty. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, um, but pass interference, uh, hitting defenseless receivers, you're getting fined, uh, you're getting penalized, you're hurting your team, but it's, you're making football plays, and it's, it's so difficult. Uh, you know, again, they're throwing back shoulders, they're protecting the quarterback, so the quarterback's, you know, a lot, getting a lot of, you know, time in a pocket or, or you know, sometimes guys don't want to hit them certain ways. So, um, and, and that's given, you know, these quarterbacks, obviously they're in the NFL for a reason, and, and if they have no, you know, pressure and, and not worrying about getting hit or anything, they're going to put these things on a dime. And and it's tough, you know, to uh, be able to play.
play these back shoulders and you can't touch guys. They're going to call a lot of interference calls. So it's uh, it's definitely tough, tougher now, again, as it's becoming more and more offensive game to play the defense, defensive back position. So in your career, who was the toughest wide receiver you say that you've had to guard? You, there are a lot of ones in your division, too, the Bengals and the yeah, Steelers. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot. Um, again, Ocho Cinco is always, you know, top on the list. Obviously, I had to see him twice a year. And he runs some of the best, like, comebacks um, you'll ever see because, I mean, you don't know if he's running a goal or he's running a comeback. I tell people this all the time. Uh, two people, when I went to Detroit, uh, Roy Williams – he asked me, man, damn, you know, about Chad's routes. He was like, man, how do you guard that? And then going to New England, I don't know if you guys remember, Ocho Cinco played in New England yep. for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, Tom, he was talking to me on the sideline one time. He was like, man, you know, Chad, his comebacks are crazy. Anytime we call a comeback to him, I'm going to throw it to him because, you know, he's usually um, open on those. So, uh, so I would say him, and I say a lot of, obviously, Randy Moss. Um, you know, one of the greats of all times. Uh, and uh, Andre Johnson is one of the ones, too, um, that I played him maybe like three three times and, you know, all tough battles with him. Uh, and, uh, again, the list goes on. Marvin Harrison, uh, he, he was, I mean, you, you wouldn't, you know, he's just so shifty. And Mark Clayton, um, too, Derek Mason, those guys from Baltimore. Those guys were were tough. Now I could go uh, again. It's a it's a long list of people, but I, I would say again, Ocho was was one of the toughest. Randy and Andre Johnson, and man, it, it, I can again keep going on and on. There were some tough guys that I played against, but held my own though. You know what I mean? And got a lot of respect from every last one of those receivers that I named uh, on and off the field. Absolutely, absolutely. You had a great career. I don't know if they mentioned this yet, but you led both New England and Cleveland in their interceptions, I believe, multiple years. Yes, so yeah, you, absolutely. So yeah, you definitely yeah, held I mean, your own out there on the uh, corner of the field. Now, I'm going to ask something a little curveball for you here since you mentioned <laughs> county executive. The NFL now, we see that they're adding games and subtracting pre uh, preseason games. They're adding on now another week. There's rumors they want 20 weeks. And then mm. they kind of want to expand the playoff format. As a as somebody that's trying to get in the political field here, how do you think the NFLPA should handle what the players are going to ask for? Obviously, when the longer seasons continue. Oh man, um, if I'm the president, I'm asking for everything. You know, any and everything, because again, you putting these guys their careers on the line. I mean, you pushing it more and more. Uh, their bodies. 16 games was already a long season. Trust me, I, I've been there. But even again, those preseason and training camps were grueling too. So it's all, those are already, you know, tough weeks. But then to add it to weeks where it's going to be hyper competitive and super competitive, we know injuries happen all the time. And that's just increasing the injuries. And so these are people's livelihoods. This is people that um, are going to have problems after football and how are you going to help them after football? But uh, I would say help them during football and after football. And I would just play hardball until they get exactly what they want and don't back down because like I always said, without the players, it's no league. 
You know what I mean? So you should be able to get what you want, whatever you want. And that's anything. The consumers are always the boss. You know what I mean? Because if, if I stop going to Walmart, if we stop going to Walmart, they not going to have no money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, so if the players stop going to the games, the NFL not going to have, you know, the product and, and, you know, any money. Well, and they do get revenue from the TV deal. That's why they kind of don't care. But still, I mean, people going to be pissed off if they don't see no football. Um, so uh, the players should hold out and, and get whatever they want, uh, maximum maximum dollars, maximum protection for uh, medical. And and I feel like they got to play hardball with the league. Um, and I'll tell you what, Gene Upshaw, I don't know if y'all know Gene Upshaw, mm-hmm. he used to be the president of the NFLPA, and that's how he was. He would come talk to us, and he would say what wasn't going to happen and what was going to happen. Right. Um, and Man, and to be honest, when he died, they were in bargaining agreement, you know, uh, when he died. And then they stopped once he died. And and the things that Gene Upshaw said we weren't going to do as players, as a union, when the new people came in, we did exactly what he didn't want to do. And so I think the players got to get back to um, taking control. I mean, you see the NBA, um, their players association is a little different than, than the NFL's. You know, the players um, really play hardball with them. And I think it's time for the NFL players to play hardball with the NFL. We went through a little bit of your career. Let's go mm-hmm. let's go to the playoffs right now. And okay. the wild card game games were this past week. A lot of craziness. Uh, nobody would have thought that four of the six games were going to be blowouts. Nobody. Right. Um, and Kyler Murray showed that he was a rookie. Matthew right. Stafford uh, showed everybody that he could he could he could play in the playoffs. He's not just a regular season quarterback, and he could play for a good team. What really stuck out to you in the, in the first week of the playoffs, the wild card games? Was it the Cowboys in that ridiculous play call at the end of the game? What really stood out to you that either bothered you or uh, you just see the transition of the game just changing? Well, I mean, to be honest, uh, what stood out to me was like Tom Brady. I, I hate to say it, you know, and be cliche. I mean, he's just a masterful artist when it comes to, to football, man. And, and it just shows his dominance. And I feel like, um, you know, they're the team to beat. I mean, even though, you know, we talk about green Bay, obviously the number one seed, but you know, that to me, because it's, it's just so crazy that again, Tom Brady is doing what he's doing and has a opportunity to go back to back, um, with how they are playing right now. Um, but again, I mean, Dallas is Dallas, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it doesn't really. Don't um, say that to any of the Dallas fans. They're going to have a heart attack. And Dallas season ticket holders. <laughs> Listen, I, I have a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans because I, I'm here in the Washington, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. And it's it's either the Washington football team or the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a lot of friends. And I had to check up on them, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> After the game. But. But I think, you know, to me, that's what stood out, man, um, to be honest. You know, I hate to, you know, kind of be cliche, but it's just it, it dumb, it's dumbfounded, you know, that this guy has the possibility of doing back-to-back. I mean, how, is, how old is he, 40? 44. Four? Going to be 44 45, years yeah. old. Like, that's the, to me, that stands out. Um, but obviously, we got another week to go. Um, I don't see blowouts, but shit, you never know, man. Mm. 
I want to go back to uh, I want to go back to when you were with the Patriots. I mean, Bill Belichick's never thought of as somebody that speaks a lot when he's in the press conferences and all that, but seems to be a very interesting guy off the field sometimes from what we've heard. Um, what is the most interesting thing that you found out out of Bill Belichick behind the scenes, kind of? And what is the most interesting thing he said to you? Um. Well, behind the scenes, uh, I mean, he's just a, a normal guy, man. He just he um man he comes down to Maryland a lot because lacrosse I think his daughter plays lacrosse mm-hmm. uh so um you know just how much of a person he is because sometimes you even me playing in the NFL you see him and the aura of him you know kind of looks mystique and like you know he's not a human you know what I mean but then you sit across across from him in his office and uh he's just you know talking regular um but to be honest and the thing about uh and he has a sense of humor, man. And I, I tell people that all the time. It's, it's a little dry, but it's funny, you know, and, and he'll do it for a little bit, you know, but it's right back to business, you know what I mean, when uh, when it's time to, to play on the field. But um, I think, you know, one of the things, I mean, that was interesting to me of just about talking to me, like he knew a lot about me, you know, before I signed, you know, I'm there in his office and he knew my background, me being from Maryland. Uh, and, you know, he brought that connection there. Uh, and again, him liking how I play. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy to hear that from, you know, one of the best coaches out there. And, you know, him telling me, you know, I was the best corner on the team at one point, you know, in 2009. Um, because to be honest, like, he benched me <laughs> one game. <laughs> and then I was like, man, Bill, what the, you know, why am I, what you bench me for? You know, and so he, they put up, a film together about, you know, on some plays, good and bad. And then him and I watched it. He was like, well, I'm glad we watched this. You know, he's like, you know, you one of our, our best corners. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? You know, did you not, you know, believe that or think that already? But, um, but no, so just, just uh, the confidence that he had in me and, and showed in me and, and, you know, letting me know that I was a good player. Um, that's always good to hear when you're a player and, and hear that from your head coach. And uh, and I, I do have to say, going back to that, sorry, yeah. the blowout by you know Buffalo was like that was crazy to me. I didn't I didn't foresee that. I mean, I thought Buffalo had the edge mm-hmm. against them, yep. uh, but man, I did not believe that you know that one would be a blowout for the sure. La- the last time the Patriots got blown out like that was against the same Buffalo Bills. So mm. uh, that was last <laughs> that was last year. So oh, okay. and they lost, I think, by thirty-two points or something like that. So uh, this this isn't this isn't the first time this has happened. And and Bill right. Belichick, after what happened in the regular season and how really the first game the Patriots completely dominated, even though it wasn't right. it, it was it a cold game. Yeah, it wasn't a, a fun game to watch. But right. then Buffalo won in New England, and everybody was talking about this game. Buffalo really wanted to come out, and they wanted to come out to prove that they were the better team, and they did that. Right, and they did that, and and see me just knowing Bill, I felt like okay, he would, um, you know, devise something to be able to, you know, um, stop them or at least you know slow uh, the Buffalo Bills. Allen just proved and showed that he's just a different animal, um, you know, because he can use his legs, he can uh, get out the pocket, and he's just a, he's just a great quarterback, you know, um, in the pocket as well. So, I mean, he's a tough. Got a face. I'd feel reminisced if we didn't ask for your Super Bowl prediction, being that, you know, it is not going to be too far from now. 
and we are getting narrowed down with the teams. We here. all know who he's going to pick. He's going to pick Tampa <laughs> and Tom Brady. We well, know that. Tom Brady's got to play somebody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I mean, listen, that's one thing I, I cannot bet against Tom. You just can't do it. I mean, and and to be honest, uh, Todd Bowles, that was my defensive back coach in Cleveland. He was uh, the assistant defensive back coach when I was there in Cleveland, and he's a, he's a great mind as far as defense. Uh, Bruce Arians, um, he was actually offensive coordinator in Cleveland as well. So oh, wow. uh, you got some roots down there in Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah, some roots. So, so again, they need corner I, help, you know? Huh? They need another corner down there. He wants to do legislation. He wants to I'm do too, political stuff. He doesn't want that anymore. Nah, yeah, I'm too old. I'm too old, man. I can't do that. But, uh, <laughs> but no. So I, I feel like that their defense is well coached, and again, they have um, Tom Brady and and. Byron Leftwich, which is a, a a good coach as well. I mean, calling great plays. So I think they have a, and it's not just Tom. You know what I mean? Even though he's he's obviously on the field, you know, the field general, but it's it's everybody um, that's helping them around. And then I mean, again, just what I just said, man. I feel like Buffalo. <laughs> wow, I you mean, got Buffalo, huh? I, I'm already I'm reaching I'm reaching with Buffalo mm. um, because Josh I'm. Josh Allen, I mean, last year they had a, uh, you know, they got out, you know, prematurely. And I mm-hmm. think, I mean, he's, he's maturity showed uh, to me that, um, you know, again, not only can he do it in a regular season, but now, I mean, doing it in the playoffs against a, again, a, a well-coached team mm-hmm. with Bill Belichick, um, you know, Josh Allen, you know, uh, might be able to do, I mean, their defense, their safeties, you know, I, I like their safeties. Um you know, their D-line is, is pretty good, um, and their defense is solid. So, uh, again, and, and well-coached. So, I mean, I would say those two teams. So he's got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl. I so agree with go. one of them. There you go. Well, you got Tampa because you're – No, no, I don't have no Tampa. he had Bills 49 as the of the season. You have yeah, Bills I had Bills San Francisco – Months ago. Well, uh, as everybody knows, we are talking to former Browns, Lions, and Patriots corner, Lee Thank Bodden. Uh, before we let you go, and this is the last question for all of us, um, one of our fans keep mentioning, ask him about the butt fumble. I am a Jet fan. Uh, <laughs> you were there when the butt fumble happened with Mark Sanchez. Do you remember that? Uh, is that something that really stuck out to you in your career <laughs> when you had the experience to watch what Mark Sanchez did? Uh, as a New York Jet. Yeah, no, I mean, it didn't stick out to me like in the game, but obviously (laughs) afterwards, you know, everybody's talking about it. Um, And so it it looks crazy, you know what I mean, once you rewind it and talk about it. And, you know, (laughs) it's just, I, you could probably find, you know, a few plays like that, but, you know, they highlighted it because New York media, you know, Mark Sanchez did, um, turn the ball over uh, quite a bit, uh, but to be honest, you had, man, an inter- a- you had an interception in that game. So. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but he's he's going down in history for that. You know what I mean? Uh, he'll never live that down because, again, I mean, the media just played it over and over and over. Mm. And um, but again, I mean, it's a routine, like you know, running into your guy. Uh, well, I wouldn't say routine, but you know, <laughs> <That's a> routine. <laughs> but those type of things do happen, yeah. and and sometimes that causes it. But again, it's highlighted because it was Mark Sanchez. Uh, that is the New York media. Um, he did have a lot of turnovers, um, you know, in that stretch. So 
And, and it was a game to where, you know, it, it compiled, you know what I mean? It compiled it a, every time you guys, and, and I, I hate to say this, I'm a Jet fan. Every time <laughs> the Patriots play the Jets, uh, a.k.a. Uh, we, we all know what Sam Donald said, the, uh, what was it, last year, saying that he saw ghosts. It, it, seems, <laughs> it seems like every time the Jets play the Patriots in New England, there's something that happens. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the butt fumbles. I mean, Mark Sanchez went to won four away games in the playoffs. Right. And the first thing they remember is the butt fumble. That's all they care <laughs> about is that night. And you had an interception. You were a big part of that game. You were one of the big players of that game. So uh, that's why... One of our fans, he, he he keeps mentioning, ask him about the butt fumble. Ask him about the butt fumble. Lee, I call yeah, that game the see, Paranormal Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> and see, but like you said, I mean, he won some playoff games. Uh, I think they were in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. I mean, he, he did, you know, he did what he needed to do for that team. But a, a lot of times, again, that's going to uh, be in a lot of people's minds, like Jets' minds, because, again, the media played it a lot. And it happens, so you can't, you know, erase it. But don't tell that to Rex Ryan because he had a tattoo of him on his uh, leg. So, and, and eventually, uh, I think recently he just got it removed. So really, yeah, yeah that's I what I heard. That. That's what I heard. Yeah, he just recently got it removed. But... I always feel bad for Brandon Moore because he was a good guard, and I, I always just re- get remembered for being the guy he ran into. Yeah. Exactly. He exactly. has a big butt too. He I know, and he was a good guard too. And I always feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why he couldn't get out of the way, man. Sanchez, he wasn't that mobile. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Lee, uh, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Oh, man, everything Lee Bodden, at Lee Bodden, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Lee Bodden. Um, you know, and again, man, I appreciate you, Loudmouths, man. Um, man, if y'all want to have me again, man, I, I would love to talk, you know, more playoffs. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, great. it's a great show, man. Thank you so much, and we would love to get you on again. Speedy, my producer, will reach out to you and get you on. Uh, we'd love to talk more football with Finally, you. Finally, somebody salutes back. I do that to everybody. No one ever freaking acknowledges it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. You the man, man. And, and good you, luck buddy. in their political uh, back, you know, political, uh, you know, the way you're going with your pol- politics and everything like that. Because I think they, you know, with, with everything going on in the world, they need good people in office trying to help people. There's There's so much craziness that's going on right now in the world. Uh, yeah, you know, and with everything that's gone on, we all have to stick together because we're a country and, and we need Absolutely. to stick together. So. Absolutely. And that's, and that's really why I'm doing it because, you know, politics, a lot of times, uh, they don't care about the people. And I, I feel like the people, again, that's why they elect, you know, someone to be their representative and, and they need a representative that's going to, you know, look back out for them. And so that's really what I want to do. Um, because things haven't been, uh, you know, different from when I grew up. So I want to be able to change, you know, that hopefully I can, you know, succeed. If not, um, I still help out my community everywhere I uh, possibly can. That's wonderful. If you need need a campaign mantra to go by, you could do leadership with the way you spell your first name. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, and I do that a lot. I I do put my, uh, First name and, and a lot of things like that. So, man, I might do that. I appreciate that. Man, that's a good, that's a good idea. Speedy. That's a that's good a, idea. That's yeah. an NFT for you right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> NFT. Anyways, Lee, thank you for joining us. We'll definitely get you on again. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. As we, as you guys know, we were just talking to former Browns, Lions, and Patriots corner, Lee Bodden. Awesome. Awesome guy, man. Really good.
What? He's he, got my vote. He he lives in Washington. I mean, <laughs> how are you going to vote? I'll vote. I'll travel. Are you going to travel over there? You I'll have do, to be a I'll resident do, for a year. Mail-in ballot. <laughs> oh, God. Mail-in ballot. Mail it in, baby. <laughs> mail-in ballot. And, and, and that's what the president wants now. He wants it. He doesn't want anybody don't, voting don't, that way. Don't, don't, don't Mail-in ballots. Out. It's all right. Well, are you going to vote for the president? Who? You know who I'm talking about, Biden, you idiot. Well, Joe Biden doesn't even remember his name, so oh, I'm not going to remember it either. I mean, we do know, uh, what, what's her name again? Is she, she wants to run. Uh, Obama, Michelle Obama wants to run, so maybe you'll vote for her. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Could you imagine you running for president? <laughs> I'd shut this place down. <laughs> Tyler Harrison. I'd send the SWAT team in the here immediately. Duff. Uh, by the way, if any if, uh, if you watch this show, we we give him a new nickname, the Duff, and it, all you guys got to do is go go check out what that nickname means, and it'll be perfect for you. Anyways, thank you, Lee. Thank you, guys. <laughs> awesome, uh, Lee Bodden's awesome, man. He really is awesome. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to pro football PSI player evaluator Miguel Chaptain. Here, I'm just kidding, Miguel. We'll get you back here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mounts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we are the Sports Loud Mounts. I'm the host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, PDPD, and Tyler Harrison. Remember, you can call us at 631 631- 672-3108. You can download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Also, check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Lee Bodden, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome, awesome interview. And by the way, so sincere, such a good guy. You can tell he's he, he's just a... A really good Samaritan. And the NFL needs guys like that. Not only in the politic, uh, you know, a lot of these NFL and these NBA and these NHL and MLB players, after they're done with their career, they want to go into politics. And I think you need that guy that's going to, you know, support something and not only support the people in in the country, but support what they believe in, not only in sports, but really where the world is going in transitioning to our second guest. Uh, and, and by the way, I know how to pronounce your name. I just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of give you a little riff, but we are now talking to uh, pro football PSI player evaluator, Miguel Chapton. What's going on, Miguel? What's going on guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. You guys did a fantastic job with that lead bought an interview, by the way, I caught Thank the last you. few minutes of it and uh, it was, it was fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and, and Lee's really, really good. I like, I, when we get these guys and these ex-athletes or even these great writers, we, we had uh, Greg Bishop on uh, last week, uh, a Sports Illustrated uh, senior writer, and he was writing a book. Uh, very, very great. When, when, it's really, really good when you can get a guy that tells you stories that you never even heard of some of the, the, the different interviews. And, 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 and Jim Gray, he, he wrote a book with Jim Gray uh, on his, his life, as a broadcaster and some of the great people that he's interviewed, the goats and uh, some amazing stories that he told us about Jimmy and uh, you know, John Madden, uh, Cooper cup. He was just uh, that day he was hanging out with the cup family. Yep. So it, it's really, really interesting when you, when you get to, to know the inside of some of these stories. And he, he said the, some of the, one of the best interviews he's ever had. And, uh, and one of the greatest people he's ever hung out with, believe it or not, is Dak Prescott. 
So, uh, and he told us a little bit, he's like, Dak Prescott's the type of guy that you can go to a bar, you wouldn't even care if he was a superstar football player, <clears throat> and you would drink, you drink a beer with him like he was one of your buddies. So, uh, very, very interesting story. So, tell us a little bit about yourself on how you became, um, you know, really with pro football and, and doing the PSI work and all the stuff that you're doing right now. And, and where did you really see yourself after graduating from college? So I started with fantasy football, probably like you guys way back when, way on Sporting News when I was in middle school. But obviously as social media became big and got on Twitter, saw that fantasy football was pretty big on there and it was a really fun and and unique community and a lot of cool people to talk to. Just really got involved uh, and started kind of growing my account through there. At the same time, I was growing up uh, in my career as, as an analyst. And one day the two and two just got put together. I was like, what if I take what I've learned in my day to day? And apply it to something I really enjoy, which is fantasy football, and see what I can come up with. Because mm-hmm. um, I've always enjoyed player evaluating. When I initially was going to school, I wanted to do sports management. And my dream job as a child was to be the general manager of the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to be. Clearly, that didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, I always thought that uh, I was always really intrigued by player evaluation and how to get involved in that. And so this was kind of my uh, first foray in, into that space. but obviously for football. Um, And as I looked across the space, I thought the most interesting position was wide receivers. It seemed like people had probably the most, uh, it just always generated kind of the most buzz around that position because so many people had different takes on wide receivers because they were really the hardest to kind of pin down, right? Um, I think with running backs, you can see a lot through film and it's pretty easy to like, are are they athletic? Do they have breakaway speed? Uh, Can they catch the ball? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, they're probably going to be pretty good. Mm. With wide receivers, it can be, you know, you think you've got someone who's really, really good and then they don't pan out. The question that intrigued me and what I would set out to go find. So that's how I got started and I've been doing it for five years. Really enjoying it. So I want to ask, I see those autographed helmets in the background. Do you have, uh, what are, yes. how, like, what are the, some of the, like the backstory beyond that? How did you get all those? Exactly what we're here to discuss today. So PSI, big on doing wide receivers. And so all of those are wide receivers back there, all who have uh, either really liked as prospects and most of who've gone on to succeed, just ignore the Jalen Rager right there. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got Cortland Sutton, AJ Brown, uh, T Higgins, Justin Jefferson, I figured I'd uh, get in and, and invest early. I'm like, if I'm finding these guys early, might as well invest and see if I can turn it around and, and flip it in a few years for, you know, double my money or something. Oh, you definitely <laughs> so. will. I mean, they autographed it. It's going to be worth something. So I figured it'd look cool. It'd be a good backdrop. Uh, great for, obviously, shows Absolutely. like this. And uh, it's always a good talking point at work as well, <laughs> now that we're working from home. I liked Rager too, so I was wrong on that as well. Yeah. Oh, I was I was big wrong on Rager. It, it happens. No one's perfect. <laughs> No, no one's perfect at all. That's going to be a question we get back to later. But anyway, when you look at wide receivers, when you're doing your player analysis, besides obviously like the speed and the hands, because that's what everyone's going to look at, is there a stat you look at and go, this is going to be misleading, this guy isn't this good, or that's something that's going to be an eye-popping thing that this guy's going to excel in the NFL, or is it really just as simple as, this guy's breakaway speed and hands, and he's going to just be amazing. I'm not a, a, a film evaluator by any means, but I think the uh, the the thing people talk about the most that I think matters the least, or is maybe overblown. I won't say matters the least because it does matter to some degree, but is overblown is route running. Um, 
you know, a lot of guys can make it look really good, but when they get to the NFL, all of a sudden that wasn't what separated them. Um, so I, I think that's the, the really biggest talking point. And I think Jerry Judy's a really good one for that example, because when he was coming up through college, all you heard for about three, four years, however, three years he was in, in, in Alabama um, through the, the Debbie community was he's the greatest route runner of all time. You were hearing comparisons to like, he's going to be the, just the, the next great thing. Can't miss blah, 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 blah. Um, and every time I went and looked at the stats and just looked at him, I'm like, he looks fine. Like, I'm not going to not like him, but there wasn't anything there that blew me away. And he's gotten in the NFL and he's been just fine. He hasn't been, you know, he's not blowing the doors off like Jamar right. Chase that comes he's, in. And he's has... also, he's also dealing with a lot of injuries. I mean, Judy has not been healthy since he's come into the league and that's been a huge problem. His health. I think if he plays a full season, actually has a quarterback that could throw him. Could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers goes over there and actually throws him the ball? Do you know how good Jerry Judy will be? I don't think I would still put him in the top 12. I, I, I think so. he would, I think yeah. he would go on to be like a top 24 receiver and for sure have a good season. But he still isn't going to reach that peak hype that they gave him in college. Mm. And that's what I'm evaluating him against, right? Like, if you're going to say he's the greatest of all time, here's Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase coming and blowing the doors off. Where's that? Mm. That's what you hyped up. Mm -hmm. So if you were saying that, that he was going to do that, he already failed at that level, right? He could still go on to have some success, but right. I just don't see that 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 prospect. So, um, and, and I think injuries was, or his potential for injuries was something that uh, uh, another analyst, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Fusu Vu, yes. or I think now his name is Devi uh, Fusu. Uh, I, I might be butchering his, his Twitter handle, so apologies if he's listening. Um, but he's, he's kind of called Fusu. that out, and, yeah. and that was always something that caught my attention. And then, you know, here you are in the NFL, and he's kind of battling some injuries. Mm. And, you know, it might be fluky, but it, it's happening. We are talking to pro football PSI player evaluator Miguel Chapton. Uh, Miguel, uh, this year's draft, uh, this isn't one of those draft classes for wide receivers or quarterbacks or anything that really stands out that you could say, hey, you know, that guy is, is going to be the next big superstar, the next Julio right. Jones, the next Calvin Ridley uh, or uh, A.J. Brown or any of these top end. But those are the usual, usual drafts that some of these guys become those type of players when it's not a big draft. When you look at, like, Chris Alave or uh, a Jamison Williams or a Traylon Burks or a David Bell or how about a Drake London – what stands out going into this draft with all these top end wide receivers that really you think could be a transition? These guys could transition into the NFL. You know, I'm still very early on in in my process, so I'm at that point. Uh, for me, December January is probably where when I typically look at a class, I'm at my lowest. Where I'm like, eh, I don't know about this class. Um, but I agree with everything you just said. There isn't that star stud like you don't have a Saquon Barkley that. I mean, you could be a uh, first time watching football and you watch that guy play and you go, yep, he's a star. Um, or Jamar Chase, you, we all knew he, he was going to be a star when, when he stepped a foot on the field. Um, so this class lacks that elite talent. But I think there's a strong core of really good talent that could end up becoming elite. Um, so I definitely agree with your point there. And guys that really stand out to me right now are are the, the, the Drake Londons, the Traylon Burks. I actually didn't think I was going to be high on Jameson Williams, but right now I'm actually like, ooh, I 
actually really like this guy. Really unfortunately towards ACL, so wishing him a, a speedy recovery. It's not going to matter. He's going to be a first-round draft pick no matter what. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll get drafted, but, yeah, just, just want to see him make that speedy recovery, get on the field uh, in year one, and hopefully he doesn't lose that 4-3 speed. Mm. Um, but, you know, what really stands out to me is right now they're, they're – uh, they all broke out at an early age. That's one thing um, that is really important for a, a wide receiver profile. You want guys who uh, break out before the age of 21. Are you guys all familiar with breakout age? I don't want to be preaching to the choir if you guys already are. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure, okay, see some head nods. Um, and that's really just indicative of, right, if if they're good early on, then they're likely, the, the, the younger you are, probably the uh the better you're going to be, right? It's like if if you've got a a kid who's who's playing Mozart at age five, like yeah, that kid's probably going to be really amazing at playing the piano as he grows older. Mm-hmm. That same concept, right? Um, so they all check that box. Um, their dominator rating. So what percentage of the right. uh, passing offense do they uh, take up? You want them to be at least a third of that offense, and they've all done that, if not exceeded it. Drake London and 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 Jamison, I'm sorry, Traylon Brooks. Looking all to my sheet over here, uh, we're over 40%. So that's really good. Um, and and the important thing, one of the things that uh, really matters the most is were they the number one guy on their team in any given year? Um, and I measure that by yards. So did they lead their team in receiving yards in any given year? What the the data suggests there is that. Uh, I, I want to say it was like 95% of all wide receivers that have gone on to succeed were all the number one guy on their team at one point in time in college. They don't have to do it every year, but they just have to do it once. Um, the guys that never do it usually don't go on to have very much success at all. So that's a that's one way to quickly just if you want to uh, uh, you, you know trim some of the fat, that's a quick way to do it. Um, and all those guys just they're checking a lot of the early boxes that you like to look for you know next is going to be the combine the pro days how do they come in athletically because then we can start looking at comps start looking at all right is is chris olave the next uh, I, I, maybe you guys know better who's he being compared to at the moment anyone um i don't know i, I don't know who it, robert compare, woods i've heard robert I've heard, woods really robert woods i've heard for olave he's as, faster than robert he, woods. i know that but they're they're kind of very similar wide receivers where olave is yeah, really the big deep threat yeah. yeah i've heard i've heard that i've i've heard adam thielen i've uh, there's a couple oh, if he's adam yes. Thielen, it'd be pretty damn good if he's yeah adam that would thielen. be nice i don't think um, he's adam thielen so, I don't so think we can start right looking right. At, at those athletic profiles to see, all right, now, who do they really kind of measure up against? And um, the the fun fact is that actually all of the stuff that happens at the combine really doesn't matter all that much. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone oh, a few years ago, DK Metcalf in the three-cone drill. Oof, boy, was everyone on Twitter just giving him hell for having the worst three-cone of all time. And then here he is blowing up the NFL. Um, the reason is because of uh, none of those events actually matter for predicting success. Um, in a silo, if you just look at the 40-yard dash or the three-cone drill or the bench press, whatever, yeah, but, none of those matter yeah, in but, isolation. But, but uh, wait a second. When you, you were just mentioning DK Metcalf. DK, if it wasn't for his combine, DK Metcalf wouldn't have been drafted in the second round. I mean, he. Some people were looking at him as a first-round draft pick at some points. I think before the combine, they were they were thinking the third, maybe 
early fourth round draft pick. He moved up after the combine, running that. What would he run? A four three. The guy's built like a tight end, and he runs. I mean, he ran in the. He tried to run for the Olympics. He was in the Olympic trials. I mean, it's unbelievable the athletic ability that it, this man has. It 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 Matt is so from like a analytical standpoint in. If I'm just looking at any one of these events, there you can't. It doesn't give any indicator that this guy's going to be more successful than that guy mm. because the the ranges of all the wide receivers that have ever gone through the combine. I mean, you're all over the place. Uh, I, Jerry Rice, for example, is like a what four seven nine forty, mm. and then you've got DK Metcalf at four three. I mean, those are completely polar opposites. Yet they both yeah. Saw John Ross so. has the record, and he's nothing. So, <laughs> and Jerry Rice, right, has right. And John great. John Ross, and, and Henry Ruggs, and all these guys. Jerry Rice also has a million dollars. Jerry Rice has unbelievable hands. He was one of the he, had the, he never dropped the ball. Right. I mean, we talk about Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game because he never dropped the ball. Same thing, Anquan Bolden, right. another guy that never dropped the oh, ball. Geez. These guys, these guys, you, you don't have to have speed in the NFL to see. Now it's become a speed league. But when they played, all you needed was yeah. hands and, and, and really, I would say, and they never wore gloves either. Mm-hmm. None of them wear gloves. You know, like all these wide receivers, they, the Odell Beckhams of the world with that one-handed catch. You won't see these guys. You never saw Jerry Rice wear gloves, ever. You never saw uh, Anquan Bolden wearing gloves, okay? You, you never saw that. These guys That played. man was a menace. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a different game now. I mean, it's it is all speed, but I think if you look at the top three wide receivers in the league, uh, they're either good route runners, one or two. They have the best hands. Devontae Adams, he's got tremendous speed, no question. But he's not like a four three guy. He's like a four four guy, four five guy with great hands and can route run. And that's what we talk about. AJ Brown, he wasn't a fast guy when he came into the league. He has great hands and he's a great route runner. And then there's guys like Julio Jones that are just beastly athletic, who just are freaks of nature. Okay, and that's those guys. You you know they don't always work. They don't pan out. It's the guys that can route run and catch. Those are the guys. All the speed in the world. I, yes, speed beats everything, but speed doesn't do everything. As you ask Denzel Mims on the New York Chats, who is six foot three, oh, four three. Going out for Mims. Yes, and and I, I love Denzel Mims. I, I really do. But let's be honest. He's got uh, palm. He's got pan hands. Okay, a- including uh, your friend over there, the tight end for the Giants. Um, Ingram, yeah. Ingram. Who I don't want to be the tight end for the Giants anymore. But another we'll... guy who came into the he came into <laughs> league. Uh, tight I end, <laughs> tight end that can run a four four and can't catch. Uh, you know, he couldn't catch, couldn't catch a football from you. Okay, so that that's what I'm saying. It it, it really is people that can catch. And Robert Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman was a a quarterback drafted in the seventh round. They moved him to a wide receiver position. The guy never dropped the ball. Ever, okay? Even that unbelievable catch in the Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons was, uh, you know, almost impossible. Freak catch. Yeah, Robert Alford should have not won for the interception, but okay. I mean, Tyreek was a running back at Oklahoma State before he went to community college. Yeah. Yeah. Who could have ever predicted he'd turn into the wide receiver he turned into with no wide receiver resume. Cam he was drafted as a returner. That's one, of the, like that's one McCluster. of the craziest, Cam Newton, craziest things. Cam Newton played junior college, okay? And then he went to Florida, and then he went to he, 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 he went to the portal and went to Auburn. And then he won a national championship and was the number one pick. How about this? Joe Burrow. 
Joe Burrow was a third-string quarterback on Ohio State. LSU gave him a chance one year in his senior year. He all of a sudden scores 60 touchdowns. He threw, what, eight interceptions, seven interceptions, has one of the greatest quarterback seasons of all time, wins the Heisman Trophy, has one of the best Heisman Trophy speeches of all time, wins the national championship, and is the number one pick. At one year, he becomes name the number a, one pick. Name a quarterback who's had more iconic swagger than than Burrow with the cigar know. celebrations. Right. Like, that like dude the glasses. is just... I like the glasses. I got to give him credit on that. He did look good with the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I would love to get back to Denzel yes. Mims since you're a Jets fan yes. and just kind of get your take on is it coaching staff? Is it him? Is it both? Uh, uh, a little later on. I, but, I, uh, you, you want me to give you an answer? I, I thought yeah. I, I, I thought watching Denzel Mims this year, last year, if you look at his numbers, the three or four games, that or five games that he played, uh, when you compare and contrast the Justin Jeffersons and all the wide receivers that were drafted that year, Denzel Mims was the top five in that class. This year, maybe it was the scheme. Maybe, you know, obviously uh, Mike uh, LaFleur didn't like him or, you know, maybe Robert Sala don't like him. They kind of lost, uh, lost him in the shuffle. He came in because of injury, and the guy just couldn't catch. How many times do we, we see the Jets get him the ball in the end zone? He just couldn't catch the ball. And, and, and that's, that's alarming to me when you have a guy that can run a 4-3, 3 and they said he can – I think his jumping at the combine was one of the best yeah. jumping, you know, long jumps we've seen a wide receiver have in almost 10 years. And when you have that kind of athletic ability and you can't catch the ball, you're a waste. And I, I think that he needs to go to another team that fits his, you know, his fist, fits his strengths. But honestly, I, I, as of right now – He's a bust. It looks like he's going to be a bust. I don't know. I know. I don't know what you thought of him, but uh, it looks like he might. There's be no a bust. Jets helmet, so it must not have been one he of was. his huge, huge ones. <laughs> he he wasn't. Uh, yeah, like these are the guys that I was like most high on uh, in each of their respective classes. He wasn't one of those guys. He was one of those guys. That I'm like, yeah, he passes. He passes the test, but it was like, eh, just barely. Like, yeah, he's okay. If I can get him on my fantasy team, great. But am I going to like reach for him, trade for him? No. Um, if it doesn't land to me, I'm fine. Before I get to my question, I just wanted to besides because we mentioned Larry Fitzgerald, uh, the greatest, one of the greatest stats of all time. He has more tackles in his career than drop passes. I don't know if you've heard that one before. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. I wanted to move off of the receivers. I wanted to go to uh, a guy that's a very interesting prospect in Kyle Hamilton, a guy that a lot of drafts experts are saying is the best safety prospect we've seen in a very long time. And I wanted to ask because safeties aren't really getting drafted as high, even though if they're thought of as these great overall prospects, we saw that with Land. In Collins in 2015, we saw with Derwin James in 2017 or 2018, Malik Hooker in 2017 fell to the end of the middle end of the first round. So, with somebody like Hamilton, do you still see him going top 10 even with it being devalued, or do you think he'll fall back maybe to a later pick? I think in this draft, anything's possible because you just don't have those elite talents. I think there's what a couple of of tackles and then a couple of edge rushers that are at the very top, and then after that, it is a crapshoot. Um, so seeing, I think taking a safety that high, is probably not the best idea. Um, but if he, if he's the best player available in this draft, like, yeah, I can totally see it happening. It just, it, it just brings back so many, uh, who's the, the safety on the Seahawks right now, Adams, right? The guy you guys traded away, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, he's he's fine, but was he worth what the Seahawks gave up and you guys completely fleeced them on? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I can see it happening, but um, yeah, this draft is just, right now, this draft seems so weak. You know, without any top quarterbacks, like elite quarterback play. Don't say that because everybody, that every time they say this, that that's a it's a weak draft. This the, the draft becomes one of the best drafts in in ten fifteen. I'm telling except twenty thirteen. <laughs> yes, right. besides I, that, I, I mean, if if that happens, hey, you can have me back on the show and and roast me for it all you want. But all right. Um, <laughs> I'll put that on my. I'll put I'm that just, on my list. My yeah, calendar. yeah. Add it to the freezing cold takes. But You'll man, just looking at it right now is. Don't do that. Oh, Don't do it. Man, who who do you take? Like, I guess Matt Coral as the best quarterback at the moment. I thought it was Howell, but I saw Lance Zerline's uh, tweets yesterday where he had him as a third, fourth rounder based off the film, and that really caught me off guard. Um, and he's. You know, a, a film guy I, I, I really respect and trust, and he's got his his ear on the ground, and he's got the inside info, and so that uh, that was surprising. I don't know how you guys feel about Sam Howell, but uh, that, I'm not crazy surprising. about him either. Uh, I would take Carroll. I think I think Matt Carroll's probably the best quarterback in this draft. Uh, I don't want the Pickett kid. I don't trust that Pickett kid. No. But, yeah, I I hate Pickett. Well, I shouldn't say hate. I just as a prospect, yeah, yeah he's someone a I would. Word. What was that? Hate's a strong word. Yeah, yeah. So I'm backpedaling on that. <laughs> well, you know, if if you don't like somebody, you don't like them. But uh, yeah, it's just you know, pick it for. I think he's five years in the. I'm going to quickly look up his. Yeah, uh, I think so. With the extra year, he got he got the fifth year because yeah, he got the fifth year, and it was four years of just subpar play, like guys that when. So I'll, I do a, a model for quarterbacks too, and that profile is like, all right, yeah, I draft him late day three, sure, but you're going to give me the one year fluke after four years of consistently bad play. Mm. Yeah, I think Kenny Pickett's a landmine. Don't don't tell that to Jordan Addison. You might not get a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we before we let you go, uh, I, I just want to know your final opinion. Uh, I know you're a football fan. Uh, obviously, uh, this past weekend with the wild card games, uh, crazy. I mean, it really was back and forth. Uh, and, and, and the four out of the six games were complete blowouts, okay? And the two games that were very, very close, one, the Cowboys, and two, uh, the Bengals – the, the Bengals and the Oakland, well, not the Oakland, Raiders. the Vegas Raiders. What game really stood out to you? And were you surprised about something that happened this weekend that threw you off uh, for where the, you know, where the football was with the wildcard games? Uh, I, mean, so I'm a 49er fan. Um, so uh, that game was wild. Uh, I, what a crazy finish, but the game that threw me off the most, uh, was the LA Rams versus the Cardinals. I was just really expecting that to be a close game. I had the Rams winning, mm-hmm. but I did not expect Kyler Murray to come out and just forget to play like how to play football. Mm. I, I, I don't know what he was doing out there. He looked completely lost. Uh, I think by the third quarter, I was like, and I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> this isn't even worth watching <laughs> because I just thought, the, like, here's what they're going to play for the third time this year. So they, I think they each won one. That's how it played out. Um, 
And so I really thought it would be a close game and it would be really fun and exciting for the fans to watch. And it just fell flat. Who do you got going to the Super Bowl and who do you have winning? Um, well, I can't bet against my 49ers. So I'm going to go with my 49ers and I'm going to go with the Bills. Bills Ooh. for a while. So you're another Bills? I, it's the Steve. It's the Steve Berman Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, look at you! Or Chris man. Berman Super Bowl. Chris Berman. <laughs> Chris, Chris Berman. Berman. I, I will say this: uh, it, a lot of people are picking the Bills, and if the Bills knock off Kansas City, a lot of people are looking to pick them to be the favorites of coming out of if Tennessee Tennessee can win against the Bengals. I think. Yeah. I, I think with with Derrick Henry, if he's eighty five, and they're saying he's ninety ninety five percent ready to go. If that's the case, I mean, how could you bet against Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones? But uh, with Kansas City still there, the Bengals and Joe Burrow, and then obviously uh, the uh, the other team over there, which uh, uh, a lot of people are taking to go to the Super Bowl Bills. Uh, I, I mean, uh, it, it could be really, really fun next two weeks to really figure out who's going to go to the Super Bowl right. and who's going right. to represent the AFC. So, so, so you're a 49ers fan with no uh, no IUK helmet with all those wide receivers? <laughs> yeah. Or, Ren, or, Ren, or, Ren, or Debo. Or Debo. Or George Kittle. Oh, George Kittle. Oh, yeah, just – it was an expensive one. I'm oh. trying to get the. I've been saving up to get Jerry Rice first. Like, oh, okay. One first. It's going Kid to be Jerry Rice. That's fair. Then it's going to actually be Kittle because he's just my favorite player on that team. Okay. I mean, I think he's just one of the best personalities in all the NFL. Right I now. met uh, I met George Kittle two years ago, two years ago, three years ago in Miami. So uh, very very tall, nice. very tall, and very big hands. Okay, so. Uh, a very nice guy. Very, very nice guy. And he was growing his hair out, and he has even longer hair now than he did then. So. <laughs> Kyle Juszczyk also grew his legend status by getting slimed after the game, too. <laughs> Kyle Juszczyk. Oh, I'll talk he? to you about this real quick, Miguel, because no one else ever gets yeah. crap when I say it. Kyle Juszczyk is the most underrated player in all of football. I, I, I would agree. When they gave him the contract they did when he initially signed with San Francisco, I was like, how are we paying a fullback in this day and age that kind of money what in the world? But he's been, you know, a leader worth every penny of it. I mean, has he ever done anything like bad? No, wrong, bad to swing the game in the opposite no. direction. No, it's he's always great been a great hands. play. He's a great route runner. He's decently fast. Yeah, he's he's always comes believe... a clutch when you need him. He's never like put the exactly. ball on the ground. He's never done you know missed the, the key block like at least not that's noticeable to to the. To I don't the think he's ever missed a block. <laughs> Yeah, I probably looked at the price tag and had the same reaction I did. You also have to look at the Ravens letting go of Darren Waller and look what he what he's what he's done with the Las Vegas. Uh, uh, yeah, in the in the Ravens' defense, they are usually a cycle of fullbacks. They went from yep. uh, our guest of the show, Ovi Muhaley, to Laron McLean, Devontae Leach, to Ushek. And by the way, the person that yeah, the guy now is pretty good. By, by the way, the, yeah, the DT the guy, person yeah. that discovered uh, Wall, uh, Waller was John Gruden. He was the yeah, one was that crazy. discovered him. He was sitting there at practice. I remember I watched a whole documentary of it, and he was sitting there at practice, and he said, who's that guy? He says, oh, that's Darren Waller. And then right after the game, right after the game in the press conferences, they went into the locker room, and they told Darren he was traded to the uh, the Oakland Raiders. And that yeah, was it. He, he was on the practice squad, right? So I think yep. they just poached him right yep. from it. He was practicing um, on the field. He wasn't even playing in the game. And John Gruden was there practicing, watching the kicker. And he saw this guy, this big, tall kid, running on the sidelines and said, who's that kid? And they said, oh, that's Darren Waller. And, and, and I'm telling you, the, the story was 
right after that game, they went right into the. They called him into the. They call him into the locker room. The coaches and the coaches said, "Well, uh, Darren, you're you're getting traded to the Raiders." And I knew the practice part of the story. I didn't realize it happened in the same day, though. That's same wild. day, same day. It was right in the same day. Darren says, right after the game, he was told by the coaches he was traded. He was traded to the Oakland Raiders, and and that, that that's the real story. And and obviously, Darren has his own, you know, his, his great fortune for everyone around that. Absolutely, and 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 the background of Darren Waller with the drugs and the abuse, and really changed his life around. I give Darren Waller a lot of credit. And he's he's one of the oh. top three tight ends in football. So, a right. fantastic story for a fa- fantastic kid. What do you I remember? I was uh, like? yes. in- who's better than Darren Waller? I mean, Kittle, Kelsey, Kelsey, Kittle, Kelsey, Kittle, Kelsey, Kittle, 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 Mark Andrews had a hell of a Mark game. Andrews. Andrews is not, Andrews Mark is not Andrews better is a better all round tight end. No, yes, he is. No, he's not. And I would even say Hawkinson's close. No, no, I wouldn't say. Oh Hawkinson. God, Hawkinson. all around. Stop no. looking at receiving stats. There's more to it than just going out there and catching the ball. Down oh right, guys I'm, I'm coming from a fantasy lens, so you're right. If you come on. Darren Waller couldn't block you. Darren Waller is one of the best tight end blockers in the league. What are you talking about? You're wrong. You're just saying that. That's not true. Yes, he he is. He's a great blocker. That's not true. Really? It's not true? That's not true. Darren Waller is not a great blocker. Look it up. You look it up. I don't have to. I know he is. I know he is. (laughs) Why would I look up something I know already? (laughs) You don't know because half the things that you say you know, you're wrong. So it, it's well, that, uh, I'm fifty fifty. That's uh, a pretty good bet. Uh, I'm right now fifty fifty. I'm a, okay. So what are you willing to bet? Okay, because just look it up. No, no, no I'm not gonna look it up. I'm not, why oh, am I gonna God. sit here and look it up when I already know oh, the answer to it? Darren Waller is a good blocker. He is a good blocker. He's a, a good, good two way player. He could be. A, he could be a forty percent blocker. But that's good. Uh, he's definitely better than forty percent. Mikael, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ProFootballPSI, or you can uh, go to, if you want to find my work, ProFootballPSI.com. Mm. All right, Miguel, uh, we would definitely like to get you back on again at, at the end of the season. When when the playoffs, I mean, when the playoffs are over, when obviously the combine and, and where you, you decide on who's going to go, you know, from one to ten top five receivers, one to ten a one to five top quarterbacks. We'd love to know where you're sitting and where you stand when it comes to the PSI and, and where these, yeah. uh, these players are going to be. So we'll get you on again. We really appreciate you joining us uh, and, and giving us the time. Absolutely. No, thank you guys for, uh, for having me on. It's a pleasure getting to know you guys and uh, good luck with everything. Thank Talk you, you so soon. much. Thank you so much, Miguel. Uh, as you guys know, we are talking and we're talking to pro football PSI player evaluator, Miguel Chapton. Uh, very nice kid. Really, really nice kid. Um, but, uh, did you, did you look that up? I'm, I'm trying to find an article that has pro football focused top tight ends. Some of them have blocking grades in there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if Check, check if, uh, if you he can. He said a rec- receiving grade of 85. This article has a number three overall. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I, that's where I see him as, the number three. I mean, you, you can argue it's Kittle or Kelsey as the one. Yeah, I two. think those are definitive one, two, and then it's kind of a crap. But I, I would say Kelsey's number one because he's yeah, that's been fine. the number no- Yeah, that's fine. And, and Gronkowski over the years, he was the best. Yes. So I, well, that's true. I'd put Gronk above one. Too. Yeah, of course you do. Because you, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. So he was ranked number three overall at the end of the year. Because uh, Waller's five, ninety point nine. Darren, you you don't give that, you don't really respect Darren Waller for what he is, and and, and it, it's it's sad. But that, that's a lot of people. Two good years. Uh, two good years. Yeah, two good years. How long has he been Gronk's in the league? Been great since he was. A... 
Darren nobody's Waller's been in the league for three years. No, nobody's no, comparing. He's been three. Good for two he's years. Well, no, but he was on the practice squad. Remember, he's he said he was three on the years. Squad. He's played three years, and he's been a Pro Bowl player for two out of the three. Okay, and okay, and and and, 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 and George one here. Uh, two out of the three. One. I'm looking at it. It's two, one. He was first of all. The, the year that he got accepted, the what was it last year? Last year, he was going to be a pro ball player. He was taken out because he was hurt. And that's why he didn't play. That's the one they're giving him. Mm, well, I, whatever. All right. Among qualified tight ends, Darren Waller is ranked 39th in run blocking grade. Out of what? 81 qualified tight ends. He's 39th as a run blocking That's pretty grade. damn good. And where's, uh, where, where's Kelsey? Where's Kelsey? Uh, Shut up, Tyler, and let's hear let's hear where all let's of them see. are ranked before you go. What? Well, Kittle, what? He was right. Like Kittle, Kittle was the highest, mm-hmm. seventy-eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Travis I, I'm Kelsey, not saying he's better than Kittle. Grade. I'm not saying he's better than Kittle. Uh, let's see. You find out where all the top ones are because the guys that he said. Uh, who was the other guy that he said o- he over said, him? He said Mark Andrews. Too. How about uh, Hawkin- Hawkinson? We'll see where Hawkinson, Hawkinson is. Seventy-two point six. Um. Oh wow, Kelsey's Kelsey's is actually eighty point two. So he's, yeah, his Kelsey's is actually, better. Is actually pretty good. So those Kitt, are the two so best. So Kittle's is ninety. Those are then, the yeah. we know what the two best tight ends are. We know they're one and two. Right. We know Kittle and Kelsey are one and two. Waller, I believe, is the third best tight end all around tight end in the league. Okay, and Gronk is not. Gronk is not the the white the catching you know tight end he once was. Now Gronk, if you were to ask me three four years ago, where was Gronk? Gronk was, you could put him one, two, or three. More than likely, you put him at one, okay? And then you would probably put, George Kittle's only really been dominant for two years, okay? Because he was, what, three years in a league? Three, four years this in This is his league? fifth year in the league. He missed a lot of last year with injuries, though. Yeah, but he... he missed a chunk of this year. But really, he, his, his career's really started two and a half years ago. Okay. Well, twenty yeah, twenty eighteen was his breakout season. Because I remember twenty seventeen, they were dealing all those quarterback carousel, so he really didn't have a lot to work. Because I drafted him, I drafted him where everybody said he was an up and coming tight end. I remember. Oh, twenty eighteen, George Kittle's the best streaming tight end. Yes. <laughs> that I've had with fantasy football. I drafted, yeah. I drafted him in like the sixth round, and he was a yeah. Big so part. that was twenty nineteen. That would have been the year after. Yeah. He, 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 and nobody was drafting. Everybody thought I was crazy drafting him in the sixth round, and. Uh, he had one of the best tight end years uh, a tight end can have mm-hmm. all around. I think I had him in the Beavs League that year, and I think I took him in the fifth, if I remember yeah. correctly. And, and listen, Kittle can't stay healthy. Kittle can't stay healthy. If Kittle stay- actually stayed healthy, uh, I-, I think he could be even more dominant. I, th- I think the best t- best tight end all around tight end in football is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he can run, stop. He can do everything. He, he does everything, and-, and he can catch the ball, and he's a fantastic player. So. Uh, but I, Darren Waller, I think, is a fantastic all-around player. He, I, do, I don't think anybody gives him the credit that he deserves. I, I really don't. I, it, it, to me, yeah, this year, even this year, he, 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 again, he, he's another one that fights a lot of injuries. And Darren Waller really throws me up. Tyler's favorite cheese is whatever grows between the beeves' toes. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's Jeff's. Jeff, show. I did not want to know what that tastes like. Uh, Actually. And, do I do Gronk's that? Gronk's got better numbers this year than your boy, too. Who? Who? Gronk. What do you mean, my, my boy? Gronk's got better numbers than Yeah, Waller barely played this year. He's so did Okay. Uh, Waller has barely played. And Gronk actually plays with the greatest quarter, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time no, that likes right. to throw him the ball. That likes to throw him the ball. So it, it's, it's different. Darren Waller... 
It, it, first you of all, like, you act like Brady goes out, Gronk's triple team. I'm going to throw it to Gronk anyway. Yeah, probably does. By the yeah. way, Mark Andrews blocking grade is 81.5, so he's actually a little above Kelsey as well. So he's actually pretty He's pretty good, I would say. With Darren that. Waller had 50. He played 11 games this year, 55 receptions, 665 yards, two touchdowns. And, and Darren, again, this, is a, this year, last year he had like nine touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Darren Waller this year had an off season, and that was a lot to do with with his injuries. He mm-hmm. couldn't stay healthy, and he wasn't one hundred percent healthy at the end of the season. Even in the playoffs, he wasn't one hundred percent healthy. Couldn't run the routes that he he's really good at. Last year, he had nine touchdowns. He was unbelievable last year, and had over a th- well eleven hundred yards. How many how many tight ends have eleven hundred yards in a season? Yeah, I it's, mean, it's I think Kelsey's the only one who's done it multiple times. Maybe, he had it back to back. He had back to back years. It's 2019, 1100 yeah. yards. I think Gronk did. One year, but he's always hurt, so I don't think he did it enough. I think Kelsey's the only one who's done it multiple times of this current core. Uh, Kyle Pitts was pretty close this year, too. Yeah, he was. I think he was at eleven eighty something this year. I just don't think anybody gives uh, you know Darren Waller enough credit for what he is. And this year, I I think he's a top three tight end in the league. I, I don't think any. The only two guys that I think I would take over him are the two guys we talked about, right. Kelsey and Kittle. The only and Kittle. I don't know about Kittle right now because Kittle can't stay healthy. It, it, the last two or three years, when he's on the field, he's unbelievable. When he's not on the field, why would I take him over a guy that plays 16 games? The la- last two seasons before, before this year, 16 games, 16 games, um, 1,145 yards, 1,196 yards, 12.7 yards per catch, 11.2 last year. Uh, obviously, last year, nine touchdowns. So, uh, and, and the year before that, three touchdowns. So, when he plays and he's he's at the top of his game, he is he's unbelievable, and he doesn't drop the ball at all. He his catch, no no Waller's hands are very good. His catch percentage is probably one of the best or the best in the league. So. The thing I like a little more with Kittle, I would give him a slight edge though, is the versatility though too. He lines up in the backfield a lot. He'll line I up. Just as, said Kittle and Kelsey are the better yeah, players. Right. I'm not I'm not saying he's better than any of those guys. But if you're going to tell me Andrews Gronk and those guys, Gronk's old. I'm not going to take Gronk over him. I'm not. No, not anymore. No. I'm not going to take him. And Hawkinson, I'm not taking Hawkinson no. over him. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not. Uh, Andrews, you can argue. You, I yeah, mean, you I think can, that one's close. And... I mean, you could argue that. I mean, if you want to argue that, I guess you could say that because he's the number one target over there in Baltimore. So maybe if you yeah, want to especially here with all the backup quarterbacks they had to play with. Uh, I guess, there, yeah. but Andrews also fought. Andrews fought with a lot of. Yeah, injuries he had a lot of injuries in the beginning of the season. Yeah, but like Andrews that. had a good year this year too. So, and I like Andrews. I always draft him in my drafts. Oh, yeah. this year I couldn't draft him, but I was amazed he fell as late as he did in that draft. Yeah. I think all the way to the fourth round or something like that because he was thought of as the. Right in the same realm as I Goddard and Gasicki. Andrews, and like I think, that. was the best all-around tight end in football this year. I think he was. I mean, yeah. 17 games, he missed one game, 1,300 yards. I mean, 12.7 yards and nine touchdowns. I would say Andrews was the best tight end in football this year. I, 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 if you 81.5 blocking grade, yeah. yeah that's, that's I'd probably right. say he was the best tight end in football this year. And then, I guess, Kelsey and then... I would say um, receiving wise, Pitts probably. And then, Pitts, yes, yeah. I would take Pitts this year, and then I would say Waller. Then I would say uh, Kittle. Kittle didn't have a good year offensively. What he, really, he didn't? Well, he missed, he missed a lot of time too. What though. are you saying? What for? What are you saying? You think Garrett? What are you laughing at? You you idiot. You're laughing so much. <laughs> because you're completely wrong as usual. Nine hundred and ten <laughs> yards. That's a great year. Uh, tied in. Uh, Tight end with Debo Samuel on the outside. Are Andrews you insane? Had, tra- on Andrew, a running team, Andrews had thirteen hundred yards. 
Okay? Andrews had 13. He played 14 games. All and right, by and the who's way, the receiver Waller, that Lamar Jackson has? Waller played, Waller played 11 games and had 665 yards. Okay? And he, played, and he played three more games than Waller did. All right? So don't give me is your Waller shit. One? Okay? What are you talking is about? Is Waller the one? What do you mean Waller's the one? In Las Vegas, and Derek Carr calls a play, is he the one? No, he's not. Jacobs is. He's running the ball. Actually, Jacobs statistically, is. this year probably Renfro was. Yes, and Renfro. So, no, he wasn't. And he only played 11 games this year. So, how is he the one? So, all right. There, there's so many backtracking arguments right now. I don't even know where to start. So, you said that you're going to take Andrews at George one. Kittle didn't have one of those years that you could say he had a great year. He didn't. He didn't. All right. Kelsey, what was his number, Speedy? Let's see. Kelsey. Tra- I'll, I'll find it because you, you take forever to look up Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Travis Kelsey. 1,125 yards, nine touchdowns in 16 games. That's a great season. That is a great season. 200 yards. That's a lot. And Kittle missed four weeks. He missed two games, Kittle. No, he did. Two two weeks. Look, 14 games. I I just just had it up. He had played 14 games. They played 17. That's three games. (laughs) Oh, it's three games. That's right. Yeah. yeah, Right. right. So he doesn't get 200 yards in three games? And he played 16 games. Kelsey. He didn't right. play 17 weeks. So he missed one game. Okay. Kittle missed three. So in that two-game extra, you don't think Kittle catches him? No. You're, it no. depends on the what Shanahan game play because he uses them a lot Same thing with Darren Waller. Darren Waller played 11 games, had 665 I yards. I understand that. You're the one saying, though, they're hurt. I'm taking Darren Waller even though I'm t- Waller I'm got hurt. I'm taking Darren Waller. I am. Go ahead. You can take it. Just, I, I, it I, also I, depends on, Tyler, it also depends on if the, there's two exclusive game plans where Kyle Shanahan will just use him as a blocker, too. Absolutely. So if it's one of those games. But that's why I'm saying he's the best. You can line him up as a sixth offensive lineman. You can line him up as a double fullback with use check. You can put him in the slot. You can put that we all guy know you're in tight love with sweet. Anywhere. <laughs> we, anywhere. We all know you're in love with Kerry, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Kittle. George Kittle. George Kittle. We all know you're in love with him. So what do you mean? Because he's a, the best tight end in football? He's not the best I, tight end. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. No. And that's not even an argument. And the fact that you are arguing it just shows you how stupid you are. Because Maybe it showed, if you opened it showed, your mind yeah. and actually thought instead yeah. of just going what people are telling you, uh-huh. you'd actually be really? able to think and comprehend uh, really, something. Uh, really, people are telling me, I don't want, I, first of all, I don't even listen to sports radio anymore. So you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Shows you how stupid you really are. I don't how watch, am I stupid I don't watch, you I don't sports watch, radio? I don't watch sports Sports Center. I don't watch any of those things. I I do what I watch, okay? And I say what I watch. And honestly, George Kittle didn't have the year that you're saying he had. And George Kittle this year was probably the fourth best tight end in football. That's where I would say. Actually, I would say probably even fifth. All right. I'm not even saying Andrews, Kelsey, and who? Andrews, Kelsey, Speedy. Get me the numbers of the tight ends. Give and me the numbers. Andrews, I, I don't Andrews know Kelsey, and Pitts were the top three receiving-wise. Pitts, I take Pitts two over him this year. The best blocking tight end in football, right, who missed a 1,000 yards by a hair snip. Mm-hmm. You're saying you had a bad year, but Kyle Pitts... I didn't say he had a bad year. I don't think you, he had the year you said, that you're saying. I didn't say he had a bad year. I did not say he had a bad year. You're taking words said, out of my mouth. You say he didn't have a good he year. Didn't ha- he didn't have the years that you would expect the top end tight, the, the number one, the number one tight end in football he was that you said. a thousand yards if he plays a full season. He's not the number one tight end in football this year. It was Andrews. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Kelsey number two. The- Kelsey number two. Nine touchdowns. 11, almost 1,200 yards. I'm taking, and I'm taking Travis Kelsey over George Kittle. Even if George Go Kittle ahead. was healthy, that's fun. That's and, and, fun. And, 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 and half the planet would probably do that. 
half the planet. He's the best. He's been the best tight end in football, really, since Gronkowski actually retired. He has been the best tight end in football. And I, I don't think it's even an argument. And when they played against each other in the Super Bowl, who had a better game? Travis Kelsey had a better oh, game. Because Pat Mahomes isn't throwing him the football. Oh, oh, so it's Patrick Mahomes. Well, you got Brady for Gronk's success. Alex Smith was throwing him the ball for all those years. And uh, what are you going to say? Alex Smith is a superstar player, too? Come on. Give me a break. He's a better quarterback than people give him credit for. I, nobody said that he wasn't. But he's not uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, again, and, and you, you, you have this love fest with Jimmy Garoppolo. By the way, I talked to two people today when they, they heard the whole Colin Kaepernick comparing. Every, two of those people told me, and I'm going to get them on the show because they, they, they have a bone to pick with you. And, it's, and one of them is a San Francisco fan and said, you're out of your mind to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. He, th- he thought you were nuts. The he stats, thought you the were stats say that. Stats, I don't have to say anything. Stats tell you what? Stats tell you that Kaepernick the guy doesn't was better. sixty percent of his passes. The stats tell you Kaepernick was better. It, it's, it's, he was better. He he's a, a mobile quarterback. Sixty percent of his throws okay. weren't completed. Sixty uh, percent? What are you talking you about? You said on the show fifty nine percent. Right. Uh-huh. That's not sixty. And an average and an average quarterback in the NFL sixty one percent. And Garoppolo sixty seven. So tell me, numbnuts, if it's above numb average nuts. and once below numb average, nuts. how is the guy below numb. average better than the guy that's uh, above hold, average? Hold on one second. Hold on one second. When Colin Kaepernick's not throwing as many passes, and when he throws the passes, the uh, the the statistics are not right. Jimmy Garoppolo right. throwing with a smaller sample size, your numbers should be you, higher, not lower. Really? You have a running and mobile quarterback that can do everything from a quarterback that stands in the pocket that can only do one thing. Right? And you're going to take that quarterback. You're proving my point. Play, no, I'm not. You are. Because if he's mobile, he's uh, not throwing uh, the ball right, as much, right. right? I'm not going to sit here and argue with you because you're a moron. So I'm going to bring in the Colin Kaepernick numbers. Bring on, bring in the the Jimmy Garoppolo numbers, and I'm going to show you again how stupid you really are. Because you, who have been saying over and over again, you could go, oh my God, anything. Because it, you're just out of your damn fucking mind, okay? And I'm going to say this on the radio show because you're stupid. And it, it, it just doesn't even make sense. How many games did Jimmy Garoppolo play in his Jimmy career? Jimmy Garoppolo played 63 games, started 47. 47. 67.7% completion percentage, mm-hmm. 11,852 yards, 71 touchdowns to 38 interceptions. Uh, his quarterback rating, 98.9, averaging 188.1 yards per game, has taken 105 sacks, and yards per throw is... 8.4 yards per completion, 12.3. Oh, going to blow that out of the water. I'll give him that now. He's a big play guy. And running. And running. What, what are you right. doing run? What are you doing? big play. Yeah. What are you doing run? Uh, maybe 200 yards is a uh, Rushing. Yeah. Rushing yeah. on. 192 yards. Yeah. Okay, okay. Five so, touchdowns. Uh, okay, so let's look at Colin Kaepernick's number. He played 69 games, 49 games as a starter. 59.8% completion percentage. 12,271. That's awful. Which How is, are you going to just overlook that number? What do you mean it's awful? 59. He's a running quarterback, too. He's a mobile quarterback. Completion percentage has nothing oh to do God. with being mobile. Oh, my God. Oh my God! You are you're just out of your you're, you're out of your. His junction. job is to throw the twelve thousand two hundred and seventy one yards, which is more. He played in almost the same amount of games and threw better, more yards. How many touchdowns did he have? Seventy one, I think. Seventy one. Yep. Seventy two touchdowns. He had more touchdowns. How many interceptions? Thirty eight. Thirty eight to thirty. So I'm taking Colin Kaepernick. Oh, by the way, 
so he ran started two more by games, the way, has one more touchdown. By, by the, by the and way, like 10 points uncompleted. But it doesn't matter. He's better. And, and by the way, ran over 1,500 yards. Uh, 1500. And yeah, by the way, great. had that's nine great. touchdowns run in as a quarterback, that's which great. Jimmy Garoppolo has what? Five. One? Five. 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 Yeah. Uh, so there you go. So for a mobile quarterback, because he's a great mobile quarterback, he has four more rushing touchdowns. That's right. The guy that runs better. Like and they played almost the same amount of time. Same amount of time. And, and Colin Kaepernick has better numbers. And by the way, they both he play the Super Bowl. He does have better numbers. Is, yes, he does. The only if number. If they were standing on an open field, oh my Garoppolo would hit his target 10% more accurate Jimmy than Colin Kaepernick. J- Jimmy Garoppolo And is that's so, the number one job. Jimmy Garoppolo is so overrated, and you make him out to be better than he is. And I he's didn't gonna, say he's and a he's top gonna, 10 and he's gonna he's get a game run. manager that can take you to a Super Bowl. That's all I said. Take him to a Super Bowl. The running the running game took him to a Super Bowl, you was idiot. Was he there? Yeah, what do you mean he was, was there? Was he the starting quarterback on a Super Bowl team? Yeah, Colin okay. Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick Why is he not same? the reason that San Francisco turned it around I'm going to let year? you speak, and then you're going to shut up. Talk. Say whatever you want. Go ahead. So Yap here's your big the thing. fat mouth. A quarterback's job, people, is to complete the pass. He knows because he played football. He knows. That's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So then you should understand that a 59 completion percentage isn't even good. It's not even average. It's bad. It's bad. We can all say that, right? It's bad. Okay. So now that you've got this mobile quarterback, he's an athlete. Great. Fantastic. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have his overwhelming athleticism. Fantastic. Garoppolo will hit you inside the hash marks. He will complete the passes. He will go into Dallas and win a big game. He'll take them to the Super Bowl. And no, 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 because I already know he's not the biggest re- I know he's not the biggest reason. But a game manager go bring, go is bring a up, fantastic Go bring up his have. playoff numbers. I have those already. Go bring up. those numbers. His, actually, his best numbers. yardage total was actually in the Super Bowl, 219 yards. Beyond that, he's a great player. He's a great player. Against the Vikings, 131 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, the Packers, he really didn't have to do anything because it was a blowout. Uh, 77 yards. And then uh, this uh, this past game against the Cowboys, 172 yards, one interception. Mm. 16 to 25. One bad All right. So Colin Kaepernick played in two playoffs, 2012 and 2013. Uh, 800 yards, one of them. Uh, 61 completion percentage in, in 2012. Five, four touchdowns, only one interception. And then 2013, he had 600 yards, three touchdowns, two, two interceptions. And let's see, the numbers, the passing rating. Let's see, the, the completion rating was uh, 56%. And he ran, he ran two touchdowns. He ran two th- touchdowns in 2013 and one in 2012. One of the games he had 181 yards. Uh, uh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm taking Colin Kaepernick in the playoffs as well. So, uh, 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 Colin Kaepernick's a better playoff player, and he's a better all-around player than uh, your Jimmy Garoppolo, you think, is just so special and so great. Uh, just reading some of the comments. Snook says, Darren Waller's favorite cheese, Brie. Travis Kelsey and Gronk. Gronk's favorite cheese, Smoky Cheddar. Where is Jeff, by the way? I don't know. But Jeff's commenting, he just hasn't called. Uh, says, Travis Kelsey is also handsome as the day is long. Uh, Earl's favorite cheese, Havarti, whatever that is. I don't know what that Speedy's is. Actually, favorite... uh, smoked Gouda. All right. Speedy's favorite cheese, Kraft Singles. They're not bad. I wouldn't call it my favorite cheese. I never liked Gouda either. I, I, there's something, I, I bought a smoked Gouda for New Year's Eve two years ago. And I don't know, I fell in love with it. Now every time I buy it, it's so expensive. It's like $7 for like, a, you know, a 
you know, like a little bowl. Uh-huh. Of it in. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been and it's like, I'll eat that in like a day. Yeah. It, it's so easy to eat. So Stuck says the Raiders don't make the playoffs without Waller this year. Is George Kittle a cousin of Kerry Kittles? You could put him in a box. You could pair him with a fox. You could put him here or there. You could line him up everywhere. Very Dr. Seussian of you, Snug. Mm. Bucket best tight end in the NFL, Zeke. Hmm, sounds like we need to have a nuts check. Speedy, please start kicking. Not gonna happen. Wait, wait, wait. I'm the one that says stupid things, not Tyler. Can we just all agree that Dak Prescott is better than both Jimmy and Colin? And yes, Nathan, we we're just about to get to you in the waiting room now. Yes. Uh, why don't we put Nathan through? What's going on, Nathan? How are you, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on the show again, and sorry about the last two weeks. And well, you the, falling asleep or something, man? What the I, hell? You falling asleep? Very, I'm under the weather right now, but I'm still joining, so I'm here. So, uh, so uh, you're right. You have COVID or something over there? No, I mean just a cough, cold, and uh, so after this show, I'm gonna just pass the fuck out. There you go. <laughs> And you know what you can you know maybe maybe you caught uh, Duff syndrome and if you do we oh have the cu- we have the cure for you right over there right across the table right there sitting Where's over Duff there syndrome? Nathan I hope and no uh, no Dallas Cowboy fan hit you with a piece of trash uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm in I'm in I'm in Florida I'm in Florida right now so I'm safe. So you're, you're in Florida right now and you have a cough. I mean, it's not even cold. I mean, we had snow today. It was like 30 degrees. Over there in Florida, it's like, what, 75, 80 yeah. degrees? In the morning, it's like really cold, like 45 degrees. Oh, my God. That's freezing. <laughs> that's like the summer for us right now. You know this. You're yeah. over there. Where's, what's your whole family's over there in Florida? Well, <clears throat> I'm, only, I'm the only one here. I'm here to, uh, to visit my friends, my grandparents, my brother. Uh, next week I'm going to go visit some friends. Of my Your brother, brother moved down there. Yeah. He, he lives in West Palm. What's he do over there? Well, I, I didn't... He works for FedEx. Oh, I didn't know that he moved over there to, uh, Florida. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, so I'm going to, me and my friends are going to party a little, a little bit. Hopefully I'm better by then, but if not, then I'm stuck here <coughs> in the house. You don't so. sound very good, but I'm happy you joined us. Uh, so, uh, what hey, Tyler, you... what's up, man? What's going on, man? How about those Rangers? Let's go. How about them Rangers? You better. You can't say that here. <laughs> I don't care if you, you talk about the Rangers. We're not allowed to mention the R word on the show. <laughs> That's not true. I can't slap tables. I can't do anything. I have to sit here and pay attention and not do anything at the same time. Slap right. tables it's when you're watching. You're, you're slapping tables when we're we're talking on a radio show. And and you're watching the Ranger game, and watching which, sports. Which, by the way, watching by the, sports watch, on a sports wa- network. Wa- show. Watch by, by the by the way, Nithin. Uh, th- this is the same guy that er- if the Rangers are losing, he's going crazy. And then when the Rangers score, he goes nuts. And you sit there, and he, 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 expect- lose, he expects the Rangers to win every single game. So it, it, I it's- expect them to win every game they should win. Well, at least he didn't say trade Panarin after the first game of the season. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Fire the coach. By the way, fantastic, fantastic interview with my guy Lee Bodden. We, yes. we, we had him on the show also. Nice guy. <laughs> yeah. He's a Both really, really nice guy. So, uh, Not Je- Biden, Speedy, Biden. why don't you text Jeff Biden. so we can get him on so we can do our picks? Uh, I'd like to hear what he has to say. So make sure that he comes on because I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, we're, we actually picked the same picks last week. The only thing we were off last week, you, Speedy, you, you got all of yours right, didn't you? No, I didn't. I, I was 5-1. and one. I just missed the Patriots. That was it. The Patriots game. And you, uh, J- um, Tyler, what was he at? Let's see. Six six. Tyler had the 49ers right. Um, yeah, you, yeah. yeah, you had right. the, both the Bucks and the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Let's see. You I got, got the Bills. Right. I got all of them right. I'm telling you, I got all of them you right. You had the Rams? No, yeah, I you had the Rams. the Rams. Yep, you had the, the Rams. Rams. I'm missing one game. Uh, the Chiefs, the Bills, 
Uh, the Bengals. Yep, you got all of them right. Yep. So Tyler had them all right. Me and Jeff, I think we got. You had the Cardinals. So I know we so have one wrong. I think one there, but you also had the Bills. The yeah, Bills. So I think you had. Yeah, you had. Yeah, you both. Of you had the Cardinals. That's right. Yeah. I got. I got. I got one wrong. Obviously, my Cowboys. So. Yeah, I think we both had one. Wrong. Oh yeah, you got. Yeah, you and Don't Jeff worry. both had Dallas. I'm too. gonna make their heads explode later. Mm. I'm gonna make their heads like. Mm. Uh, Snug went five and one. He said, uh, uh, "My boss went six and zero." Oh. So Tyler and your boss went six and zero. Um, just uh, before we get, uh, what did you think about the Cowboys game? Uh, obviously, you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, the Dak Prescott situation. A lot of people are attacking him. Dak Prescott at the end of the game, um, his press conference took a shot at the referees. Then the next day, 24 hours, he apologized to the referees because you know Jerry Jones and and the organization. Mike McCarthy probably told him, "You better say something because uh, you're, you're going to look like a fool." Uh, what were your thoughts when that happened? Were you, you know, I, I we all know what the Cowboy fans were doing. They were crying, and I was about to throw something at the TV, but I did not. So mm-hmm. I, I held, I held my composure. I mean, who the hell? Like, for, for, first of all, you have, <clears throat> you have. Uh, I think the mo- I think the mistake was um, when they did the the fake punt. Uh, when they threw the fake punt, they and then who who? Why would they bring the keep the punt unit on the field and and. And be stupid enough if the 49ers are going to call a freaking timeout. And the 49ers are smart enough to call a timeout. Or, yeah, so I think that's a mistake there. And 14 seconds, we had we had two shots at the end zone. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott has a capable arm of throwing. Uh, he didn't have to run on that play. I, but I get what they're doing there. But still, you got to know the clock mm-hmm. management. My Mike McCarthy is known for not using the clock management. It's the same, even in Green Bay. Um, he 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 struggled with the clock management. Honestly, but, there's only like two coaches in the NFL that are actually good with clock, you know, clock replacement and stuff like that. There's only really like two of them: Bill Belichick and who's the other one they always talk about that's really really good with the clock. Uh, Sean not, Payton, maybe? Is it Sean, no, Sean Payton's bad. Um, no, I, I I think Saints fans are a little harsh on him with a lot you know, of things. I'm going to say Kyle Shanahan. I actually think he's pretty good. Oh, no, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's terrible with the clock. Not, oh, no. no, not Kyle Shanahan. He's terrible. With the clock. Andy Reid was criticized his whole career. So it's not him. Kyle Shanahan's terrible with the clock. Harbaugh's this... good with the clock. Who? Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. John, yeah, yeah, I think John I Harbaugh. So. But he actually had some blunders this year. More with the two point conversion stuff more than that. The, yeah. More yeah. of the clock management this year. Yeah, going back to my Cowboys, I, I just I, Brian the, Flores the, was ob- pretty good with the obviously, clock. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, they have to know they they have to know that ref have to start uh, touch the ball before they snap and fucking. Uh, all these players were in in front of the ref, which he didn't have any room. So by the time he snapped the ball, the time was done. So in my opinion, I think Kellen Moore should have drawn up two plays from the – I think we were uh, a little bit after the 50-yard line, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he should have drawn two plays uh, where Dak can throw the ball from there. But He would have had three. If, they, if he ran if, – if Dak actually didn't run and he actually just threw on the 40-yard line – most of these wide receivers can run a four 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 three. Yeah. It was fourteen seconds. So if you take four seconds away of fourteen seconds, that's ten seconds. If you take another four, that's what six seconds. You take another four, that's two seconds. Yeah. So the Cowboys could have had at least three plays before the right. game was over. Yeah. Speaking of, and my question is, as a Cowboy fan, why not use Cedric Wilson on those couple of plays? He, I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel. But he 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 can do the things that Debo, Debo Samuel does, but in a, in a different why do, way. Why do NFL teams? Why do they have a combine? Okay, if if they're testing their speed, 
Okay? They, everybody wants to know how fast they can run a 40. You're on the 40-yard line. You're exactly on – actually, were they on the 40 or the 24? I think it was – They were on the 24 when they were running, but they were running from the 47-yard so they, line or something no, like that. No, they were on the 40. They were on the 40. He ran, the 40. He, he ran on the 40, and they got to the 24. It was 14 yards he ran. So he was on the 40-yard line. So when he was on the 40, you know – what do they run at the combine, uh, Tyler? On the 40, 40 right? 40-yard dash. dash. So yeah. you know these guys, these wide receivers. The Amari Coopers. Amari Cooper ran a 40 and 4-4. You have, uh, you have yeah, CeeDee Lamb. Lamb. Who's faster than Amari Cooper. Yeah. It ran it at like a 4-3-9. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cedric, Cedric Wilson, Cedric. who's making himself into a reliable wide receiver. He ran it in a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. yeah. Bad Why not? quarterback, though. Huh? Bad quarterback, though. <laughs> I don't think ended Dak. up in the first row. I, I don't think Dak is a big quarterback. No, I said Cedric Wilson. Oh yeah, <laughs> he threw that ball damn there in the first row. Yeah. By the way, our Cowboys season ticket holder has arrived. What's going oh. on, Jeff? Love the Cowboys. What's up, Jeff? Bad mouths them. I don't like. <laughs> well, well, the beef was bad mouthing him yesterday. So I guess you hate that. <laughs> you hate him too. <laughs> I mean, not every Cowboys fan likes other Cowboys fans. <laughs> As well, we he's not a real fan. He doesn't have season tickets. <laughs> the Beef. The Beef. He's a big Cowboy fan. And, uh, and, and by the way, Jeff, has he's now a season ticket holder. He he bought eight season tickets. And, uh, no, two. Eight, two. two. I, bought two, I two. bought two season tickets, but for eight games. Eight yeah, games. That's what I meant. Yeah. How, about, how, about them, how about them Cowboys? We're going to come back stronger next year. <laughs> 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 That's right. Next, uh, I, I, I think that he's right. We're going all the way to the divisional round next year. <laughs> will they have to? Will they have? Uh, will they have four, four teams get a bye to do it? Well, <laughs> they're not going to have Amari Cooper next year. They're not going to have Lawrence. They might not have Vander Esch. We don't need him. We got the best quarterback in football. <laughs> Yeah, that's and Zeke, the best running back, as good as Barry Sanders. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, which There's they bother. By the way, did Zeke actually touch the ball at any part of that game? I yeah. mean, he, he actually yeah. had he actually had a huge carry in the end of the, by the yeah. fourth quarter. That's uh, that, that was his wrong. only one. Though. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> the rest of the time, I think he had thirteen carries for sixteen million dollars. Yards the Cowboys wasted. I mean, beyond that, to be honest with you, though, we all shit on Zeke, but if he really played love partially Zeke. torn PCL, that that. Kudos to him. And he had the bits pick up that saved Dak Prescott's career. Because that, without him taking out, I think it was Bosa and Warner. It was Bosa and some blitz. Yeah, it was a Bosa I, and a blitzing linebacker. I don't think it was yeah. Warner. The other, uh, uh, Al Asher or somebody yeah, like maybe. that. Yeah, But that that saved the game. Because if they sacked Dak there, the game would have been over. All right, so uh, we got Jeff on. Uh, we're going we're gonna to make our picks in a divisional series. We're going to go through each game and... Uh, Give our you know our thoughts to the game before we make our picks. Are you ready, Speedy? You got yep. the music? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to go Speedy, um, Tyler, we'll go then Jeff, and then we'll go Nathan, and then we'll go me. You ready? Speedy, you first. All right, let's pick up the top. Let's get the games first. So First one is Bengals at the Titans. They're All right, the, so go Bengals-Titans. The, they're the 4.30 Saturday mm-hmm. start. So this is definitely, with the Bengals now coming off a big win, this is a big, a big test for how Zach Taylor is going to handle them emotionally because we sometimes see big letdowns after these big emotional playoff drought wins. Then you'll see the letdown after that. So this will be a big test for him. We know Mike Vrabel is very good at uh, kind of countering that for the Titans. He's also 8-0 and off of a, off of a bye week or – like a long period of time off, like if they played a Thursday game and then they have eight days off or something like that. He's 8-0 in his coaching career with that. So that'll be definitely be a lot for Zach Taylor. But 
Concept-wise, the Bengals do have a lot of advantages in this game, one of which being the wide receivers. The Titans' secondary is improved from last year, but still very young, not great. So we'll see if the Bengals are able to attack that. The thing is, the Titans' pass rush is very good, though, too. They're going to have to keep that in mind. And run defense, I believe, was number six in football. So Joe Mixon, who wasn't really a big factor against the Raiders, they have to try to get him going in more creative ways. For the Bengals' defense, they can stop the run, and they've done well against other good running backs in the past. But can their secondary stop the outside receiver? Julio Jones has been a great postseason receiver in his career. A.J. Brown hasn't really been that yet, but he's still a very talented receiver. So if the Bengals' secondary can win some matchups there, that'll be one that I think they could definitely take advantage of. But Tennessee at home. All right, who do you got? I still got to take the Titans here. I just think they're a little more experienced, a little more prepared. I'm going to say the Titans 23-20. So you hit on a couple things. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals have a top five run defense in the NFL, and we haven't seen Derrick Henry in quite some time. I don't care if it's 100%, 85%, 70%. Derrick Henry's going to help the Titans out. The only thing you got to trust in this game is coaching and in the late stages of this game because it's going to be close. Does Ryan Tannehill or Joe Burrow have more collectiveness about them? I've seen Joe Burrow play huge in big games. I have yet to see Ryan Tannehill do a thing in big games. So for that reason, that reason alone, because I do think it's going to be close, I think Henry and Joe Mixon are going to both have pretty good days, and you're going to see occasional big plays by both defenses. I absolutely love Matt Mike Vrabel. He's a great coach, great coach. Your quarterback's got to go. I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals on an upset, 28-24, Tennessee. Jeff, who do you got? Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the upset here, too. I like the Bengals in this game just because I'm not I'm not a big Ryan Tannehill believer. And we still don't know that Derrick Henry is going. He's still listed on the IR currently. I yes. know that he was at practice and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But he's not been declared uh, eligible to play yet. Yes. So if, if Tennessee is going to be one-dimensional and not have Derrick Henry, I don't know how the Bengals – I don't know how they would win. So uh, I'm going to take the Bengals. Hmm. Niffin. Yeah, I got I got the upset here too. I love the Bengals team. They're riding high. I feel like this is like the new uh, hype team right here uh, with Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase. I love their uh, I love their offense, their defense. But the, <clears throat> if they can contain, obviously Derek Henry coming off the injury, coming back. Um, I think if they can contain Derek Henry and the Titans' weapons, um, I, I think they have a shot. So I'm going with the upset: Bengals uh, 24, Titans 21. Uh, I think that this game is going to be a battle of, of, of really the running games. And if De- Derrick Henry does play in everything that I've read, uh, Ryan Tannehill talked about it, Rabel talked about it, he's going to go even if he's at 60%. So that means Derrick Henry is probably going to play. I don't know how good he's going to be or how much they're going to use him, but having a guy that big, that strong, that can block and do all the things that he can do on the field that can cause a lot of mis- uh, mishaps for a lot of the, di- the different players that are on the field. The thing is, when you look at Ryan Tannehill, I don't trust him like I trust Gerald Burrow. And that's why a lot of people are going to go back and forth and try to compare and contrast the quarterback play. But I do believe the Tennessee Titans all-around defense is better than the Bengals' defense. I also believe that with the wide receivers, everybody keeps talking about Jamar Chase and Higgins and Boyd. Well, Julio Jones is on the other side, and so is uh, our friend A.J. Brown. And both of them are healthy in this game. I'm going to take the two veterans. I'm going to take the guys that have done it before. So give me the Tennessee Titans, 24-18. San Francisco, Green Bay. 
So the last time these two teams played, we saw the Packers have a lot of time trouble stopping the run and stopping tight ends. They've been a lot better at that this year. So that's a, that's a good thing in terms of them, their defense trying to be able to get the going. Devondre Campbell was an all-pro player. Their run defense has been a lot better overall. And their secondary depth is pretty good. Now, like I mentioned last week, Debo Samuel, they, they decoy him very well. So we'll see how Kyle Shanahan maneuvers him around to keep him away from Jair Alexander. I still think he has the edge in that matchup because Jair Alexander is off an injury. But the Niners losing Fred Warner in that game, Nick Bosa as well. They're not going to be 100% even if they do play. So that's a little bit of a concern where they don't really have that extra speed rusher. So as much as I want to take the 49ers in this game, I do think the injuries will end up being costly. I think the Niners keep it close. I think their defense does it for a while, and Aaron Rodgers comes back late. I'll take the Packers very uh, very close game, 27-20. to 20. So both NFC games this weekend are actually rematches of Week 3. Just sort of yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so real quick. Nick Bosa did practice today. He's but he's in the Derrick Henry boat. He's not declared yet. And Fred Warner is playing. The, the Kyle Shanahan's all but confirmed it. So that basically means he's going to be allowed Nick Bosa, right? And they lost. It was 30-28 week three, correct? Yes. Debo Samuel was not the Debo Samuel he is now. Brandon Ayuk was not Brandon Ayuk he is now. And, and, and I know that everyone's going to hate me for this, but guess who's 0-3 at against San Francisco in the playoffs. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has never beat the Niners uh, By the, the way, Devontae Adams didn't play in that game. That's fantastic. No, he did. No, I don't think he did. He did. Yeah, he, I, did. he, he did. He, he did. had like 113 yards. Did he play in you that game? You know who might not yeah, play Yeah, he only missed game, the middle though. of the season. He only missed two games in the middle of the season. So not only that, you know who else might not play for the Packers? Uh, Scantling. Well, Valdez Scantling? Yeah, he's, he might not play, and he's the second-best receiver as far as I'm concerned. So that would mean that Aaron Rodgers has even less options around him. And we all know San Francisco is going to be able to stop the run. I'm taking the upset again here. I'm taking the Niners 27-20. Reverse of my score, huh? Go ahead, Jeff. Please yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I think this is going to be a Green Bay game all day, like typical Green Bay game. They're just going to you know, hold the ball and do a possession game and put up points when they need it because I don't, I'm not going to trust San Francisco's defense when they're all banged up. When Bosa went out, when Warner was, you know, went out and stuff uh, against Dallas, that's when Dallas started moving the ball, no problem. I think Green Bay will be the same way. I don't care if they're playing. They're still really hurt. So I, while they still might play, I don't trust them. Give me Green Bay here. Hmm. Niffin. I got Green Bay. Obviously being home, Lando, Lando Field is a tough place to play. Uh, 49ers, obviously, uh, <clears throat> with the news of Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, but I think the Packers will win. I got them winning 34-27. You know, it's interesting, and I, I, you go back and forth, and I, I love what I saw last week with the, even with the injuries that they had, San Francisco played very good defensively. I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. It's going to be very, very cold in Green Bay. Uh, they're talking about could be below zero. It's hmm. going to be really, really bad over there. And it might even snow this weekend, which could cause a lot more uh, mishap. Now, now San Francisco, they have the better running game, but they're not 100% healthy with their running game. So, and, and with I'm not an Aaron Jones fan. Everybody knows that. But I think with Aaron Rodgers, who can run the ball and do the things that he could do with his legs, I, it definitely benefits them. Aaron Rodgers <clears> the more accurate quarterback. I trust Aaron Rodgers in a bigger game. Devontae Adams is the best route runner in this game by far. And, and, again, you look at the big picture as a whole. And, by the way, Devontae Adams had 132 yards that game and a touchdown. Uh, so you were right, Tyler. But um, I, the thing is, is they had problems stopping Aaron Jones uh, in week three. They couldn't stop him. And I think they're going to have a problem in this game. 
And I think with Nick Bosa, even if Nick Bosa does play in this game, Nick Bosa isn't 100%. So, and I have the players. Warner's not going to be 100% in this game. So, yeah, he's going to play, and he's going to be a face on the field. I, I, I think this is a blowout. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to blow them out. I, I, I'm going to say 38-14, wow. the Green Bay Packers. They Ooh. move on to the NFC title Ooh. game. So, there you go. All right, uh, Speedy, what's the... Bills and Chiefs is the next one. Uh, A lot of these times, these quarterback matchups are hyped up to be... Sometimes they end up being duds. This one, I think, will own up to it. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Actually, it's the L.A. Tampa first. Oh, L.A. Tampa's first? All right, here's my upset. I'm going to take the Rams here. I think this kind of offense, the way it's structured... I don't think it's an upset. Uh, It might not be, but you're right. It's not a drastic upset, but this is the one that I think will be among the seeding ones. This type of offense that Sean McVay has, a lot of good route running, a lot of good bunch formations, has always been a good counter to Todd Bowles' defense. Even though they lost the first game that, uh, that when Bowles was there, Bucks won the game. It was still a high-scoring game. And the Bucks' secondary depth definitely has not been the same as, it, as it's been last year. And Odell played very well against the Cardinals, too. So they found ways to use him. Van Jefferson they still got there. And even Tyler Higbee had a nice game. So if the Bucks blitz a lot, that's going to be a hard matchup for them. Uh, the Bucks offense, no Tristan Wirfs on that offense. Or Tristan Wirfs might be playing, but he's, he's going to be limited, kind of what we were saying with Bosa. So that's going to lose a lot to it. And we still don't know about somebody like Fournette coming back, too, which that would be an X factor if he does. And Mike Evans, Jalen Ramsey, I think that'll kind of cancel out. And I don't think the other Bucks receivers have really done as much. Tom Brady will keep it close, but I'm going to take the Rams here, 30-24. to 24. Tyler? I've been going back and forth on this game all day because I, I it makes a ton of sense for the Rams to go in there and win. That front seven is going to give Tom Brady a ton of crap, a ton of crap. And Brady, when he gets flustered, doesn't do very well. And that, I mean, the history speaks to that. Any quarterback that's under pressure gets uh, his play diminished. So I, I really haven't made up my mind on this game. I just I can't bet against Brady until somebody beats Brady. So for that, I and I know it's not just Brady. Stafford's amazing. Odell's really picked up the pieces. Odell looks like he's still a giant now. It's going to be a very close game. If Jensen plays, I think him and Marpet will be able to somewhat stop Aaron Donald. And by stop, I mean slow him down two seconds. Um, I'm going to take Tampa Bay by the skin of their teeth, 24-23. Jeff, who do you got? I have one very firm rule when it comes to football. Never bet against Tom Brady. That's it. That's my only reason for picking the Buccaneers. Uh, the the Rams are good. I like the Rams. They got good defense. All of that. Odell Beckham looks like he's finally playing well with the Rams and developing chemistry. That's all great. Terrific. I don't know how. I don't know why. Brady will find a way to win. All right. Niffin, who you got? Yeah, so I know everybody's talking about that. This is a Matthew Stafford is under pressure this year. Obviously traded for Von Miller, but like, like you guys said, I can't go against Tom Brady. Uh, I feel like uh, and, and the Buccaneers are playing playing better football at the right time. So I'm going with the Buccaneers 31-24. I, I love the L.A. Rams in this game. I absolutely love them in this game. I, going into this game, now Tampa's going to put up a fight. You know Tom Brady's going to keep his team in the game. But I think with Von Miller, they brought Von Miller in. Tom Brady has had problems with Von Miller over the years. Aaron Donald. I mean, this this is going to be a really tough pass rush for them to hold on. Now, that's why they brought Gronkowski back. He can block. He can do the things that you need him to do on the field. And also, 
Leonard Fournette will be back this week, but we don't even know if Leonard Fournette is going to be at 100%. The L.A. Rams, they have Akers. Uh, even Sonny Michelle play, ran the ball very well last week. And let's talk about the, the, the corner position. Ramsey, arguably one of the best corners in the league. And, and Brady right now, he's got one good wide receiver available, and he has two really two, maybe three good tight ends. I just think even with the secondary – uh, the way it is for the Rams, I think they're better on the secondary as well. And the wide receiving core, let's be, let's look at the wide receiving core. You have Cooper Cup, who was the best uh, wide receiver in football this year. It's going to be very hard for the secondary of Tampa to stop this. This secondary for Tampa is nowhere close to what they were last year. Not even close. And that, that's why I think this is going to be the Rams' day. They're not going to be able to stop Cooper Cup. They're not going to be able to stop Odell Beckham. And when that happens, they're going to be able to run the ball. Give me the Rams in this game, 30-21. All righty. I also made my pick under protest because if it weren't for the refs, this would be the game the Dallas Cowboys would be playing in, and they <laughs> yeah. would have won. Yep. Buffalo, Kansas City, the final game of the divisional week. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think this will be very close. I mean, it's going to be a shootout. I think both these quarterbacks proved a lot in their first matchups. Obviously, Mahomes had an easy matchup, so I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. But in terms of... The secondary of the Bills, it's banged up without Tredavious White. The two safeties looked good, so I think they could do a better job of taking out Kelsey. The question is the receiving depth. Micah Hyde was awesome. Micah Hyde was very good, but the receiving depth for the Chiefs has started to play better in recent weeks. It was The first half of the season was, where's that number two receiver coming from? Demarcus Robinson's played better. Brian Pringle's played better. I just trust him a little more in that front. I also trust him a little more in the trenches than the Bills. I think their offensive line's a little better. Spagnola with his blitz packages, I think they make it very creatively. So I think it'll be very close. And I think both of these receiving running backs, either Singletary and McKinnon or Singletary and Darrell Williams if he plays, will actually play a big factor in this game. I just trust the Chiefs and Spagnolo a little more defensively down the stretch a little more. So I'm going to take the Chiefs in a shootout. 38-34. So we get another rematch, right? Because they already played this year too. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe the, the Bills whopped them. The Bills the blew Bills, them out, the, yeah. yeah. The Bills blew them out. This game's not going to be that. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the advantages that the Chiefs have. Obviously Tyreek on the outside is going to have a field day. Because he doesn't have Travis White to go against him this time, but I'm looking at Travis Kelsey, right? Because he's he's probably the preferred one. I like Matt Milano or Tremaine Edmonds and Micah Hyde a joint pointer on him. I, I I like that matchup for the Bills again. And is Jarek McKinnon really going to be as good as he was against the Steelers? I don't think so. So I I actually am going to pick the Bills here. I think the Bills are going to be able to continue their success. They've been running the football very well lately. Take it as you will, but the Patriots are a better defense than the Steelers are. And Josh Allen's got some confidence going right now. So I'm going to take the hot quarterback. John McDermott's got a point to prove, and I think he's proven it. I'll take the Bills 38-35 over the Chiefs. Jeff? Yeah, outside of Bill Belichick, if there was one coach in the league that you'd want coaching your team, it would be Andy Reid. I think he's going to be an X-factor. The Chiefs defense has been playing better and better as the year has gone on. You know, everyone was getting on them early in the year. Oh, they're not very good. They're not, you know, they're, they're nothing special. They've quietly started to play really good football, as, as well as that offensive line, that really young offensive line they got. Uh, I like Pringle. I like Hardman. I like all of their support pieces. I think Lair's coming back. I'm going to take the better quarterback and the better coach every time. So give me the Chiefs. Niffin, who do you got? Yeah, this is a tough one right here. Both Looking for awesome, explosive. Both defenses are good. And obviously, offensive for Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. What a great matchup. 
Um, are we allowed to keep him as a pick or we have to pick it? Guy, make a pick. Alright, um, man, this is tough. I, I, I got the, you know what? <clears throat> I got, I got the cheese winning 41 to 37. Well, you know, watching all season long, I remember last year in the playoffs, the AFC title game, Josh Allen was embarrassed by the Kansas City Chiefs. And and you remember how upset he got. He was laying flat on his ass, and he threw the football at the uh, the defensive lineman. Yeah. And it started a whole big thing at the end of the game. Then Josh Allen didn't even want to talk at the press conference. Uh, the press really took shots at him, how embarrassing he was, and how, uh, what was the word? Um Unsportsmanlike. Sportsmanlike yeah. he was in the game. I, I think that this game is so very important for Josh Allen's growth. It really is. Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback. He's growing. He's, he's going to have many, many years to have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And this year just hasn't been the Kansas City Chiefs year. It started off really, really slow. They got stronger at the end of the year. They went on a winning streak. I think they won seven or eight games in a row before they lost. But they played a Pittsburgh Steelers team last week. that They gave up 21 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you give up 21, 30 points, uh, 21 to 28 points against the Buffalo Bills, you're not winning this game because the Buffalo Bills are a very good defensive team. They can stop the run. They can stop you in the open field. Yeah, Jadavian White is not in this game, but I don't care. I haven't seen anything with Tyreek Hill this year that actually scares me. The only guy that really scares me on the field on this Kansas City Chiefs team is Travis Kelsey. And they don't really, I don't think anybody on Buffalo that can defend uh, a Travis Kelsey, but if, if you double-team Travis Kelsey, you're going to have to get the ball out of his hands. You're going to have to make them beat your running game. And guess what? Be- guess who one of the best run-stopping teams in the league is? It's the Buffalo Bills. They're the best defense in football. Yeah, so I, I think that this it's all about defense. And I think Josh Allen is going to be able to keep up with uh, Mahomes. I think Mahomes is the better quarterback in this game, but not by much. Give me Josh Allen and the Bills going to the AFC title game against the Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm going to say 30 to 24, and I, I think this is going to be a very fun game to watch. Probably the best game of the weekend. Uh, I think it's going to be back and forth. Great football. So uh, the best for last. Uh, Snug in the comments section made his picks. He says Titans win and cover the spread. Bengals defense was banged up in the game last week. Arrested Henry is going to go run wild on them and set up Julio Jones in the deep I ball. Yeah. Uh, he thinks Green Bay wins it late in a tight game. Okay. If you combine the Bills and the Chiefs, would you have the beefs? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be funny. Uh, Rams, Rams defense stepped up last week. If the Rams can muster a reasonable run game, then put pressure on Brady, they can win. Mm-hmm. Tough uh the tough call, last possession wins. The Chiefs have been to the top of the mountain. I will rely on that experience to get it done. And the easiest way to pick the game is to figure out which team has more players from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, the Raiders would have probably went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> With the that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good one by Snug, though, huh? The Beefs? <laughs> the Beefs. <laughs> like, like if Tyler was on a football team, would they be called the Queefs? Look. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, the beefs translated from uh, last year's little uh, brawl that Errol was mentioning. Josh Allen versus I think it was I think it was Derek Noddy was the one he threw the ball at, and uh, then Chris Jones fired back at him. And then the whole offensive line on the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah, yeah Daryl Williams and um, was it? Yeah, yeah. It was the whole offensive line. Yeah, it, I don't have to name the whole offensive. Nah, line. but Williams is the one who threw the punch, the first punch that really started. And then Josh Allen was the one who shut the, the music off. Speedy. It doesn't. You don't have to keep playing the music, but. I, 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 Bills, Bills beat the Chiefs this week. I'm buying that chicken wing hat. 
Bills beat the what happened? What did you say? If the if the Bills beat the Chiefs this week, I'll buy that chicken wing hat. I can't wait to see that. I want to see you wearing it. You got to send a picture. Okay, if the Bills win, you have to send a picture to us with you with that chicken. What what is it? A chicken wing? Yeah, hat? it's a chicken wing. It's yeah. You it's got shaped it. like a chicken wing. You right? have you know, to. Like, you know, like. You know, like the cheese head? How, yes, uh, yes. yes. Right, they have one in Buffalo. Really? It's a big chicken wing. Yeah, it's like, it, it, it kind of looks, it. It, it looks like like a like a drum wing, it's a, kind of. It's a drumstick. Yeah, yeah it's a drumstick. Right. And it, 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 it almost like, if you put two in the getter, it almost looks like a turkey type thing, but it's obviously orange like with hot sauce, like <laughs> like a wing. There, there, I know Buffalo is, is, there's a place up in Buffalo, it's like the best wings place to go. Anchor something. Bar. Yeah, the Anchor Bar. Yeah. yeah. I loved that one when I went up there. I've never, so there. never been there. I've never been there. Oh, yeah. I definitely got to check it out. It's as authentic as it gets and historic. It's so funny because I was up there recently because I I drove over there to Canada. It was about about a year ago, year and a half ago. And I never never even knew it. If I knew about it, I would have probably stopped to actually check out the wings. But Mm -hmm. uh, Anchor Anchor Bar I did hear that their their wings over there is is one of the best in the world. Yeah, Anchor Bar is the oldest and the most authentic wing place. And they have that original flavor. The original flavor. Yeah, the original flavor of the the buffalo wing, the buffalo sauce, all that. Really? Yeah. I, I don't like buffalo wing. I don't like buffalo sauce, anyways. I'm I'm more of a honey mustard. I mean, a honey barbecue guy. So I, I like the honey barbecue wings. I'm not. What's the name of the place? Anchor Bar. Anchor Bar. Anchor Bar Wings. I actually, Jeff, I actually have uh, a, a bottle that I haven't opened yet of the actual sauce. Apparently, my apparently there are places you could actually get it in certain stores too. Snores in certain stores. 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I was about to say you're snoring in the stores. So, uh, but I would hope I would not be snoring if I'm eating Anchor Bar wings. You know, it, it's so interesting. <laughs> oh my god! What? What happened? What a goal! What happened? What a sick avalanche! By the role. way, by the way, I, 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 you mentioned the avalanche. You know who really, really looks good, and I, I got to watch him a little bit more this year. Maycar, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that kid, one of the best young defensemen in the league. That kid is fantastic. One or two, depending on where you put Fox. That kid is fantastic, unbelievable puck handler. He's unbelievable. He's also the fastest skater for a defenseman. He's fantastic. Didn't he? Did he play college hockey, Michigan? Right. Michigan? Who did I don't think so. I thought it was. No, a, I thought it was no. a Massachusetts school. No, he played for Massachusetts. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. I know he played. I know he played here in the United States. So um, all the best things come from Boston. Okay, but I, I, I watched bits and pieces of him the other day, and I, I had, I had watched him, you know, since he's come into the league. But I watched him the other day, and he was by far the best player on the ice. It was unbelievable, unbelievable puck handling, and some of his shots. Uh, he's got an unbelievable backhand. Uh, wrist yeah, shots. He's easily the best skater in the league. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, fantastic player. I, I I didn't realize how good he was until I had the opportunity to watch it. So, you know, it just I, – because I, I – like I said, I played hockey and I was very competitive. But when when you get a chance to really see up and close and personal to see how this kid can skate and how he can move the puck, mm-hmm. he's – you know who he reminds me of? Brian Leach. Not mm. it's not skating wise because Brian Le- Leach wasn't as fast as this kid, but a finesse right. skater, very really good skater, and had had an unbelievable puck handling skill. And I, I, I don't think Brian could shoot like this kid. Best all around talented defenseman I've ever seen in the league in the last five years. Snug says if the Chiefs win, then Earl wears Speedy's boxers on his head. Uh, no, Chiefs I need a, I need a break from betting, Snug. And then uh, Boston, the new title town. Uh, I'll tell you <laughs> what. I'll tell you what. If if the Chiefs win, I wear Speedy's underwear on my head. 
But guess what? Guess what? If I win and the Buffalo Bills win, your obsession with like people's underwear. He said it is becoming like he said it. No, no, no. Snug recommended it in the the comments. I didn't. I don't actually want to bet it. I don't. And by the way, (laughs) I bet. By the way, by the way, the bet with him wearing the underwear on his head wasn't mine, you idiot. That was Carl's. That was Carl's. That was Carl's. So you have no idea what you're talking about, Jeff. That had nothing to do with me. So you bring me up like I'm the one who said it. He's the one who brought it up. And I'm saying, and and Snug's bringing it up to me. So here's the thing: I'll wear Speedy's, I'll wear Speedy's boxer shorts on my head. But if I win, you gotta. Hmm. I, I'm trying to figure Speedy out. Speedy or Snug? Already, Snug. I already went Snug. in. I'm getting chicken wing hat. No, no, no. I'm talking about Snug. What, well, that's what, a fun one. I would wear a chicken wing hat. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what Snug needs to do. I want one anyway. If the, if the Bills yeah. win, if the Bills win, what should Snug do? Cupcake hat. No, I don't want a cupcake hat. I want something embarrassing. I want him to do Snug, something. Snug should have a whole box of, like, 20 cupcakes and he could dunk his head in it or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, I want to do something even worse. Cause if he yeah. comes here, I would say throw cupcakes at him. But <laughs> he, probably does that at, he probably does that anyway. So <laughs> I would say stick your cat's head up your ass. <laughs> I'm going to do <laughs> Suffocate his cat. <laughs> you should have saw Tyler's face when I said that. <laughs> Oh God! Did you see his face earlier when you started the show talking about adult films? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did, Tyler likes pornos. He does. I love, I love how he admits that he watched that, but like we all know, he finishes as soon as the pizza gets delivered in those movies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, get him back, man. He's a wonderful man. What's there to say about Jeff? He's a wonderful man. There's nothing wrong with Jeff. That's how that's how fat and greasy he is. He comes with the thought of pepperoni. How much porn? Actually, Tyler uh, Tyler was very you know very good uh, over the weekend. He bought a pie of pizza. It was very very good. How much porn do you? Watch? you watch? Tyler probably watches a lot of porn, right? Tyler, we're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Snug says this happens every day. And maybe we can mix Oreos into that. I don't know. That's more the Mikey C specialty. Well, it's not Dude, a bet until I figure it. I'm not making a bet until I figure something out. Snug, we'll text each other before before we make a bet. I'm not going to make a bet unless I fi- figure out something that you have to do if I, if I win. Okay, so... I'm not sticking no Oreos up my ass, by the way. No, that's Mikey well, that's C. A great idea. That's Mikey C. That's not me. Mikey C is idea. the one. By the way, if anybody doesn't know that story, Mikey C, you know, absolutely, you know, has admitted to that story. Uh, he used to go out on dates, and what Mikey used to do before, you know, before he slept with a girl is he mm. would stick a bunch. He'd stick a sleeve of Oreo Stop. cookies no. in the inner part of his cheeks, yes. And they would have to grab it with their mouth. And if they don't grab more than five of them, he won't sleep with them. What? I'm dead serious. That's what he used to do. Really? Yeah, that's what he used to do. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler would do... Tyler's interested in that idea just for the Oreos. <laughs> Maybe some milk, you know? You can dip, your... <laughs> dip it in milk. <laughs> Stuck how about say, you? Stuck says, if you want to know how much porn a man watches, check the calluses on his hand. Mm. <laughs> I don't have any calluses. That's not true. It's all that. It's all that lotion he uses. I don't actually use lotion. <laughs> so you're a dry tugger, man. You are a savage. <laughs> dry tugger. <laughs> to to. The... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised, uh, Tyler. I got to give you a lot of credit. You sit here and you, 
You won't ever fight. You will not even attack back. You won't say nothing. It's it's crazy. That's what he wants. No, he doesn't. No, no, no. That's what he wants. He likes. No, 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 no. I don't. Skin. I don't. No, I don't want you to attack so, me. That's I, fine. No, I, I, I. He's I a want wonderful a man. Thing. He's a humanitarian. He's a what's the word? He's a uh, true gentleman. No, no, well, yeah, he's a gentleman, I guess. That's Whatever. what Jeff calls snug. So, is he a gentleman? <laughs> no, he's not. But that's what we'll call him. Okay. <laughs> I was using Jeff's terminology of of he calls snug a true gentleman. Well, he he loves snug. We we all know Jeff loves snug. I mean, hi. snug's a terrific human being. See, I, 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 no matter what, you will not see Jeff ever say anything bad about snug. That's not true. If he was out of line, I would say so. But I, I actually think snug is a great human being. He should run for public office. Really? Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. Absolutely. She, maybe she run under Biden. Uh, um, <laughs> Wait, Lee, Lee Biden's vice Lee president. Biden. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Lee Biden and stuff. Yes. I mean, Snook is educated. I mean, he's got like what? He's got his PhD or yeah, whatever the heck right. he has. Uh-huh. I, I, he's got like two masters or whatever the hell he has. Right. But I mean, it, oh, by the way, Jeff is a fine gentleman as well. So that's what Snook so, says. Mm-hmm. So you have you have you have a couple of. Uh, uh, people with degrees then uh doing the doing the show because you've got snug and he's got a phd and then you have tyler's degree from mcdonald's university i'm sure that's a proud accomplishment <laughs> and speedy has a he's, he's, he has a degree he has a college education See? yeah i got See? a college education too i mean yeah, I got what's a, yours clown I got, I got a degree too you got a degree yeah oh look at that another degree and 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 Jeff has a degree as well. One 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 hundred percent. Nothing stacks up to Tyler's McDonald's University certificate that he has at home, though. <laughs> Get him back! Why are you sitting there? You're just sitting there <laughs> because I have nothing Tyler, nice to Ty- say. And I was taught in early Ty- age. If you Tyler have nothing nice to be, say. You don't say anything. Yeah, Tyler was going to be grimace for for Halloween. <laughs> oh, by the way, Snug says I'd be happy to accept the nomination to be. The vice president. <laughs> Leadership. <laughs> if he NFTs that, Snug. you should definitely shoot him like a hey. Well, I wouldn't think he's going to create an NFT out of that. Oh, hey, what was up with everybody in I've, his NFT? I've, I've, I followed him on Twitter. So if anyone does post anything about that, I'll do by hashtag the way, leadership. For by him. the way, so far, the last couple of weeks, cryptos have fallen apart. I mean, the numbers are just dipping. Dude, crypto, dude, crypto is nothing but a freaking... Ponzi scheme, anyways. What are you people doing? Yeah, I'm so just saying, saying the cryptos have found their kryptonite. Dude, d- crypto is all a Ponzi scheme. You can't go anywhere and spend it. You can't do anything with it. Well, you, it's, the, it's got fake value. You can cash out of it. Yes, you can, Jeff. I, I know a bunch of people right, have but cash the, out. Right, but the only way you can cash out of it is when someone else buys it. What do they buy it with? Money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just That's saying, only, right? Once it goes so up, the only. Yeah. So you buy into it mm-hmm. with your money, and you, you sell have to out pay of it. money for it. Yeah, and you right? sell and out then, of it. And, and what do they give you? They're not giving you like you're not selling Bitcoin uh, for urethrum, right? You're not selling it for Dogecoin. No one's giving you Dogecoin for. No, what do you what do you sell it for? Dollars. That's right. Bitcoin's worthless. Bitcoin's worthless. Uh, I, I I have a friend that cashed out on Bitcoin when it was high. He made a lot of money, man. He, he right, it's all it's all speculation. There's been tons of people that have been made tons of money from it. I get it, but like, if you buy in, you spend dollars on it, and when you sell it, no one's like, "Oh, I'll give you." No, it all depends on how it goes. Just like just like um, stocks, just like stocks, it has to shoot up for you. If you have a certain amount in, invested into it, you're going right, to make more money. T- on it. Yeah, right. But what I'm telling you is, no one buys 
crypto with another crypto. When you sell the crypto, everyone wants dollars for it. So what's really worth more? I, I understand what you're saying, but uh, I also listen. Uh, and by the way, uh, Snug says crypto vo- uh, volat- volatility <laughs> volatility is out of control. There is money to be made, but it's very close to pure gambling. It it, it is. It absolutely is. But gambling what? I mean, they say crypto is all the way for the future. And, and with the credit cards, I remember when credit cards came out in the 80s and everybody said, when I was a kid and I was a baby, I remember they say cards are never going to go anywhere. Credit cards are never going to go anywhere. And now all of a sudden, if you don't have credit, you can't do anything. So uh, they were wrong about that. And I think people are going right, to be that's wrong. The, that's still based on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Crypto is based on nothing. No, it's based on a dollar. Yeah, it, it's it, the more money you invest in, the more money it shoots up. The more money you can take out. It, it's, it's no, but credit. No, but credit is you're still that you're still promising to give cash. That's what that is. Only it's left at the bank, and it'll just be a bank transfer. I understand what you. I understand what you're right. saying. I understand. What Has you're anyone saying. ever seen a Bitcoin? No, no, no. You, 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 they're they're not logically coins that you can buy. I mean, obviously. right. So it's not a tangible thing. That no, you can. You know what I'm saying? No, because because our whole market, even the dollar. Do you know what our like all of money is based off of? The price of gold. Mm. That's but, what that people originally used to do. Anyways, it was all based off the price of gold. Like, you'd, oh, if you wanted something, I just cut you off a piece of gold, and it was a tangible thing that you could have. Yeah. No one, no one has a bitcoin. Yeah. I I understand you can't own like you can't hold a bitcoin. You like I got a bitcoin. No, you you don't own, like like if Speedy takes out his wallet and empties his wallet. What he got in there? Seven, eight bucks. Speedy, what he got? No, I probably more than that in there right now. Well, whatever. But you have tan- But you have something tangible that yeah. you can hand to another person for a purchase. Yes. Go and ahead and try doing that with a Bitcoin. No, you can't do that. But you, what you, you want to do, do it. what you want you want to do is you want to invest your money into, into <clears throat> to a crypto that's going to boost up and, and and if you put a if if a coin's not even worth a cent and you put $1000 into it and shoots up 3 4 cents you're going to be pretty wealthy. That's a that's a great thing. So here here's you're be pretty wealthy. You just meant you just mentioned the the thousand dollar mark. Do you know what you would have today if you invested a thousand a thousand dollars into Bitcoin in two thousand and I think it was eight or nine nine in nine I think you'd have a lot of money. You, you'd be rich. You'd have a hundred and eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. I, I know somebody off of a, off of a thousand bucks. I know somebody that made uh, you know is a multi multi millionaire. Uh, betting on Bitcoin, and uh, he cashed out actually recently on it, and uh, cashed out a couple million dollars. And uh, says it's essentially currency trading. You could do the same thing with British pound or yes. Japanese yen. Yes. I don't even think I, I think there's another currency in Japan too. <laughs> there is now. Um, currency has always had armies standing behind those it. currencies. Those currencies can also be held, and they're tangible things. So if I took a yen and went to a market to buy a chicken, uh. <laughs> Uh, they would ask me for that right. yen. Yeah. No yeah, one's that, no no one in no one in that market is like, oh, forget your yen. Where's your Bitcoin? All right, so let's get <laughs> off of Bitcoin. We have about eight, eight, nine minutes left of the show. I want to know you guys' opinion. There are how many jobs available? There's four coaching jobs available, five coaching. Vikings, Broncos, Bears, mm-hmm. Dolphins, Giants, Giants. Texans. So all, right, all right, so there's six teams. All right. I heard um, I actually I heard that today the Texans are in Oh Jacksonville too, seven. The Texans uh, interviewed Josh McCown again. Okay. So Did they? Who, who? What happened? So the Texans are interested in Josh McCown again. Oh, God. 
Josh McCown. Josh McCown. Texas. It's a done deal. Flores is going there. I, you really think Flores is going to Texas? Yeah, I think Flores is going to the Texans because I think that's their I think that's their evil plan to try to convince Deshaun Watson to stay. Yeah, I guess that would be the best chance of anything. I still don't know if he will, but that's the best chance I would say. All right, so I'm going to give you a team right now, and you're going to tell me who you think is going to fill in that spot when it comes to a coach. You ready? You guys ready? All right. For the number one team right here in New York, we'll go New York first. The Giants. Speedy, who do you got? Brian Dable, because I think they're going to hire the Bills GM. Who do you got, Tyler? I don't think the Giants are going to go with the guy from the. I. I don't think the Giants are going to get. I. I'm going to agree with him, but I don't. I don't know. It really. It. I think they're going to go with the <coughs> Niners guy. Okay. Easy. So I don't know who he would bring in. I would like to meet Go Ryan. So then they, then they could hire the Giants or the 49ers. But yeah, both coordinators. The Mike McDaniel's an offensive coordinator that's getting a lot of buzz. I, I so. would love to meet Go yeah. Ryan. Uh, if I was him, I'd go San Francisco. But I mean, I'd say, uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll say to meet Go Ryan. Right. Okay. Uh, Jeff, who do you got? Who do you think the Giants go? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm with, I'm with Speedy. I think it's Dayball's job just because they're going to hire John Schoen. How about you, Nith? Who do you got? Man, uh, I got Brian Dable or Brian Flores. Or Eric Benjamin. The enemy? I think it's Dable, too. I, I, I've been hearing that they really like this Buffalo kid, and he's young, and he's energetic, and he's been there for, you know, since the growth of Josh Allen. He was there. He was one of the guys that wanted Josh Allen when they moved up. Well, they drafted him at number seven. Yep. So um, I, I'm going to say Dable as well. I think it's, it's his job to lose. The Vegas Raiders, we didn't mention that team. Uh, I think they keep their current coach. Really? I don't. Yeah, I, do. I don't. Uh, who do you? Harbaugh. You think Jim Harbaugh? I think Harbaugh's going. He's all, apparently there's a rumor going around that he's already let Michigan know if he's offered the job, he's taking it. So who knows? Jeff, who do you got? Yeah, I think that I you know, listen. I think he should have gotten Coach of the Year. I've been all over that uh, and saying to a lot of people, I think uh, Rich Passaccia has done a great job there, and I think he should get that job. So you got Passaccia, um, Nathan. Who do you have? I'm gonna. Uh, I got Rich Passaccia, but I'm gonna agree with Tyler here. I think Jim Harbaugh. It's, it's, it's his job to lose because I heard the same report this morning on TV that um, if, if the Raiders offer, I mean, if the Raiders offer Jim Harbaugh the job, he would take it. But we don't know. But, let, but I, I got Jim Harbaugh and, or uh, Rich Pachacia. Yeah. I think Jim Harbaugh is coming back to the league. And I don't know if it's going to be the Raiders, but uh, it seems like uh, there was a story that came out over the last 24 hours that uh, it's true. That if Jim Harbaugh gets offered the job, he will take it. So... Um, I think he he's destined to return to the NFL. I don't know how good that's going to be for the Oakland Raiders, but the, you know you know what the Oakland Raiders like. But don't forget about Miami, Vegas, Las Vegas, uh, Vegas, whatever. Uh, but I I'm not going to say Jim Harbaugh to definitely the Vegas because I I really think it's Miami. That's where I think he's heading. So, um, but I, it could be Jim Harbaugh. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Bieniemy is another guy that's going to be uh, interviewed over there uh, with Derek Carr over there. Uh, but who's going to interview him? I feel like all these teams have interviewed him multiple times. Bieniemy? Yeah. I he's like he's interviewed with everybody. Mm-hmm. But it, they're also holding – they get to o- interview him again. They can't interview him again until well, the until end the of Chiefs the season. Lose. Right. But, yes. right. Right. And I get that. But I feel like every year he gets interviewed by the same teams. Yeah. yeah. So what's different what vacancies available? This though. year he's going to well, get a job. Like the, this year he's going to get a job. If I, we'll get to the team, but I think there's a clear cut team that needs. 
All right, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm, I agree with Jeff 100% when he mentioned this initially. I'm going to say Byron Leftwich to the Jaguars. Stays in Florida. I think this has been enemy's job. I think this is the perfect team for him. I do think Byron Leftwich makes a ton of sense. He was a franchise quarterback there. I get all that. And if it's Byron, if whoever loses first, whoever can interview first, Leftwich or him, then that's one thing. But I've, I, I see Ben Enemy's offensive mind with Trevor Lawrence imploding the week. Jeff, who do you have? I'm still on Byron Leftwich. Yeah. Byron mm-hmm. Nithin, who do you have? Byron, Le- Byron Leftwich. Yep. Um, I, I think it's Byron Leftwich. It could be uh, um, uh, what's his name again from the Cowboys, the offensive Kellen Moore. Kellen, Kellen Moore. It could be Kellen Moore because uh, I know he interviewed over there, <laughs> and they really like Kellen Moore as well. That's funny because I remember two years ago you said Jason Garrett was yeah. going to coach there yeah. eventually. Yep. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. No. But, <laughs> but it, it, I would be surprised if it's Kellen Moore. So I, I would go Byron Leftwich or Kellen Moore. Um, uh, Broncos. This is where I think Eric Bieniemy goes. I think they're going to steal him right out of the division. Todd Bowles. Todd, Todd Bowles. Bowles. Right. Um, okay. Another defensive coach. Uh, who do you got, Jeff? Oh, uh, man. I'm <clears throat> man. I'm torn because I have the same guy going to two different jobs because I think he's going to take one of them. So I kind of don't know. But I have Dan Quinn going to Denver if Dan oh, Quinn doesn't. No, 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 no. Please don't say that. No, 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 no. We need Dan Quinn back in Dallas. <laughs> he's not he, He's not going back to Dallas. I'm just letting you know that there are multiple teams interested in Dan Quinn. Uh, he's yeah, going I, to take a job. I, I think Dan Quinn's going to be the Bears coach. However, if he weren't going to be the Bears coach, I think he's going to end up in Denver. That's where I think Dan Quinn's going to, the Bears. But right. uh, um, Dan Quinn is not going to be a Cowboy next year. I, I will guarantee – unless he gets the Cowboy job and they fire Mike McCarthy, which it doesn't seem like they're going to – Dan Quinn will not be there next year. He will not. Everybody knew that was going to happen. If the Cowboys defense was going to play the way they are, they're going to give Dan Quinn the credit. It's, it's nobody yeah. else's. So who yeah. do you who do you have going to the Broncos, Nathan? I got Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay. Really? I think uh, with the Aaron Rodgers connection, I think uh, I think this is a team. This is a, a big offseason for the Broncos. If they want to win that Super Bowl, go get Aaron Rodgers. Go get Nathaniel Hackett from oh, Green Bay. That's there not a bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, Miami. I agree with you on this. There's going to be a bomb, Jim Harbaugh, and I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> Dan Quinn? No, no, Jim Harbaugh. No, 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 no. I'm saying Dan Quinn's going. I think Dan oh, Quinn goes to Miami. Miami. Okay. Gotcha. They're going to bring another defensive coach in? Oh, it's interesting. It really is. It's very interesting. I think that's I'll – I'll, 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 I have a, I have a, a thought where he, what's going to happen. Um, Jeff, who do you have? Miami. <laughs> Mike McDaniel. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Niffin? I got Demetri. I got Demetri. You know Ryan. who Mike McDaniel is, but that's okay. What happened? None of you know who Mike McDaniel is. 49ers offensive coordinator, anyways. Yeah. Hey, Speedy's got one. Go ahead. What, what'd you I, say? Got, I got D'Amico Ryan's going to Miami. Uh, I got Eric B. Enemy. I think that's where he's going. <clears throat> I think he's. I, I, I think it's Jim Harbaugh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Harbaugh goes to Oakland or whether, Vegas. That's where the enemy will go there. It's either it's either Vegas. I think it's a flip flop. If if Vegas gets Jim Harbaugh, the enemy goes to Miami. If if the enemy goes to oh uh, to Vegas, Harbaugh goes to Miami. That's what mm. I believe. I think it's a flip flop. Mm. Um, 
the Bears. All right, so this is a this is one that hasn't been mentioned as much, but he, he's also gotten a lot of rumors from the Broncos. The Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, I think will coach the Bears. See, I want to say Brian Flores because I think Chicago wants to Sean Watson, and I think that that's going to help a ton. I'm just trying to think if they'd part ways with Justin Fields after a year. I'll say I'll, I'll say Flores goes to Chicago. All right, Jeff, who do you have? Previous answer, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, that's right. Have you ever said that, Nathan? <coughs> hmm. I got I got Mike McDaniel going there. Who? Mike McDaniel, 49ers. I think it's either Dan Quinn or Brian Flores. I, I think Brian Flores is a perfect fit for Justin Fields. And I, I, I think, I mean, obviously the Texans, it makes sense what Jeff is saying. They want to keep Deshaun Watson there. Uh, you bring Brian Flores, that's the coach he wants to be coached with. I mean, it, it makes sense. Uh, the Texans, the yeah, final team. Brian Flores, yeah. Who do you have? I had Flores go to the Bears. Um. You know what? They need an offensive guy. I'll give them the Bills' offensive. What? Gable? Dable. 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 Yeah. Um, Jeff? Who, who are we on? Houston. Houston. Yeah, I'm sticking with Flores. Right. And Niffin, who do you have? I got Josh McCown or Brian Flores. Yeah. I, 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 it's surprising that Josh McCown's getting <clears throat> interviewed as much as he has. I mean, the Jets interviewed him. Um, a year ago, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars interviewed him, and this guy is a high school coach. I mean, he was a good, he was a good NFL quarterback, but he doesn't have NFL offensive coordinator experience. How, how are you going to give him the reins to coach? Uh, even even Vrabel, he was behind Bill Belichick as a linebacker coach before he even got a chance. I mean, you can't just come right into the NFL oh, and coach. Yeah, we forgot about the Vikings. Yes, yeah, no, and I the Vikings. We're going to go. We, we got it. The and Vikings. This, and this is where I think uh, Mike McDaniel goes. They have similar RPO concepts. Cousins knows Shanahan. I think it makes sense. Cousins isn't going to be there. Well, I think they'll try to keep him, though, that way. They're going to get – I don't even know who's left. I honestly have no idea. I have no idea right, who's going to go there right. because Jeff, they don't have? have GM, do they? No, but the, the favorite's for the Chiefs one right now. If if you're looking at the Vikings offense, right, they kind of mirror another team where they have a young wide receiver and a guy, uh, you know, a veteran wide receiver and a shitty quarterback mm-hmm. and kind of a good running back. And I think this is Kellen Moore's job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Niffin, I got, I got, yeah, I got Kellen. I agree with Jeff, Kellen Moore. Yeah. I think, I think he fits perfect, perfectly there. Here's why I think this is going to be a nail breaker and a surprise. <laughs> Everybody keeps saying this guy is going to stay there and become the coach after the, the other guy retires. I think Josh McDaniels takes the Vikings job. Yeah. Wide receivers. He's got a bunch of great offensive players. Cook. He I mean, he'll bring – He'll trust me. He'll he'll get his quarterback. He, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are available <clears throat> this offseason that he can bring in over there. Uh, I think Not this – it- I, not I, that it won't, won't, not that it won't happen, Errol, but it's a long shot. I know. I haven't even asked Josh McDaniels for an interview. I know. I, I but Josh McDaniels, I, I understand, but I, I think, I think Josh McDaniels will be interviewing for these jobs nonchalantly, and I think if there's any job, any job that he's going to take, I think the Vikings is the best job for him. There's a lot of offensive talent over there. There is, really is. I want to bring this up. Uh, one one coaching spot maybe should we should be looking at just in case. If Dan, I heard something uh, with, I think you had your you had your friend Garan on the show, right, the mm-hmm. other day. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, I saw, I saw that piece. Um, he said that if 
Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore, or both of them leave, he can see Mike Mike McCarthy leaving. Is that true? I don't think Mike McCarthy's leaving. Not this year. No. I think I think he's on the hot seat. Obviously, after what happened. Listen, listen. Maybe he's got next no year. job. Nathan, I told right now. Nathan, no I told the beef when Mike McCarthy took the job and they gave him the job. He will not last three years with the Cowboys, yeah. and he's on his way out already. Everybody's booing him out. I knew this was going to happen. He, he's not going to win. He's never won without two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And I'm not saying Dak isn't a good quarterback. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's the best in the league. And he's not Brett Favre. Okay? Yeah. Let's be honest. He's not any of those guys. So it, it, it's he's never going to win with that team. The tougher part too, Nathan, with Dallas is who's going to be like who's going to be like Jerry's ego guy because that's always yeah. going to pe- the play only team it. that can win with that team is probably Bill Belichick. Yeah. I, I, that's probably. Oh, don't say that. Every cowboy fan is going to be like, "Go get Bill Belichick." They're not. They're never going to get him. Bill Belichick. Let's they're, go. They're never going to get him. <laughs> I mean, honestly, oh, I, if that he will happens, never, never. He'll never work with Jerry Jones. He'll never work with Jerry. But Jones. Um, I think, in my opinion, in order for us to win the Super Bowl, Jerry Jones needs to step down as a GM, That'll focus on being owner. That'll never happen. <laughs> Good luck with that. You're stuck with him till he dies. To, yeah. He'll be in his right. deathbed actually making picks. Are you kidding me? There's no with, way. With, with the first pick of the 2051 NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I have to say, his 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 sons his sons know his sons know how to make picks. I, I think when he, when his sons no, but it's um the credit goes to Will McClay, our scouting scouting uh, person. Will McClay, he does not get enough, get enough credit. I think uh, he's he's one of the best. Scouts I ever seen when it comes to talent. Well, he's wrong with a lot of other talent that he's brought in over there. Snuck says the Giants go crazy over Rex Ryan. The problem with the Cowboys is they overpay players. They really. I would do. love Rex Ryan as a defensive coordinator, though. Rex Ryan doesn't. He really came out. No, and I, said, I, I, I know. He, I, no, I mentioned it because somebody wrote Rex Ryan in the comments or whatever. Yes, yeah, I, I wasn't. Rex Ryan already came out and said he will never come back and coach again. He, he's. He's making a million and a half dollars working at ESPN. Why would he come back? Well, right. I mean, if Bill Cowher ain't coming back, Rex Ryan. Hey, um, how about a guy? Because, because getting eight million as a coach is a lot more than a million and a half. Yeah, but Where's he doesn't have from? to. He doesn't have to, again, Jeff. He doesn't have to stress. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to plan anything. He just sits over there and talks football. Why would he come back and take shots at Robert Sala? Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, Gruden did it. What? Gruden did it, and Gruden's getting paid Gruden, a ton more, here, and here. more than Rex Gruden, Ryan. Is. Gruden's different because he was around it. He he had those coaching so camps. Rex Ryan don't have coaching camps like Gruden. He has quarterback camps that yeah. he does every every off season well, with not quarterbacks. Any, no, I don't think they're going to well, have not anymore. Not anymore, but he was doing that. Yeah. He was around the game. Well, Rex I, Ryan. I you know, and, I'm just saying, like yeah. they were both doing the same. Just, but Gruden's money was probably more than Gruden was probably making ten million a year doing what fourteen games a week. No, he wasn't like making that much. He had, uh, I think Gruden had a, 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 a the ESPN contract was three and a half million dollars a year. No, it was five. It was, it was over five? five. It was five. That was over the second. Five. That was the second contract he got extended to. Mm-hmm. But it was like three and a half, three million, and he did. And Jeff's right. He did get yeah, a five. That makes sense. Five million dollars. Yeah, right. There's did. um, there's another name that we should be looking out for. We forgot uh, from Buffalo, Leslie Leslie Fraser. 
Well, yeah, he's being interviewed again. De- defensive guys aren't aren't hired as mean? much. I, I wouldn't say he's a bad NFL. coach. I wouldn't say he's a bad coach, Nissen. But the problem coach. is, the problem is one. Look what he did with the Vikings. He was he wasn't bad with. He the was Vikings. horrible. That team wasn't that. He good. He was with the horrible. The team wasn't oh, that good. Oh my with the god, Vikings. he was horrible. Leslie Fla- F- Frazier, he's one of those guys that you can say he's a good defensive corner. He's a horrible coach. I I do want I do not want Leslie Frazier as my coach. Yeah. Plus, Nissen. The other thing is a lot of things. A lot of teams aren't really doing as much retreads anymore. I mean, the Lions that it with Dan Campbell, but beyond yeah. that, it's not. I would it's give not as much. I would give Todd Bowles another chance. I think. I think another. I would give I think the other guy that like people Todd forget Bowles. about. Uh, He's gonna get his chance because they were really bad in the beginning of the season. Is Eberflus from the Colts too? That's, that's, that's yes. Good. I think. I think Todd Bowles is so very underrated as a defensive coordinator in this league, and it's a shame because he went to the Jets and and the Jets didn't put the right pieces around him, and he got fired. That's why I think he didn't even coach it, that for the Jets. That Jet team was just god awful. Well, it was a guard awful. They it, was great. it wasn't. It was, the, the 2016 season, they still had talent, and Bowles didn't coach for. They had Brandon Marshall. They had 2017 was when they started to purge everything. No, Brandon Marshall had one of his old. best seasons. <clears throat> he had a great year with the Jets his first year there. Yeah, yeah, one of his best seasons over there. What are you talking about? He had the he had like he 1600 yards. He was a all. He was almost an All Pro player that right. year. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And then the next year happened, and he aged. he was hurt. He, he he's aged. been like that his whole career, Tyler. But he <laughs> aged. Yeah. He's still over a thousand. No, yards. no, but Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall's been that Receivers way his whole age. career, though, since he left Denver. Though he had one great year in Miami to start, then he was bad. Then he had first first two years with Chicago, he was great. Then he fell off. Then he was with the first year with the Jets was great. Fell off. It fell off the next year, and then the Giants signed him, and then his career ended. <laughs> well, that's right. You know, I I, I wanted to, I wanted to mention something else to you, Errol, too, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was uh, talking with some old friends earlier today. Yep. Um from a previous life and uh, a a little birdie told me to look out that uh, Jim Harbaugh is Mm. probably using these interviews to squeeze more money out of Michigan and punish Michigan for taking some money away from him last time. So I wouldn't be surprised if these interviews or these, this Harbaugh talk is to squeeze another contract out of Michigan. I could see that if it wasn't Miami there, if it was Miami, Kept Flores like they should. I agree with you, but because I don't think he, I don't think any other team's going to take him. I know the Bears are rumored and the Raiders, but I don't see that happening. Well, I think well, it's I, all, I, Miami or he's staying. I would I would just say this: the people that I talk to, I I trust, mm-hmm. and it's happened a couple of other times where I've mentioned things to Errol and they just magically come true. They sometimes. do. Now you have good sources, Jeff. I'm not I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying it's. it's, it's I, it's I will Miami say this: bust. Brandon Marshall is a Hall of Famer, and anybody yeah. that doesn't think I, that he is, is I told I told Errol about the Edelman retirement. Yes. two months before it happened. Yes, he was right. He was right about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's interesting. It, it really is. But again, we we can go back and forth. We we don't know what's going to happen. And, and Jim, oh, the only person that I'd knows, be, is I'd Jim. be willing to bet you. I'd be willing to bet you in about two months, month and a half. You see another contract from Michigan. Huh. Well, he'll never win there. So good luck. I mean, they, uh, you know, he came close this year. Uh, they, they they just don't. They just ran into the dogs. They don't. They, I I just hey, don't. Man. Sometimes sometimes it's just somebody else's day. You know what I'm saying? He he nice. they, he brings these quarterbacks in, and he can't coach these quarterbacks. These quarterbacks just don't develop into the players that he thinks they're going to be. Mm-hmm. 
And I think right, that's a but problem. he can play the style of football that he wants to play there, though, right? Because he's very much a, a all I'm going to do is run the football. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to run it 40 times a game. He always has the four guys in the backfield. I formation. He always favorites. He always has good running backs. I mean, if you look at the running backs he's had over the last couple of years, they're, they're some of the best in the country. Right, man. but yeah. but that's all he does, and that's all he did in the NFL as well. Like he, you know, he wanted to go with Kaepernick because. Kaepernick could just run, and uh-huh. that's all he wants. He doesn't right. want anyone to throw the football. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. that's all he wanted out of Colin Kaepernick was someone that could run. Uh-huh. You know, uh, listen, he ruined Alex Smith. Name, we had this conversation before. Uh-huh. Name one quarterback John Harbaugh has made better, and don't give me Andrew Luck because Andrew Luck was just a, an absolute right. prodigy. Yeah. Right? Name one quarterback Jim Harbaugh made better. But we already. Shane Patterson him. came from Ole Miss. He stunk. I remember him up. that. I he remember came... that. I really liked him at Ole the, Miss. The, the one that made Alex Smith a star in the in the game was Andy Reid, right? The only he, person he I could say Colin that Kaepernick. he had uh, Colin Kaepernick, and and that's the only one. That's really the and, only one. And he ran him out of the league right quick. Didn't he? I think. How I think. I, I, I how think long was Colin Kaepernick's career? Five years. It was five years, but he also was fired before. Colin Kaepernick's. Kaepernick ran himself out of the league. Also, he Jim would Harbaugh. still be playing in the league if he didn't do the things that he did. I, I think Colin oh. Kaepernick was a very talented player. I just, I feel like as soon as Harbaugh left, his career was over. Jim Harbaugh also had a yeah, lot of trouble with the some I, of the young players the 49ers had in the 2014 season. You know what, though, Errol? I agree with you to an extent, but here's the problem that I'll always run back to is – you see Greg Hardy and what he did, yep. and Greg Hardy got more chances. Yep. And Ray Rice got more chances. No, he Hardy didn't. Ray Rice didn't. Got... No, Ray Rice didn't. As soon well, as he did that, he was fine. He was done. Ray was Rice was also at the end of his career. Yeah, Kareem really Hunt did. Kareem Hunt did. Right. Dude, Aaron, if it weren't for evidence against Aaron Hernandez, he'd still be playing for the Patriots. Probably. Right? Like, if he was yeah. not guilty, yeah. he, someone in the league would have picked him up, mm-hmm. right? I just, regardless of the blackballing, which did happen for Colin Kaepernick, he was out of the game for someone, two years. Listen, to, yeah. if he had real talent, someone would have taken him. Like, you can't tell me if that had been Russell Wilson, that if Russell Wilson kneeled, they would have been like, nope, that's it. You're out of the game. No, Russell Wilson could really play. So someone would have came calling for him. That's like what we're seeing right now for Deshaun Watson. He's raped about 50 women all of a sudden. And people are like, well, how much is he in a trade? Because he can still play. If you had real talent, someone would have come calling and you wouldn't have been out of the league in five years. I think Colin Kaepernick, at the time that he was out, the two and a half years he was out, I think he just, nobody wanted to deal with him. And they knew with the with the rights, the, the, the movement and everything. The, right, but the juice isn't worth the squeeze at that point because you, you've seen all these other people are willing to put up with just about Jeff, you any know, bad behavior. You, Jeff, even what Greg, Greg Hardy did and Ray Rice did and even Kareem Hunt did, they looked at this what Colin Kaepernick did to be worse, and I did, I never understood it. It, it, it. No, it's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Imagine fighting for equality and everyone gets mad. It's absolutely ridiculous what they did to this kid. Right. And for what all these other guys, the Greg Hardys almost killed a woman, had a pistol on the car, and told the girl that he was going to kill her, and, and drowned her in a toilet bowl. I mean, like seriously, beating her up. Right, but that just shows you what that just shows you. You know the you know. Uh, Beliefs of the old eighty-year-old white people that run the league—they yeah. don't yeah. want equality. No, yeah, I, I agree, and I, and that's right. So I'm not going to talk about politics, is, equality. But, right, but, the, but yeah. the other part of this is if if Colin Kaepernick was really all that talented, 
someone would have been willing to overlook that. I would I would and, say that to be true, but I think they just made what he did to be so bad that there was no way in hell. And the only reason why they gave him practices or tryouts is because it's of it, because it was court ordered. Exactly, that was the only reason why they did it. I knew no team was going to pick him up. I knew it. No team. Not even the Jets that were looking. They, there was conversation that they were thinking about bringing Colin Kaepernick. As soon as team, as soon as people found out from the organization that somebody was interested in the organization, right, but, they waved it off. But it was. But there was still there's still that old that that old saying in the league, right? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. And the fact that they were switching back and forth between Kaepernick and Alex Smith means he didn't know what to do with either one of them, right? Which is what we're actually watching in New Orleans as well. Oh, right. Taysom Hill. Oh, uh, Trevor Simeon. Yes. Taysom Hill. Uh, uh, Jameis Winston. They don't have a quarterback in New Orleans. It also diminishes the role of the whole offense because Taysom Hill can't be using his other roles as much. And that's where I think that kid from Mississippi <laughs> right, State is going to go. Right, but it was the towel, whatever his name with, is. And it's Corral. not. And it's not, it's not. It's not Mississippi State. It's Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss right. That's what I mean. I, I think that's where Corral is going to go. I think he's going to go. Don't, don't they have like Ian, Ian, Ian Book also? I'm sorry. Yeah, but he, 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 Ian, Ian Book really. He's Ian the worst out of everyone you just said. <laughs> huh? Ian Book's the worst out of all the names they just mentioned. Uh, right. I, I think. I think. Uh, I think the Saints are going to draft Corral. That's why I think. I. I, I think he's Corral. There. Yeah, I think he will be there. I do. I, 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 I'll I be very surprised. Now, Jeff said there there could be two quarterbacks. You said two quarterbacks drafted in the first round, Jeff? That's what uh, you said? I, I Listen, I wouldn't rule out three. First of all, I'll say this out loud and don't give a fuck who hears me. No quarterbacks should be taken in the first round. None of them. I agree with that. Yeah. None of them should be. But I think two, maybe three might get taken. Corral. Uh, Malik Willis and possibly Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Saints will tr- if they like a particular <coughs> quarterback in the first round they'll do they'll do their best to move up to get him. And I, I, I it makes a lot of sense that Corral would be the guy that they want. You won't need to move up for any of these bums. What you don't like Corral? I mean, the quarterback that I like the most in this draft Pickett. is probably Pickett. Yeah, okay, probably Pickett. I know you said you you like Pickett. But I, I, you know, I, I mean, they, they, a lot of people said if Corral didn't get hurt this year, he would have been even better. He's a tough, ki- he's a tough kid. But again, I'm not sure he makes the best decisions either. I don't know if you right. watched an Old Miss game, no. but I watched. The I two, think he's raw too. I watched two Old Miss games this year. <clears throat> yeah, when I heard about how him. raw, but how raw should he be? He's been in college for three years. Right. Yeah. But again, how much is he? He played with all these top end wide receivers for for the little time he did, did start, and then listen. He didn't even he start played, the whole time. So. And, and the he, Giants he will and the Giants will draft a quarterback in the second round. Dude, I, I guarantee dude, Matt, Matt Corral just played in the NFL's development league in the SEC. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it is. Okay. Right? And he was all right, but he wasn't lighting the world on fire, no. and he made a lot of poor mistakes. Right. The only thing that I can say good about him is he played as well as he did, even overcoming Lane Kiffin's coaching. <laughs> True. Well, that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the decision making, like Errol's saying, and the reading defenses, I think could be better with him. I think his talent is good, but I, I think if, those if little Pey- things. If, if Peyton's coaching him, I think if if anybody can become a better quarterback in the league, it's Corral. I think Corral would fit over there with with the Saints. They got a lot of weapons over there. They got a good running game, and they have one of the best offensive minds in all of the NFL. I think Corral would be um, perfect I- over there. 
I, I'm just I'm a picket guy only for one reason, right? This is the only reason he's I going to Kenny Pittsburgh. Is, he's going to Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know, but well, we'll see. But I'm a Kenny Pickett guy for only one reason. He's a fifth year senior graduate. Hmm. When you play that much college, like he won't have the growing pains some of these other dudes could have. Mm-hmm. He's played more football than any of them. Right. He's seen it all. So he's probably would be the most ready to come in immediately and do something. Matt Corral's good, but he, he you know, that offense that they play at Old Miss isn't like anything that he would play for in the NFL. There is right. no one coaching like Lane Kiffin. So his learning curve would start all over again. Hmm. It's interesting. It really is. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, off season for a lot of football teams. Expect yeah. expect a lot of crazy things to happen. Uh, last year was a lot of crazy things happened when when uh, when free agency opened up. Uh, and I was talking to Josh today that I don't believe the Jets are going to bring back Marcus May. There's a couple of really good safeties that are available. Oh, I listened to a mock draft today. They had Kyle Hamlin going to the Jets. Yeah, he's not going to Hamilton. I heard that too. It, it, there's no way the Jets are drafting at four Kyle Hamilton. He's a great player. I think he's going to be a great player in this league. He could be a, an elite safety. There's no way the Jets are bringing in another safety in the top in the top ten. And, and the Jets are going to trade down on a number ten pick. I'm hearing. That's the, what I heard. The other big question is whether, whether or not the Seahawks will trade Russell Wilson this offseason. Yeah. They're, not, they're not trading him. Uh, they're they're holding on to Pete Carroll. And they're holding on to the GM Schneider. They already said it. They're, they're not getting rid of uh, Russell Wilson. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. I, I guarantee it. He, as soon as I heard that Pete Carroll's going to be held, they're going to hold on to Pete Carroll, and they're not getting rid of Schneider as of right now. They're going to keep Russell Wilson. Why would they trade him? So right. I, 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 he's going to be. But here's the guy, DK Metcalf. I'm hearing a lot that they're yeah. looking to move him. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot. There's, there's there's three wide receivers that are likely to be traded this offseason. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Red, like Ridley, very too. Likely. Yep. Ridley. Yep. Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, and DK yep. Metcalf. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I right? know that I know so people. Where do those where do those three guys end up? I, I think that Ridley to the Eagles is I'm is getting a lot of buzz from what I'm hearing. Ridley to the Eagles or the Jets? That's what I'm hearing. Uh, right, I've seen a lot of Ridley to the Patriots rumors. I yeah, also heard uh-huh. that too. I did. Too. I heard that too. <laughs> the, the New England and Atlanta are very friendly trade partners. Ask Cordell Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I also I, I heard I I heard the Patriots too today. Um, Devontae Adams will be available. If, if Aaron Rodgers is not there, he will not go to camp, and they're going to have to be forced to trade him. So uh, there'll be teams lining up for him. Michael Thomas is another guy that's going to be available this offseason. I'll, 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 I'll give you another. I'll give you another. You what? You know what? The, the Broncos, should, the Broncos should, do the, should do the trifecta. Get Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams in Denver. Nathaniel Hackett. They're not going to uh, have the money. Mm. They're not going to have the money. They don't need a receiver. They got so Nathan, many young good receivers. Nathan, the last two offensive coordinators that they tried to lure from the Packers, uh, teams tried to lure from the Packers as head coaches did not work. Joe Philbin and Ben McAdoo. If you put Aaron <laughs> Rodgers on with the, the weapons they have over there, forget it. He's, those weapons, they have a lot more weapons than the, the Packers do if Aaron Rodgers goes over there. And Jeff, that, Jeff's been predicting That's that That's why for I think they're going to push for enemy, and I think they'll end up getting I'll, him. I'll give, you, I'll give you the likely destination for Amari Cooper. Where? Mm-hmm. Minnesota with Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore ends up in Minnesota. Don't be surprised if they go and trade for Amari Cooper. Well, they're kind of cash strapped too, and they need other things. I don't know if they have to go after right, a receiver but they can right move now. Pieces. You can always find the cash. Look, I, look I the get that, but they also this last year. Remember, they also had Isn't a guy. Up? No, not this Lindsay's year. Lindsey's contract. Who is? 
Thielen. I don't think. I don't, no, think, I don't, I don't think Thielen's a sub. Free agent next year. But remember, right, but that's but you but you're missing the point. They can have Cooper and Thielen on the team with Jefferson because all they would have to do is move Thielen back to the slot. Wow, that would be some freaking offense. But also too, uh, KJ Osborne as a slot receiver played very well for them yeah. this year. Yeah, uh, great, awesome. See you later. No, no, I know Jeff, but I'm saying in order to take on that kind of contract, you're going. You, you need to be able to have to, the ability to build in other areas. You and the, Viking, the Vikings are talented. The va- you, realize, you realize, like the, the the Buccaneers were like eight eight hundred million over the cap this year, uh, and still managed to re-sign everybody. You realize money in the NFL isn't real, and they can find a way to do it. Dalen's got three more years, actually. Yeah. Was it? A, oh, he signed that extension a couple yeah, of years ago. three more years right. Thielen has. That's right. I forgot about that extension. After that year. I would trade Thielen for Cooper, though, at this point. Cooper They're not going to do it just straight uh, off. I, don't well, no, but you I think they're going to get used you to it. The, give someone. They're not, they're not trading those. They're not trading for each other. Yeah. I'm saying Cooper would add to Thielen and Cowboys need to get. They need to get rid of contracts. Cooper Warren. might be a little better, but it's not by much. And well, I no, think they're going to go I, for the familiar guy. They're, they're, I'm hearing that they're going to drop Lawrence, too. I think yeah. Lawrence is going to be available, Who's going to want too? Demarcus Lawrence after the last season he just had? I'm just, I'm just saying. Anyone people. that needs a speed rusher. Yeah, they need a rusher. I Buffalo, mean, the Jets, maybe, the Jets. a speed rusher away. The Jets. It's not gonna. I don't know if it's gonna be a, a young team. It's gonna be a team that's gonna probably need the Jets, like the pass rush away, like the Bills. I'm just I'm saying the Jets, need, the Jets yeah, need. The Jets need. Yeah, the Jets need. Yeah, the Jets definitely need edge rushers. So they don't it's have. The question them. is, do they want to take on that level them. of a contract? I'm hearing because there's so many good, uh, you know, defensive players that are going to be available this offseason in free agency. I think the Jets might be looking in free agency for pass rushers. I, I don't know. They brought in Carl Lawson. He's coming back this year. They're going to need him. They're going to need more than two or three guys because, you you so, know, uh, pass depth, rushers, yeah. a dime a dozen, and they're very hard to find. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Depth wins. That's why Tim Bay I mean, they got, the, they got the draft picks to do it, though. They can just dip right into the draft and get it. You're right, Jeff. And, just... and, and I'm hearing the Jets are definitely – the rumors right now is there's no way the Jets are drafting two top ten picks because that hurts their salary cap. You're talking about $40 million off the cap right off the bat. So they're going to trade out of ten. They're going to trade out of ten and, and move down a little bit and uh, probably – trade, trade out of four. Trade out of four or five and you'd get more. That's another thing, and if there's somebody that falls to value and the Jets see that he's falling, uh, the Jets might do that. They might trade for if they see the value of that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, we'll see, but I, 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 the rumor is the Jets are probably going to trade down. Uh, there are teams that are going to be looking to move up. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to have to trade that much down. They could trade 13, 14. Uh, they're not going to have to pay as much because it's not a top ten pick, right. and I mean, they could get, get fifteen and sixteen. Uh, no, Philly's going to trade up. No, because you're no, not. you're not going to have to trade no. up that much if, to get to ten. If you're going to ten, you're not going to have to trade much. So if the Jets, it, let's say the Jets go to fifteen, they'll get the fi- they'll get Philadelphia's fifteen, and they'll probably get a second round draft pick. That's what they'll get to move up those two spots or a third round draft pick. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think the Eagles have a bunch of thirds too. You know what so I mean. That's that, probably yeah. what the Jets would get moving five spots. You know, so and it'll save them money too. And teams know that the Jets are trying to save money, so because they want to. But that's a, but that's know. why that's why the Jets should trade four because 
four is so much more valuable rather than get one second round pick. You'd probably get two more firsts if you traded out of four. That's and uh, yeah, that's where 15, 15 and 16, that's what, that's a trade that makes us a lot of sense. If they want to go all the way up before a team like the Eagles, if they want Stingley or something like that. Well, if the Jets do that, they can keep their 10th pick. They can keep their 10th pick and draft 15 and 16. So Je- but that's Jeff- what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they should do. They should draft 10. They should draft, hold on to 10 and trade four and get so many more assets and not even take them for this year. Take them next year or something. Well, you're right. We'll, we'll see. What, the, the rumor is Douglas is not picking two top ten picks. He will not do it. So the rumors are he is going to trade out of one of those picks. The question is who? Even if he did, would they pan out? It's the Jets. Well, well you're right. But uh, Joe Douglas the last two years is he's found some really great players, really good quality players. So I, I it's – Joe Douglas knows. I know they went from a four-win team to a four-win team. L- listen, Je- team. Jeff, they're the youngest team in football. You can say whatever you want. They're the youngest team by football by far. I know. But How'd it, that age thing work out for Sam Darnold? It didn't. It didn't. Went to a Carolina Panther team that he completely bombed. And you're probably losing your best receiver, right? Braxton Berrios is probably going to get paid somewhere. He's getting three million dollars, dude. He's not making a lot of money. He's like, but he's also a free, but he's also a free agent. I'm willing to bet someone is pro- probably the Jets to are gonna more. the Jets are gonna sign him. The, the Jets are gonna bring him back. Yeah. I I don't see the Jets losing him. There there's no way the Jets are gonna let him go for three million dollars. And Crowder's a free agent too, so he's yeah. essentially you don't the know slot that receiver. His next contract will be three million dollars, though. Yeah, It'll probably be more. He had a good season. There is no way. First of all, there's no way that they had what 300 yards on the field, and he had a punt. Yeah, he was a great punt returner. You're not paying a punt returner more than he three did or four a lot, million. Yeah, but he did a lot of things because he also was running, running the football. All right, Jeff. All right, Jeff. I'll, I'll make you a he bet. Was a pretty good versatile. I'll, player. I'll make you a bet. Let's bet a, a bottle of whiskey, okay? I'll bet you. I, uh, I don't. I'm not. I don't drink, so I'm gonna buy. If I win, if I win, you get me whiskey. No. <laughs> Five, I don't know, five big, big chocolate bars of Hershey's. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. I, I, I'll take, I'll take candy. Whatever. Whatever you want to buy. All right. If you win whiskey, don't let it, don't let trailer trash eat any. <laughs> all right. Three and a half. I don't think he makes more than three and a half million dollars a year. Okay. I'll uh, take the over on that. All right. All right. Uh, that's the bet. I, I got Braxton Berrios getting three and a half or less. Had 431 receiving yards, two touchdowns, 46 catches, and then rushed for two touchdowns as well on seven carries. Most of those were in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. And then, like Jeff was saying, it was an all-pro as a special team. Yeah, yeah, special uh, team. yeah speaking of Braxton Berrios. Uh, special teams all-pro doesn't get more than $3 million, $4 million. Okay, so. Speaking, speaking of Braxton Berrios, do you see the Patriots getting in there, the team that really – Yes, if, if the, somehow the Jets lose Braxton, that's where he's going. He's going back yeah. to the Patriots. I don't. I don't think that that's a possibility. The Patriots? They have Gunnar Olszewski or whatever. They have Gunnar Olszewski, and they also have Jacoby Myers, who plays the slot. I don't really yeah. see a position for him to play. That's true. They are kind of similar. We'll see. I I, I just have this feeling that uh, if the Jets, although lose, Belichick does love him, Belichick yes, does don't. love him some. Yeah. And Belichick does have a history of assigning a lot of ex-Jets. So, so. I have this bad feeling that if Braxton Berrios becomes available, that's where he's going. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I really two point oh, because I and he's very fair. And he'll kill the Jets. Are yeah. you a fan of George Kaloftis? Yes, I do. Yeah, I like oh, him a lot. That, yes. That's who this mock has the Jets take. I, and he might fall. And, and, and he, I mean, who was the first one that mentioned Karloftis? You did. Come on. You did. Yeah, you did. Purdue. And, and 
And I do believe it. it and I, Kalafkis is going to fall. He's going to fall. He's not. He's not getting. Dr- oh, I don't know about that. I think he's going to rise on some boards. Really? And, but so? if you're looking, but if you if you're looking for a pass rusher around ten, maybe fifteen, that you could be. In, dude, look out for Jermaine Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who's that? Um, the the Georgia guy? No, of, of Florida State. Florida State. Hmm. It's, I think the Jets really need to concentrate on defense in this draft. I, I really do. Linebacker, pass rushers, that's what they need. And, and that, that will solidify and that will put them in a good spot next year, which has been a bit of – they had no edge rushers this year. It's been under, horrible, horrible. Listen, under, underrated offensive line draft too. No, there's a good a lot of good offense. You could get offensive linemen in later rounds too. Uh, the, 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 I mean, you, you can, but not like dominant. Like the dominant guys are always taken kind of at the top of the draft. Oh, who do you think is the most dominant? Well, the the center from Iowa, everybody loves. They love. Everyone him. loves Linderbaum. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves Evan Neal. I'll give you one that people don't mention: uh, Charles Cross. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he's he's. I've seen him a lot in the top ten recently too, Jeff. Charles Cross. Charles Cross is Charles Cross is a, is someone that not a lot of people are mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, listen, another guy I mentioned this guy before, worth probably a first rounder, Ika Mcquanu. Yeah, the NC State guy. Yeah, yeah. That's who this person has the Giants taking at seven. Oh, who? it came Mcquanu. Mcquanu just said at yeah. seven. Wow, is they're definitely uh, their two picks. They're definitely getting an offensive lineman. I'll put money on it. The, the, they have to. They have no They're choice. absolutely going to. And if they bring in a Buffalo guy, yeah, he knows. They they all believe the trenches. If oh, front were, seven. If they the were smart. Hey, if, if, we if, if the Giants were smart. Hmm? If the Giants were smart, they would draft two offensive linemen. Yeah. They, they might. They also need I'm, pass I'm rushers, too, though. So we'll say. Yeah, that, that's great. You can, listen. Their problem isn't on defense. They need to somehow open holes for Saquon Barkley, and I don't know, maybe not get Daniel Jones killed. And even if Daniel Jones isn't there, I don't care if you like him or you don't, someone's going to protect the quarterback. You can't keep going the way you're going. I agree with you. I think that offensively, also the Cowboys. Yeah. Cowboys too. Don't, I was going to say, don't be surprised if we trade up to get one of these offensive linemen. How? Because, yeah. How? Huh? How do you trade up? Well, they got pieces they could trade. Yeah, they got pieces. They could they could franchise they package Demarcus Lawrence no, for the deal they, to trade oh, up. Oh, oh, I'll ask the Cowboys. Oh. What package you got? Huh? Who are you packaging? Who are you getting rid of to get a first round pick? Oh, I would package Amari Cooper, maybe in that deal, a couple of draft picks, um, and then trade up to get one of these offensive linemen. Yeah, so, the question so, is yeah. who's going to take right, that so on. That's, so, that's the that's the, so, the right, but but in that package, you're you're literally paying the idiot tax. Yeah, I'm going to throw. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put Demarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper and a couple of draft picks in there yeah. for a first round draft pick. So you're giving away the whole farm and paying an idiot tax just to try to clear money off of your, your books. Yeah, that's insanity. <laughs> I think I think this is what I would do if I were the Cowboys. If you want and to who's move the team that has the salary cap and has the obvious like need to be able to do that, yeah. That's I don't know where the dra- I, I don't know where about. the Cowboys are drafting in this draft. Twenty five. The guy from the Hawkeyes, he's not going to last that long, right? Twenty five, oh. twenty six. I, I think you 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 franchise Van Der Esch, and I would use Van Der Esch as a piece and trade that twenty fifth pick. You need to keep Linderbaum Van Der won't be there. Calls. I, I know that, but it, that's what you—that's what you're going to need to do if you want to get a particular player and move up in the draft uh, the way he wants to move up in the teens. 
you're going to have to trade something at value. And Van Der Esch, who you can franchise, you franchise him and you trade Van Der Esch in the first round pick and you can move up somewhere in the teens if you're drafting at 25. You need the guy from the, but you're creating a new hole. No, you're taking away a contract that you don't have to pay. And then, right. And right. So is, you lose you lose Van Der Esch. Who's their linebacker next year? What are you talking about? They the other LSU kid, the LSU kid they drafted last year. They could trade linebackers. linebackers. This, is, this is a stack draft for linebackers. This is a stack right. draft for linebackers. I would trade Lawrence. Yeah. I would trade Cooper. Did they draft another linebacker? Yeah, the LSU oh, kid. I'm drawing a blank on his name off the top of my head. Jalen Cox. That's who it is. No, Jabil. Jabil Cox. This is this is exactly the reason why I got Cowboy season tickets. These Cowboys fans make like propose these trades like they're a drunk sixteen-year-old playing Madden with common sense off. You know, like it's no, no salary cap, <laughs> no salary yeah, cap. I mean, it's incredible. I'll we're going to move into the top ten no. because we're going to give no away sense. everybody. <laughs> you think? Um, you think one of these offensive line lasts to twenty-five or no? Maybe an interior, but it's yeah. still going to be very a, hard. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna get, Jones is not taking a lineman in the first you're round. You're going to get a lot of value in the second and third round for offensive linemen. There are good guards, interior guards that are going to be available. Uh, what I've read here's the, here's in the mock drafts. The, here's, the other, here's the other problem with what they're doing, right, is they're an offensive team, and they love offense and the whole thing, but you're proposing trading Amari Cooper somewhere, somehow. I don't even care if it's for a seventh-round pick. I don't even give a shit. What are you replacing him with? You're gonna have to bring you, Gallup you're, back, you're, I guess. You're not you're, right. You're off an right, injury. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But no one in their right mind thinks Cedric Wilson or Michael Gallup is going to be a reasonable replacement. No, they, they're not. Nobody. Amari Cooper. No, they're not. So how is their team getting better? Because Amari Cooper is no, going to be gone, and we're going to have this trade. So you're if if you're making that trade, you're probably drafting a wide receiver. Yep. Yeah. And like you said, Jeff, they'll be – and by the way, Jeff, you were right because I read something today that some – one of the drafts, very well-known draft uh, guy that we actually had on the show, I saw his picks. He's got six – He's got six uh, first-round wide receivers getting drafted. I've got at least – I've got at least five because I still don't give a shit about Jamison Williams' injury. I think that he's still oh he's a first going in the first oh he's definitely going the right. first round Absolutely. I'll give I'll give I'll give you the five that I have uh, in in no particular order right don't nitpick me on oh this guy went ahead of this guy or whatever Jamison Williams uh, Chris Olave Garrett Wilson uh, Traylon Burks and Drake London slam dunk those five guys make the first round and I also wouldn't be shocked to see David Bell go. It's interesting. Uh, it, and, and, and keep an eye on Wandale Robinson also. Wandale Robinson can get in there too. That dude is a burner. All right, guys. Uh, we got to go. Jeff, thank you for joining and us. I, and, I, and I love when you go, oh, by the way, Jeff, you were right because I saw some. Dude, I've always been right when it comes to this. Stop questioning it. No, Start. I'm just telling you what I've read. I'm just going through the, the draft boards and some certain things and – you should have you should have been on board with me when I told you Zayvon Collins was going on fifteen, and everyone went who? And he went at fifteen. He, he went at sixteen, and uh, Mac Jones. You went wish at he went at fifteen. He went at fifteen. So you were you. Oh, that's right. The Patriots had fifteen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went at sixteen. Yes. Stuck says the Jets are going to trade back for Jamal Adams. That's not going to happen. Never. Aaron Rodgers to the Giants. That's also not going to. But here's a, here's the rumor I, I, that the Jets are talking to Seattle on making a trade for the Seattle. Uh, Seattle Seahawks to move up to 10 to get that 10th pick to get mm-hmm. that 10th pick. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they're, if that, happen, if that happens, DK Metcalf incoming. 
Well, DK Metcalf and other players, you can't just DK Metcalf is not worth a, a no. Pick. It'll be DK, DK Metcalf, Metcalf in, their, in their draft pick. No, it, yeah, it'll be uh, DK Metcalf is. There's only maybe two wide receivers I would trade for a first round draft pick, uh, especially that high. That you, to move to get a tenth pick in the first round, you're gonna have to give up a lot. That's a, that's a that's a significant pick. DK Metcalf is a lot. DK Metcalf is not worth a, a tenth, the tenth pick in the first round. That's not what I said. He said DK, DK in a second round pick. Second round pick. Second pick. Round pick. That's uh, a lot. I, I, I don't think so. I think you're going to need Seattle's to second yeah. round pick is pretty early. I, I think that's fair. You think so? Hold on. I'll hold on. I'll tell you here in a second. Hold on. Because because okay. they have their second round pick. They're yeah. The Giants are what seven? I think their pick is twelve or thirteen because they were a seven win team. Oh no, the Jet. The Jet. I know Atlanta's is, eight. The Jets are four. Well, I think they're nine. I think so the Seattle's Jets nine. Would be Seattle, so that would be yeah. So yeah, they're ten. The, so, yeah. Okay, so what's what's Seattle's pick? Ten. 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 So they're ten in the second round, whatever that is. Thirty, forty-two. Oh, ten 42. in the second round. Well, yeah, because they don't have okay, their own first. No, if C- Seattle's trying to get their own pick back, so they trade That's DK Metcalf. Forty-one. I see it right here. Forty-one. It's Forty-one. Okay. 41 mm-hmm. All right. So that's worth four ninety. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to trade the ten, which is worth thirteen hundred. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, uh, so you gotta make up for a thousand. What's worth a thousand? DK Metcalf. Oh, DK, DK Metcalf. I don't think he's worth no, a thousand. No, 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 no. I'm not no. saying he is. A, a, a thousand. A thousand is uh, essentially the sixteenth pick, and so that's what the difference is. So you would have to get DK Metcalf and Seattle's first rounder next year to trade out. Oh wow, to trade that's, out I, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a that's, lot. I would do that too if I'm Seattle. That's a, that's a lot. I mean, depending yeah. on who's available, I would do that. I mean, if I were the Jets, I would do that too. I mean, because the Jets will have another pick next year, and, and they don't have to really worry about this year. They, they draft the, the the fourth pick. They got two seconds. They've got three seconds because they get the second. They Carolina. Get the second. Yep. Yeah, they got three seconds. Because here, it, so so a thousand is worth the sixteenth pick, which is about average, right? And so this is how you got to value it out. If Seattle, if they were able to go to ten or wherever they were going to draft, and it improved their team, that draft choice could actually end up dropping to you know twenty, twenty one, eighteen, nineteen, whatever. So you'd lose value there. So that's why it's a first and DK Metcalf would make up the difference there because. Any higher than sixteen, and the Jets would be losing value. Mm-hmm. And, and Seattle be better next year. That, that nobody thought that Seattle was going to be a ten, ten worst team. So you I don't did. know that. Maybe they're trading them for a quarterback to replace Russell Wilson. You have no idea why they won ten. I think they. Yeah, but I think Russell Wilson's saying though for everything. Well, I do too. We, well, no. I do too. There, there's a they, lot they might be able to get. They might draft a, a quarterback in the second round, maybe as a as a, in case he changes his mind, and then they start the trade. Everything again. that I've read after Pete Carroll and Schneider keeping their jobs that, that, that Russell Wilson is going nowhere. That's well, what they said. Happen from now in March. That's why I think they might better maybe open the up your round, pockets the because first. they're not just going to give him away. I, I'm not. I don't know where he's going. I'm just I'm telling just you. Saying he might. No team. Out. No team. There's no way Seattle's just going to say, "Here, you want Russell Wilson? Oh, he's only 33 years old. Take him." No, that, we agree. We I mean, don't. you gotta, you gotta look at, you gotta look at the teams with the, with the capital. Mm-hmm. Would Would you be surprised if Seattle said, "Give me Tua and two the two first round draft picks for Russell Wilson"? They don't Here's have two. One Miami, 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 they don't have two. They don't have two because they traded one of the Eagles. No, they they traded their the Giants to trade up. If the Giants want them, they're going to have to give up the two first. I got one for you. Who has three first round picks this year? The Eagles. Three first round picks: Justin, Jalen Hurts, 
for Russell Wilson. He wants to go. His wife wants to go to big, uh, big city. It's either Philadelphia is a big city. No, he, the, the Eagles. Talking, said, the, the Eagles also said they're probably sticking. They're with talking. No, the, when no, she says Russell start, Wilson's not. A, it's either New York or L.A. And 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 obviously well, we went on Matthew Stafford. Maybe Could be they, Chicago. Chicago's a big city. Chicago, Chicago tried to trade for him last year for three first rounds. Right. And, yeah. Right. Not a not a bad return if you can get a couple of first round draft picks and have them throw in Justin Fields. Well, that's, that's not true. a bad that is true. not that a bad way true. to transition. That's true too. There's a ton of ways. All listen. Does anyone think in their right mind that Pittsburgh? Listen, if Pittsburgh didn't have Ben Roethlisberger, they would have been a contender for the Super Bowl this year. That team played awesome defense and they got enough weapons. But but they, because they basically had an autistic kid at quarterback who couldn't throw, <laughs> that, that, right? Like they they don't want Kenny Pickett and start over with a rookie. They're ready to compete now. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, yeah. Kirk Cousins, guys like that are on Pittsburgh's um, radar as far as maybe trying to make a trade. Interesting. They don't want to start. They don't want to start over with with Kenny Pickett and or Matt Corral or. Malik Willis. No, I they think don't Pitt- want to roll the dice. I, I think Pitts- Pittsburgh's going to be a, bring in a veteran. I, I do believe that, but they, I think they're going to draft somebody too. Um, I, I think, yeah. but there will be a veteran that they're going to decide <clears throat> to bring in. Uh, I've also heard what's his name again. It used to be the quarterback for Tennessee, um, Mariota. Mariota is a guy that Pittsburgh. Uh, is very interested in. So I wouldn't be surprised. But if- he's not even the best backup in the league. Mitch Trubisky is. <laughs> <laughs> Such a smart ass. He's such a smart ass. Mitch Trubisky back to the Bears as as Russell Wilson's backup in that scenario. <laughs> Three team Listen, trade. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of moving pieces though. Like there's a ton of moving pieces because if my listen, if Miami's making a trade, everyone for forever has been saying they've been trading, trying to trade for Deshaun Watson or whatever. They get their hands on one of these quarterbacks. Two is going somewhere. Well, Jeff, you know, is is Jared Goff staying in Detroit? I think this year he will, but he might be trading next offseason. I don't know. He had a great season. I, I yeah, did. that's why I'm thinking. I trade him well, now. I trade him now. I get him at his highest value. What's season. going on with Teddy Bridgewater? Carolina doesn't seem very happy to, or Denver doesn't seem happy to have him. He's they, he, he might he might stay as a backup. He's a borderline starter. I mean, I don't think he's a starter. I think he's a he's a great backup. Yeah, I think he'll stay as a backup. I think he's a great. He be um, the, but they have Drew Locke there that could be a backup. Right, because Drew. Locke's oh, that's true. Yeah, they, 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 like, would, they like they like Drew Lock. Right. They like Drew Lock. Right. So I, I don't know. I, does Teddy Bridgewater end up in Pittsburgh? Could that 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 could absolutely happen? I, I never and I don't give a shit what you think about Teddy Bridgewater. He's better than the downsy Ben Roethlisberger they had this year. <laughs> could that dude throw the ball more than four yards downfield? <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy, man. <laughs> His ears are probably ringing right now. Every time he's sleeping right Good. now, bing, 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 bing. Good. No one gives a shit about him. He's a rapist. Well, that's true too. Anyways, Jeff, thank you for calling, bud. Always a pleasure, Errol and Speedy. Jeff from Tampa, ladies and gentlemen. Niffin, hold on, real, 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 real quickly. I want to make sure I my ears were open and I was not drunk anymore. You <laughs> said what about Jared Goff's season? What do you mean? What did you just say about Jared Goff? He had a good season. Good. Yeah, good season. Good season. <laughs> like you would want him on your team? Would I want him on my team? No, for Zach Wilson, just you're a team that needs a quarterback and you, Jared Goff is like floating around. Yes, absolutely. No. 
And I'm not, and I, I'm not a big Jared Goff fan. We know. So interesting. It, yes, I thought Very he had interesting. He had 17 touchdowns with nobody really to throw to. 67.2 completion percentage, 32.45 yards, pretty good. 19 touchdowns. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty good. I mean. Yeah. Those are pretty good numbers. Their best receiver being a Monroe St. Brown. <laughs> no, uh, no, he he actually he's pretty good actually. He's not bad, but he's not no, like, he's, he's not he's, great. He, he's no, not... no, I'm not saying that, but he's good. He's he's a uh, you can. Keep what I'm her. saying is is he, this is the first time that we saw him make the team better at his position. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you mm-hmm, right? What do you what was this mm-hmm thing? What are you talking about? Just curious because you told me that a quarterback earlier today that has better stats in all categories than that. Who? Wasn't worth a damn. What are you talking about? Jimmy G is better than Jared Goff at everything, and you said he had a good season, and Jimmy Garoppolo did not. Jimmy Garoppolo has debuted. And he missed uh, three uh, or four uh, games. Jimmy Garoppolo had Samuels. He had guys that actually had great running Samuel game. wasn't worth a damn until about four weeks ago. Are, are you kidding me? Errol? Stop acting like you're no Debo Samuel. You didn't mention Debo Samuel till he started. Debo Samuel's up. Debo Samuel now the, is a name. Oh, really? Going into the year, you didn't think he was shit. And everybody's mock league, he was drafted in the right. It was in in the mock league, he was drafted in everybody's round in the third round. Debo Samuel's. Uh, that's not a bad player. I didn't say it was a bad player, but he wasn't an All Pro. He's got Debo. Debo Samuel's no is a good player. No one was saying that. Oh, Jimmy G needs a good year. He's got Debo. Oh, I, I know somebody that said Debo Samuel this year before the season even started. Jeff said Debo Samuel. I'm Samuels. sure he did. Oh, I'm not saying. We did not. The fact is, is he's got more talent around him than Jared Goff had. A lot more. Uh, Jared Goff in L.A. had a lot more talent than he has now. So, hmm. What? Yep. What? No, uh, he didn't. That, ra- that Ram team that no, led the didn't. NFL in yards and no. points. No, he didn't. That offense was no, Cooper Cup, Todd Robert Gurley, Woods, Robert Woods, Todd Gurley, yeah. Todd Gurley. Yeah. Todd Gurley that's Everett. a running back, and you're you're talking about it. And Robert Woods, highly overrated, by the way, highly overrated. I never liked Robert that's Woods. That's Came from Buffalo. I don't care. He's not a special player. He's no, a, but he's a reliable receiver. receiver. He's highly overrated. He's not a great he's wide receiver. He's better than Brandon Ayuk. Is that correct? Is, is he better than Samuels? Uh, not. I don't think he's skill wise better than Ayuk, but I think he's more reliable. Is he better than, than Samuels? <laughs> No, no, but Cooper Cup is better than Debo. Cooper, yeah. Cooper Cup is. Yeah. Cooper Cup yeah. was uh, Cooper Cup wasn't even playing. One year he missed the whole season because he tore an ACL, and a year before that he wasn't the player he is now. He wasn't even close well, to the no, players now. But there's only been one player that's the player that he is now, and that's Calvin Johnson. Other than that, no one's had the year he just had. But Jared Goff had nothing this year, and I'm going to give him credit. I don't like him, and I I do. He's at his highest rate right now because he proved that he can play with. He could play with garbage, and he still and, and still play well, and he he he, he, he beat good teams too. Um, but I'm gonna I, I if you if you're gonna trade somebody, this is the time to trade Jared Goff. Don't wait until next year. If if you if you think that you can get rid of him and get something significant, you can get. I think you could get a first round draft pick for Jared Goff. I do. Absolutely no way in hell. Okay, I think you can. And he's young. He's 24, what, 25 years old? He's got his contract, so his contract's going to be absolutely worth it three, four years down the road. contract's almost up. No, it's not. Yes, it is. He's, he's got just, two more years. Yeah. Right. That's, that's so not So they get up. him a year, so and then after the, that, they got to pay him. Let's say the Steelers and the they team can franchise Jared him. Goff. They and they can franchise him. two more years, him. and then decide when they can draft a quarterback. And so you're you're or a they can franchise him. For a quarterback that you might lose in two years? Yeah, where are they drafting? 20-something. 
So who cares? Yeah, the first, the you, worst playoff team, or well, second worst playoff team. So you hear they're yourself? A court, yeah, they're, 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 they're giving 19. up a top twenty pick they're, for a quarterback you might not have in two years. I right think here. they will keep him. I think they would keep Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff has proven that he can play. He proven on a team that's not that good with the weapons that they have right now at Pittsburgh. On that team, what I, weapons? Twenty seven years old, Jared Goff. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got weapons. Johnson, Claypool. That, yeah, that's I'd say Johnson had a career year. You got to pay him. Chase Claypool is gone. Mike Tomlin can't stand him. And then who else? Juju they had three. Najee they Harris. had three receivers on their roster Najee at the Harris. end of the game. Well, Juju too, but I think Juju is gone. gone. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, Najee Harris has a weapon though too. I would no, say. I, I understand that. I'm, I'm just saying. Even their tight end Firemuth wasn't bad this year either. No, he wasn't. But Anyways, let, 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 I think I, really he's well. a solid player. He's not great. But why he's don't a solid we player. Why don't we go before we stay for another friggin' hour? Uh, Nithin, uh, have anything to say before we let you go? Yeah. So thank you for having me on. Uh, now I'm going to take this medicine and pass the fuck out. So. There you go, man. Say, get, uh, get healthy and we'll talk soon, man. Yeah, well, hey, soon, Nathan. And, uh, we'll everyone, get you on next follow, week. We'll get you everyone, on next week. Yeah. Please follow our show, The NR Hour, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all podcast platforms. So uh, go check out our show, The NR Hour. All right. Neff, Nathan, uh, over there in Florida. All right, guys, that's it for a show. Listen to the Weekend Crunch, uh, 7 p.m. this weekend, Speedy. Nope, this week there's an Islander game, so we will be on after. One of the two remaining Islander regular season games that will interfere. The last one's like the last week of the season or something like that. All right, so no more Saturday Island. games. Island. Until the playoffs, maybe, if they Island? make it. Said, Thank you. What? What did you say? Let's go Rangers. Yes, let's mm-hmm. go Let's go our team. Yes. Yeah. Can't say that name, otherwise I get in trouble. I don't oh. care. What you, I don't, I don't care. Else. I don't care if you say let's go Rangers. It doesn't bother me. Just do the just do the Twitter Twitter mantra hashtag LGR. <laughs> LGR is right. Yep. Anyways, right. that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. Until then, this is us saying good night. Good night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.